Thanks to HelloFresh.com for supporting this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys. Receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code TCG30. That's $30 off just for being a fan of our show. So go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code TCG30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. Thanks, HelloFresh. On this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys, we discuss a dark patch on the history of the United States military and the subversive actions made by a secret forces that have now been inextricably woven into the fabric of US culture, called Operation Paperclip. After World War II, many German scientists were left without a Führer or an employer, and most faced death penalties for war crimes. The Allied forces, who had battered down the barricades in Berlin, boasted superior military might. The Nazis still had something they didn't have. Extreme experimentation and amoral advancement in science and technology were two features now synonymous with Nazi wartime behavior, but little was known of the US achievements after acquiring this information and how it was acquired in the first place. Many documents have been released since the end of the war, with a huge glut of testimonials and interview transcripts released in the 90s. These all show that it was a purposeful and deliberate acquisition of information and hardware technology by military powers that set the US years ahead of their industrial research and scientific goals. At what cost was the US military and intelligence community going to pay for this information though? Thousands of Nazi war criminals were pardoned of their inhuman crimes in exchange for answers to questions no one dared ask before, and some were even allowed into America to work as citizens in government and military positions. Presidential decrees and even papal endorsement of these Nazi war criminals saw many of them flee to South America, the Middle East, and even back to Britain, after well-heeled and respectable principalities and governments gave passports and pardons to potential prisoners. With Soviets scaring the bejesus out of everyone stateside, and the red threat knocking on every door in Middle America, these indiscretions were excused and information dutifully gathered. But moreover, Nazi scientists were allowed into organizations we consider quintessential American institutions today. The CIA and NASA were full of ex-Nazis at their inception, and the technological breakthroughs made through the 50s and 60s were the direct product of Nazi intelligence and personnel expertise. Many evil things are done during war, and the old cliché says the winners write the history books. But who really won in this situation? Nazis feared being imprisoned and tried for war crimes, so pleaded with their captors for mercy in exchange for amorally acquired information. The US were perfectly happy to go along with this, and there is concrete evidence to support these seemingly wild claims. Did America plan to keep Nazis safe from prosecution all along? How did the Allied powers allow some of the worst war criminals to escape to South America? Who was really in control when high-ranking Nazi officers came to live and work in the heart of the American military-industrial complex? Was this the plan of the Nazis before their defeat, and has their influence shaped the modern age? Did the US want to get the rumoured UFO-level technology the Nazis had at their disposal? Could America or Russia have made it into space without help from their German counterparts? Why was all this kept from the public for so long, and why did the American population not revolt when they finally saw through the terrible lie. Or has all the anger and outrage been managed using expert mass mind control techniques, propaganda and cultural conditioning, the likes of which the Nazis are so famous for? 
So join us, co-conspirators, as we kick off our jackboots and don the straw hats of freedom. Sit back and relax on an Argentine beach and contemplate Nietzsche while we discuss rocketry, questionable medical practices, spiced sausages and sauerkraut, and even getting away with a genocide or two. This time on Those Conspiracy Guys, it's the Grand Pardon of the Third Reich, also known as Operation Paperclip. Welcome to episode one of season six. This is Those Conspiracy Guys. It's finally here, season six, and joining me in TCG Towers, uh, we have uh, uh, two relatively uh, rare faces around these parts in the last while. Uh, you've heard them on shows before, including Alistair Crowley or even Princess Diana. Uh, the cops are out to get us as well. <laughs> they come, man. They're coming for us, man. You say Nazi and say arrive. Nazi has pulled the blinds. Uh, that voice you can hear is Emmett Quinn. Hi, Emmett. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Gordon. And we also have Garrett Stack here being very quiet. Hi, I mean, hi. <laughs> hi, how are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great to have you guys here. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about some Nazis. It's been a, a weird week. Yeah. We've been preparing this for a long time. There's uh, 14 episodes coming up in season six, and this is w- one of the lightest, I think, of the, <laughs> of the whole season. Uh, you, you guys were uh, like uh, into Operation Paperclip. You knew the crack. Had you got any notions of what we were going to be talking about when I well, sent you the eponymous secret I, email? I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody kind of knows about Operation Paperclip and uh, the yeah. US adopting the Nazis and, in. Like, and he actually you, went, you know, hey, that was a bloody good idea. Well done, US. Why not use <laughs> yeah. those guys? Why they, not? Yeah, you know, they're just scientists. Exactly. They seem all right. Exactly. But the extent of it. I mean, that's the thing that I hadn't realized before we started yeah, reading Me neither. It's the level at which and the depth at which they had got the Nazi tentacles into American science, culture, technology. Big time. Yeah, yeah. So for the uninitiated, Operation Paperclip is basically uh, an operation where U.S. intelligence, Army intelligence, went to Germany post-war, and uh, as the Third Reich fell apart at the heel, the jackbooted heels of the Germans uh, in May 1945, these guys all approached. Some of them approached American intelligence mm-hmm. and went, "Have we need listen? Um, so also dead people." Like, we're scientists, we didn't do that. I mean, technically it was us, but, you know. And uh, the Americans went, well, look at what do you own? What do you have? What can you swap? Oh, you have loads of, like, human experiments done and chemicals. And mm. you have loads of deadly weapons. Okay, come on in. Come on over to our side. And it's really the the playground, uh, like, um, I pick, uh, I pick Fat Josh. <laughs> oh, I always get picked last. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm going to pick uh, Heinrich. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm the striker. Yeah, it does. It gets it gets weird. I uh, pick Adolf. You, well, we'll have to change your name. <laughs> a, a surprisingly sharp drop off in kids named Adolf after the origins. But um, yeah, Operation Paperclip was one of those things that was, I think, it, like very much overlooked as far as my my history, my my scholastic history. Uh, would would have us believe yeah yeah it was kind of mentioned it was like peppered in but like our uh, I don't know what Emmett you're a little bit older than me I don't know what history yeah you had if you had the same books as me or whatever but we did like from from Weimar Germany from like uh, uh, Bismarck up to just after like uh, the creation of the Treaty of Versailles and all yeah. of the, no, the I, past. Would, I didn't go much past the early 50s like we didn't go into like Vietnam we didn't do anything else no, so it was mostly neither. European 
no, that history, was war it, history. It, it so. ended after World War Two. It was like, you know, and then World War Two, everything and everything was fine. Yeah, and yeah. then some, no some mention like, of Korea or anything. Yeah, like some that. globally controlling institutions were like founded and created after that, and handed the power over to a certain very small yeah. uh, amount of people. And we're not talking. I mean, like you, you know, you do, you do, you. Yeah. Like, you do what you want to do. You do whatever you, you want. You do whatever you feel. Yeah. But, like, Gareth is making faces. Always believe. I just want to disavow the inevitable, horrendous <laughs> anti-Semitism that's going to come it's from not, your mouth throughout the show. Look, man, I'm, I'm just doing me, you do you. Like, it's <laughs> all... Only Jew can look after yourself. It's a, it's, that's, the name, that's the name of a religion. I'm only saying. Look, right, this, is, this is the way we joke about these things. It's light. You know, it's... <laughs> It's uh, well, you have per- to. Personally, I went to school on the dark side of the moon, so my education <laughs> ends exactly in 1945, and it's it's a very different story. I was taught Nazi mes- yeah. mega structures on the dark side of the moon. Please tell me, yes, they, they are there, of course. Of course. Sure, why why are there no pictures? Yeah, tell us about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, these these kind of like obfuscations of history and the fact that like you know you can't get into the Vatican archives past 1939, yeah. and there's loads of like secrecy with the creation of institutions like nasa the cia like it's on paper but the real you know string pullers behind the scenes are all uh making shapes mm-hmm. that look like swastikas i think it's very yeah. like it's pretty uh, i don't incendiary it is an incendiary claim to make right it yeah it is but as i looked through this and i saw oh that guy he was in this thing and then he what oh, wait a minute like it did it seem to you gareth that it was a little bit deeper than you thought like it's a bit yeah I, I like every every war w- w- when the war comes towards the end they, the both governments whichever government is going to win or whichever alliance is going to win they yeah. view it as like a, an opportunity to pilfer the hell out of the country when mm. they when the americans invaded iraq you know it was how are we going to divide divide the oil spoils you know yeah. that that the whole last few months of the war become who's going to get this part who's going to get that part they, yeah. that's that's a big part of the thinking and in world war ii from like 1942 once they know they're going to win they're like okay the russians are going to get this much we're going to get this much and they planned it out and they pilfered the intellectual capacity and capability of germany just as much as the germans had pilfered europe for paintings and Jewish yeah. money and everything else yeah. and it was planned and prepared and it's shocking but it, it always happens like this it's and even, like even, even down to splitting, up a, war splitting yeah. up a whole city you know what I mean yeah, yeah. The, 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 Berlin d- doled yeah. out like some slices of pizza pretty much that's that's <laughs> yeah. what the picture you have in your head is the well, London the, guys you get this much we're gonna <laughs> take this much and uh, if you fuck with us I don't know maybe we have 50 years war uh, yeah that's what happens yeah, it's yeah, really absolutely. the old Orwell thing you know it's like Oceania we've always been at war with yes. Oceania it's like the Cold War starts in like 1942 mm-hmm. the Cold mm-hmm. War starts long before the end of World War 2 they start it starts as soon as they realise the Nazis are going to lose so like what's yeah. the next war 44 early 44 is kind of the time when people start going okay we need to start making shapes and we see yeah. here guys like Werner Von Braun who we talked about in the Disclosure Project at the end of season 5 who was a rocketry expert like big player in Operation Paper yeah, yeah. Um, very much I think um, a, de- a delineation of ideologies and you mentioned Iraq like that was sold to the public as mm-hmm. they hate our way of life <laughs> And they're still doing that. And they and something, people are yeah, still something, buying something, it. 9-11, something, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and physically taking over Saddam's palaces and everything. Yeah. Like you take that. his face off the money. Yeah, that's but, a real psychological trip, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but the way, the way, like, the whole Red Scare and the whole Cold War and they had people in America who were, like, reporting each other for being, like, communists mm, and mm. stuff. There's a Red Scare going on. So paranoia. Like, yeah, paranoia. Mm. And it was, a fe- like, a, an ineffable abstract fear of ideologies. Yeah. And now you can see it even more with identity politics where you have left versus right. And it's just coming to, like, a massive... It's like a giant boil that's just, like, filling up with racist puss. 
that's about to just blow and ruin everybody's afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you say like in Iraq, the whole thing was they were trying to go like, uh, let's uh, uh, demarcate the ideologies of these people without kind of vilifying them for their religion. Because mm-hmm. I know you were making a face about me saying Jew a couple of times, but like Muslim now is it almost a, a, as dirty a word as like like Jew is the name of the people yeah but like it, you know the Louis C.K. joke is like it's the same but you just have to put a bit of stank on it and it turns into an insult it's like yeah, yeah. oh that guy he's a Jew or that guy he's a Jew yeah. like it, it, it's yeah. slightly different connotation it's, a, it's an old game authoritarians yeah. always need an enemy you just look at uh, Putin with the gays in yes. Russia it's mm-hmm. like who's causing all these problems well it's you know those gays are you know yeah. we didn't have those back when everything was good yeah how about maybe throw a few slaps into them you know they weren't invented back then you know? <laughs> they, <laughs> they yeah. like to try and sell that to people yeah. Yeah. yeah but this is the thing so so you're talking about going into Iraq it really was for all they had to manufacture and we talked in our 9-11 episode about how it was a, a, a literal Reichstag fire uh, kind of problem reaction solution catalyst mm. to make to, to, to force the German people to go oh yeah Fuck those communists, fuck those Bolsheviks, mm-hmm. fuck the Jews, fuck the gypsies, the handicapped, the, the blacks, the gays. Oh, fuck all them. The Irish. We're not? D- well, the Irish. Yeah, fuck the Irish. We're, we, uh, we are the best. <laughs> the Germans are the best. And everybody who's trying to come in here to, do, to change our way of life, no. Mm. But at, by the same token, and in the same propagandist measures... Uh, the Americans were going like these Nazis want to destroy our way of life. They want to have an authoritarian, like non-democratic, I, I, like national socialist uh, uh, ideology. Whereas uh, America was really building up this whole capitalist, uh, uh, almost not libertarian but democratic, definitely uh, society. And then on the other side of Germany, there was this massive like uh, uh, authoritarian communist threat that was leaning in. And Germany seemed to be in the middle of this thing. So whoever was going to win, and they had to split Germany in half, but whoever was going to win that ideological battle, you know, Germany, the guys who were getting out of the Nazi party and who were getting out of a losing Germany had to decide, mm. like, who who are we going to go with? Yeah, so basically, gonna, yeah, it's like two fighting parents, right? A very bitter yeah. divorce and Germany's a little kid. Yeah. and in a Steven Spielberg movie. Am I going to go with daddy? Yeah. Daddy lets me do whatever I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if I don't do my chores and stuff like that, I don't get any dinner and I might starve to death and I have to stand in a queue for toilet paper. But mommy, mommy takes care of me. Oh. Mommy gives me everything, but I have to do everything that mommy says. I have to be home at nine o'clock and I have to do all that stuff. So who do I go with? What you do is you spend weekends uh, with, <laughs> yeah. m- with daddy and then you spend all your week with mommy when you have to be doing stuff anyway. And that's college for American students <laughs> where college is the weekend with daddy where socialism is great and then when you have a job and responsibilities and your own kids you're like okay time to be mommy now yes yes like that happens well, we don't really go into it in this episode but the, I mean America was right right up until the point that they actively got invaded by Japan it could yes. have gone either way in terms of their support Absolutely. for Nazi Germany lots of American corporations sold stuff to the to the Germans That's metals true. yeah uh, IBM famously had the punch cards for the yeah. Holocaust like for, for the whole way through the war Coca-Cola they definitely were more on the side of the Germans than they were on the side of say the Russians Ford Prescott Bush all of these guys we talked about these in the in the uh, peak oil episode mm. the, the Rockefellers all these guys were making petroleum products like supplying yeah. both sides of the war signing America, business contracts with but, these people exactly but uh, they saw how valuable just like going to Iraq they saw yeah. how valuable uh, a never ending whole 
would be to shovel salesmen. But it was also much more in know? common with America in the 1940s with yeah. Nazi Germany. It's Both are like, they've got strong Incendiary political remarks, leaders. Gareth, incendiary remarks. <laughs> They're both essentially like run by plutocrats. You've got a small number of great men who run the country and have big corporations and sure. they all know each other and they sell stuff to each other. Just like the aristocracy in pre-World War One Europe all knew each yeah. other, all related. You had people, like Germans had businesses in America, Americans had businesses in Germany. They were all corporations and you know, it was all nice and cushy and then the war comes along kind of messes it up it's not really surprising that after the war they're like let's just get back to normal we're kind of we're kind of on, let's on, get back on to business page. let's get back, back to business, business. Yeah, back to yeah. business is what yeah. it is yeah. and uh, like in this episode there are like in the research there's you know as always with those conspiracy guys there's lofty aspirations for content and limitations on uh time and uh, ability to squeeze all that stuff into five hours and squeeze it all into your head yeah, without exactly. fucking going <sighs> without just screeding off My reams brain. of fucking I'm running out into the street and saying did you fucking see this shit do you realise this crap was, that was really yeah. before we started the two lads were all like my brain doesn't fit all this stuff going on what yeah. the fuck um, so uh, like f- for this we're not going to go too deep into uh, the creation of the CIA we're not going to go too deep into um, maybe like a Hitler escape into South America there will be some of it but it's just this is kind of the starting of the proliferation of Nazi culture into modern modern day modern, culture yeah I not think. just modern day just America modern like day how, culture how did these guys get out of Germany what what kind of influence did they have when they were there and we're kind of going to draw like pencil lines from their origins right the way up to see like hey like you know IG Farben uh, you know, using uh, Jewish and Polish slave labor to create, you know, petroleum products and rubber and tires and stuff like that. But also creating chemicals that were used in Vietnam and then were, are now used on c- commercial farming crops and, uh, you know, collectivized farming techniques that were used in communist Russia that caused mass starvation and stuff like that are now being used in America. And, mm. you know, there are these kind of links that you wouldn't, see unless they were pointed out but when you see them it's like oh it's a clipper ship like it's one of those uh, kind of magic eye pictures that you have to yeah this is the thing staring at back. yeah just so keep staring when we get into the the moral side of it we'll have to face the fact that it kind of comes along with the territory before I started reading about this I knew about Operation Paperclip and I kind of thought they took some scientists they took some technology and it's known right and it's known but when you look at it you really realise that they took a lot of ideology with it as well and a lot of these guys didn't stop being Nazis just because they went to America they weren't like oh fuck I really fucked up there I'm just going to be a scientist keep the head down no like a lot of them were involved in neo-Nazism a lot of them um, promulgated the same ideologies and they believed the same thing they believed like there are undermenschen and ubermenschen and I'm one of the ubermenschen and I'm going to make my money and I'm going to you know, behave amorally and it was and complicit US government collusion mm. to hide their ideological backgrounds and to ch- maybe also change their identities or change yeah. their retcon their historical yeah. achievements as part of the Nazi party whitewashed whitewashed is the operative word you literal know. paperclip that's where the name comes from yeah. operation paperclip because they would take the file and they would put a paperclip with the new identity over yeah. the old identity that's right Yeah. so they're just changing like the the, the full SS uniform when they go to work every day to a suit and tie like, but yeah. they essentially they, say, they have the same idea <laughs> they wear the badges home they still have the uniform oh, yeah. absolutely you better believe it I'm, they wear uh, the little the little eagle and the, the silver cross on the vest underneath the t-shirt underneath the shirt underneath yeah, the yeah. jacket one yeah. little button under the lapel just says I'm still there but, but I mean yes yeah, you defeated Germany sure but you didn't defeat Nazism you just moved house yeah. really but is, is, is national socialism is, is Nazism as it's as it's given out like in Germany in 1940 sure it has its flaws oh my God. 
I'm not saying Hitler had the right idea. <laughs> and this is a clip that's going to get taken. Garrett, welcome to the show. <laughs> this is those conspiracy guys. Like, on its merits, it's probably bad. Mm. Probably bad. But, but, <laughs> what are you talking about? But by the same token, on, on its merits, communism great on paper on paper but there's, there's no great on real- paper for nazism it's only bad it, it depends on the bits that you look at if you're looking at like yeah killing all the people and raping the people and but then, man that like, blowing man. the people up please it, but the yeah. other man is really good yeah. but that's when it, that's what we're that's where we're gonna go it's like there's science yeah like it is a bit rough I mean, they're a bit pushy. Yeah. A little bit pushy with the old experimentations on humans for, you know, medical science advancement. Yeah. But Jesus, I tell you, if they didn't make a fair good chemical weapon, do you know? They, they were have, damn good at what they did. They were did. fucking good at what they did. And yeah. you can't take that away from them, Garrett, no matter how much you try. Mm-hmm. This well, is not just mass murder. This is SNS mass murder. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a book. The best mass murder in the world. There's Carlsberg, a, the genocide. <laughs> there's, there's a book written by uh, Stephen Fry called Making History. Have you no. guys read this book? It's no. like a comedy and an alternate history. This guy is transported to an alternate world where the Nazis won in Europe. Right. And they made peace with the Americans. And everybody's... Oh, like the man in the high castle yeah, or, yeah, or right. SSG. But, but it's like now and like everybody's coming in and flying cars your your internet yeah. is like super HD but it's like 1985 you're yeah. having video chats and it, like there's a good argument to be made that yeah sure technologically we would be, would be far ahead if the Nazis had won the war and if that's your goal to live like just the purebred genetically tested quote unquote Aryan Celts have yeah. live in their their flying castles yeah that probably well, would be the but think about it from the point of view of anyone who's not like a minority <laughs> That sounds brilliant. It does. Being honest, Garrett, that sounds like, yeah, I mean, there will be a lot of people that'll have to die, but the world will be better. And it's not unlike quotes made by Prince Philip, which is like, if I get to come back, uh, if I get to be reincarnated, I'd like to come back as a virus that wipes out like everybody but 500 million humans because Prince, Prince like, Philip wants to come back as a virus yeah to kill that like, is the maddest thing well, I've ever seven heard and a half billion he doesn't people. have to wait long sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing he's there, checking out too there are people who believe and we've done an episode on the Georgia Guidestones and we've done stuff on, the, the, on that's, that's what I wanted to on do, the, the Holocaust million, yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. those I- ideas and ideals on paper like communism m- make sense and you can't now, now you can't but agree that there are too many people on the planet right now for the amount of resources in the locations that the loca- that the resources I, I do are disagree actually I think that's Malthusianism and it's been disproven time and time again throughout history so you're thinking some kind of like a, a socialist movement where we relocate a whole lot of people from one part of the world to another because like there's loads of room for everybody but it just so happens that like the poorest people in the world procreate the most and then they're in places that don't have those raw materials to sustain them like in India or in like rural China or in Africa like India, we... India sustaining itself just fine They've, they're pushing themselves out of poverty the Indian GDP is going up by 25% a year it, India's doing grand it's Africa that's in a, that's in a bad place yeah. and that's just because For of decades. constant war and you, you know the French government still gets like a huge amount of their GDP comes from reparations from the countries that they allowed to get independence did you guys know this? so, it's, so it's like it's like African rent they get billions a year from the countries that they were like yes you may leave you, you are no longer colony but give us most of your GDP every year and the French government have officially said yeah we're never going to let that go because it would collapse our economy so an African brave heart would be like we'll never buy <laughs> yeah. our freedom yeah. and the British do the same thing except it's not reparations it's like it's it's cosy contracts it's like yeah. okay cool we're not in we're not in Zimbabwe 
Zimbabwe anymore. But, but we own all this raw materials company, and all this every stuff. Every precious yeah, yeah. mining company. It's so like colonialism. But you know, it's that, still that's action, diluted you know? imperialism, right? Right, right. So that's like, okay, we're going to leave and technically on paper we don't own you anymore. Yeah. But every part of the company and everything yeah. that you're in, that's ours. And what, you can't rebuild a continent like that. That's why mm. Africa is the way it is. Like if you stop that tomorrow, 30 years down the line it would be like India or anywhere else that's recovering and rebuilding after yeah. like it's, it's not like that in Hong Kong though is it you know when the British left Hong Kong went ah, this place is ours fuck right <laughs> off mate yeah. actually that day when they left at midnight they had changed everything back. straight away yeah. straight away that yeah. day when they were in the airport as the plane was taking <laughs> off they were taking shit down and putting up their own stuff I, th- I think Hong Kong's more like Ireland in that like it did quite well under colonialism because yeah. it was like more like a Ireland was the whorehouse with the manto of the British Empire, Hong Kong was a banking and mm. the gateway to East Asia. So you had all the spice money. So culture. it had its own raw materials. It had its own uh, uh, industry and its own ability to sustain itself. Mm. Yeah, it did. It no, just like it North did Korea well. that has like, you know, two trillion uh, uh, dollars worth of, of raw materials or soil. Yeah. Or like a Venezuela that has like, I think it's estimated now up to 10 trillion dollars worth of oil in the mm-hmm. Orinoco Straits that's, that's just a little bit more difficult to get out than that's going to be such a great war Saudi Arabia. it is and it's already happening people eating out of bins still people eating out of bins for the whole of season 5 and now into season 6 yeah. uh, Venezuelans eating out of bins so it's like where where do you stop then what's the good measure do you know like would we be in the world we're in if Nazis weren't as great as they were because they were pretty great at what they were doing they were very good at everything they did I it's think just, so it, it just always I, I would just use the term effective rather than great <laughs> okay okay great okay. Has, a, has a way to it there. I don't want to get it, down it just always it's too positive you. a note for yeah, you right? yeah okay. I think calling Nazis great is where I draw the line Gordon okay I'm going to write effective down effective. in capital letters here and just constantly look at that it just, it just reminds me of the you know the John Cleese some sort of weird version of John Cleese in Life of Brian you know apart from the the human yeah. experiments <laughs> yeah. and well, the genocide what did they really do, <laughs> what did they really do uh, you know but you know this apart is, from the you know there's something quite interesting it. about all this which is that like, now we think you know I'm only jerking your chain because I, I love know, seeing yeah. you make but that scared good, face good but um, <laughs> with, like, history is taught now as a set of social movements you know yeah. these people rose here this, uh, this theology this ideology developed here but when you read stuff like this and you see the impact of someone like Von Braun and a few you know a few key people like that like Einstein and yeah. the fact that they didn't develop a proper nuclear program because they rejected Jewish science stuff. When yeah. you see that, you're like the the quote unquote great man theory of history has a lot of water. A few hyper gifted people changed the world. You yeah. know, Gabe Newell in the in the world of yeah. nerds. But like, there's a few people. So we're on that Half Life Tree Gabe. Yeah, exactly. A few people have a have an uh, uh, an outsized impact. And it really, it's something that's very unpopular now. But when you see the impact they had on America yeah. and the impact, the, so, the, the Soviets didn't get the good guys. They didn't get the the top-notch guys and it held them back, you know? I think, to be honest, like, mm. you know, I, I, I know a few Russians. I know a good bit about Russian culture. Like, I, I, I lived in it for a small period of my life. And uh, to be honest, like, they're, they're grand and happy now. Like, for a long time, they weren't. But for the 50s and 60s, it seemed really bad. And the propaganda is there that it was really bad. And some parts of it were, just like in America. Completely. If you lived in the southern states in America in the 50s and 60s and you were anything other than, like, white and Christian, you're fucked. 
And it's similarly in Russia, you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. But they have this kind of buffoonery uh, played upon in, in, in on YouTube and stuff like that where it's like typical day in Russia and it's like some guy passed out on a bench that has no back or they're showing like really run down old, uh, uh, you know, uh, Soviet block apartments mm. and stuff like that where it's all, you know, it was built in the day. Sure, you could go through here in any town in Ireland and look at the shite fucking bullshit 70s houses that are and, being and that are made. The, the and depressing being, Soviet architecture. Yeah, like bland everything's beige and it's like two up and two down and now they're selling for like 300,000 because the people don't have a fucking place to live that like that's sicker than the fallout mm. from like the the fall of the USSR in 1991 like w- i think there's a propaganda about how bad russia was after the war i d- i disagree i think really? you have you have moscow you have st petersburg and you have a few other centers yeah. of high finance and money and everywhere else is utterly falling apart and more and worse than you'd think now and and russian culture is like propped up by like horrible amounts of alcoholism horrible amounts of abuse people living throughout rural russia hardly scraping by massive hidden abuses of all kinds as much as is in you, ireland you sound, you sound like sounds you're describing very, ireland very much really, like, ireland. Yeah, like i think that's equivocation ireland, like first world countries have their problems and if anything, they're overrepresented because we have a functioning media. Yeah. Russia is literally ruled by a dictator. And now it is. Yeah, in the last 10 years, Russia has taken a small bit of a dive culturally or whatever. Um, and it doesn't have, people don't have like the walking around freedoms. But it's not for, like in the race between America and Russia, when we're talking about like they were, you know, playing the uh, uh, top trumps of, of Nazi scientists in 1945, like <laughs> as they're running away from a collapse in Berlin. Uh I don't think they got the wrong guys. I think it's just like America really won. Like Russia won the war. America really won the war. Well, yeah. it's also I suppose that first of all the Russians did Britain had... get any? Did Britain get any of those scientists? Is Britain like a a a, a, a science or, or military advancement center? France, I don't think they all have to follow. I think Britain like is more or... a financial and a, a, like a political yeah. linchpin rather they, than they a saw... production or a, a fabrication. They're, they're not making rockets. They don't have a space program. Yeah. They don't have like massive industry. They don't have huge like collectivized farms because the country's too small. But this this gets back to the to the fact that America had much more in common with the Nazis than they did with the Soviets. The Soviets, if you like for under Stalin, if you like you might have done a little bit of work as a Nazi scientist for the Soviets and then you'd be shipped off to a gulag or you might have been a, a you know there's a comedy film that just came out the death of Stalin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even his close compatriots were getting fucked off to gulags were be having their yeah, wives murdered. Yeah, because he was the purges, he was mental. Yeah, you like, can't have a successful economy where no. everybody thinks that they're going to get purged yeah. and they're like hi oh your experiment failed. No it didn't. I did really well with this experiment all science breaks apart because the country can't function where everyone's yeah. like literally afraid to be killed show that me where you, back. show me where you are in the photograph <laughs> hey I'm not in the photograph anymore exactly and now you're yeah. not in my city anymore gulag but the thing is though like is there not an element of that done like culturally in, in like the United States where if you do the wrong thing you know the the deep state it, it's not like they have you know the soviet spies that so i know you've watched some of those russian movies man i know you've watched like burnt by the sun and shit like that where there's like a guy that comes back from uh you know he comes back to his old summer house to spend time with the family and it's like a military family and this guy who's uh, now working for the kgb he's actually working for stalin to investigate this like russian general who's on his summer holidays because he feels like i don't think you 100 percent support stalin you're doing a good job but i don't think you 100 percent support him so we're going to send you off to and it becomes like a personal vendetta and he gets him sent off to a gulag like those kind of things were totally happening in the united states as much like they assassinated 
their president. They assassinated JFK, this deep state, the same functioning political arm that Stalin had going around investigating his generals and his higher politicians. I, I think, I think America that's misleading. Did it, I re- they I really did it a lot more misleading. covertly because their media was so widely uh, uh, available because it was in English. Mm. Russian media is very much confined to Russian and the, pre- and the, like the pre-Soviet and, uh, states. Yeah. And an RT. And RT, yeah, yeah, they're, not, they're not, pumping it out. But like America had films and TV shows and all this kind of media and radio and stuff that were being consumed by the whole world because everyone could speak English because the general language. Not to diminish the many sins of America, right? They had Operation yeah. Tescadigi, all this kind of stuff. You had, the, as we'll get into MK Ultra, but you did not have the fear of randomly being taken from your bed or your place of work and shot in the back of the head for as, as you did on, I mean that's you're, but now you do I'm saying no, just not, as much as in now. Russia there, oh. there were a hundred million people killed throughout the 20th century under the Soviet regime under the various different authoritarian leaders that yeah. didn't happen in America and it didn't happen in Europe okay and it's not happening that. now you know like yeah sure um if you're uh bernie sanders and somebody like rigs the democratic nomination that's a big scandal sure if you're uh, jfk and you get shot in the back yeah. of the head and there's obviously intelligence community involvement that's a big scandal but it is not the same it's not the as same scale everybody as, has somebody yes. in their family who i, I visited okay. ukraine or, with my with my girlfriend a few years ago my then girlfriend and we went to visit her granny we were chatting away to her and i was like so who was your favorite leader of the soviet union and she's like you know uh uncle uncle uh, uncle joe, oh, uncle joe. Yeah. and i'm like well didn't he didn't he disappear your father which happened in like 1934 or whatever and she's like it was a different time like that's a that's a universe away from anything that we have here wow yeah. that's serious uh, brainwashing there you yeah know. i think uh, yeah it's like a trauma, trauma yeah mind control thing yeah I, I i get what you're saying but i'm trying to draw these like loose parallels between the intent and the action mm-hmm like Russia could get away with it because it was isolated it was disparate from modern media there was no like global news coverage there was no Walter Cronkite going and today uh, President Truman executed 44,000 people yeah, yeah. Uh, but they weren't doing that in Russia either yeah. they were just doing it and not reporting on it and, and I the guess only people I, that, people weren't talking about exactly, it exactly the only people that would have reported on it would have been Russian people to Russian people yeah uh, so they didn't really need to have it in the media. They yeah. just knew it happened, and you just had to do what you were fucking told. And exactly, but that's the thing. Like you yeah. know, our media is bankrupt. Our political system is bankrupt. But it's not. It's not non-existent, and it, it really matters. The difference between it's like, but it's totally ineffective because it's, it's not totally ineffective. You're talking about George Bernard Shaw going to look at uh, uh, Russia and being led around by by the political leaders and they had all of these fake streets like you see these documentaries about north korea now north korea is totally fucked mm-hmm. but they'll fill up a banquet hall and put food on every plate even though there's people dying and eating grass in the streets for dinner yeah, you're, you're showing that over showing this thing going this is what we are we have everything we have plenty it's propaganda it's communist propaganda that they're that they're pushing from that side and are america not doing the same thing they're talking about like flint michigan the water is killing people and it's Chicago on is every a, so often Chicago's a fucking war zone mm-hmm. like there, there, there's loads of stuff that's happening all the time that's just not put into the mainstream media and now only more now in the last two or three years and especially in the last year since fake news have we started to really pay attention and become more autonomous in our in our information in, uh, a, uh, in our consumption thinking. yeah mm-hmm. and in our thinking yeah. like we're going no, I don't believe that or yeah. what, what, hey look at that thing I wonder what's happening in the background if that's the main thing. Absolutely. And, the, the, and everybody thinks that now. The tr- tr- Every time there's a fucking mass shooting, everybody goes, what else happened today? And they go looking they for do. what else happened uh, and invariably find some yeah, other weird yeah. thing or, or, or some Donald, law that's been put through and they're all on the government website uh, uh, because yeah. there's laws that make it 
uh, transparent that they have to show that stuff happening. I, I, I see it actually exactly the opposite way. Right. America lost a presidency, Nixon, because of the actions of journalists. America brought in the EPA under Nixon because of Silent Spring and the investigations of journalists into pollution. That didn't happen in the Soviet Union. And what's happening now is because we have this intentional subversion of the media, you know, with the that we we're talking earlier about the Macedonian fake news firms, because yeah, yeah. everybody is the the consensus reality is breaking down. That's not a good or healthy thing. It's different from questioning. We should all have healthy skepticism about everything we read, yeah. but there's a deliberate attempt to make us skeptical about everything, which means that nothing is true. And it was actually there actually was a fairly healthy functioning media both in the US and it, so everybody knows about the KKK shooting black people, you know, or ha- hanging black people throughout the 20th century. It was not a secret. It was it's it's a, it's an awful thing, but it was it was known about and it was uh, published in newspapers and it was put on television and and on and on and on. And, and yet nobody did that about it. Just like everybody in Russia knew that the shit in Russia was going on. But nobody did well, that that's not true. There's a lot of, lots of things. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act came in. You know, yeah. things got better. I think both. The, like, there's a thing now on the left in America where people are like, uh, you know, Ameri- white supremacy. It's just as bad as this, or it's just. It's not just as bad. It's way, way less bad than it was, and that's an important thing to, yeah. you know, because otherwise everything is the same as everything, and none of it matters. But the, 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 I heard somebody refer to, you know, sure enough, all right, they're not going off to gulags, people aren't being killed and stuff like that in America, you know, but they're being, they're being taken out in a different way. They, audited by the IRS and forced into bankruptcy indeed. and there's homelessness. That's what I'm talking about. There's different kind yeah. of assassinations in that. Your own exactly personal that. gulag, your, 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 your own, cultural gulag. Yeah. People and, are being put into this thing of like, oh, yeah, you decided to speak your mind online? Right. There goes your job, there goes your 401k, there goes your house, your car, your family, you're fucked. You gave the, the Trump motorcade the, the, the finger the other day you're fired you're fired that, that you're done. she was done but they, they, they refer to it as, as, like it's not, as digital concentration yeah camp, you know what I mean you're sure you're free but no you're not and I, you have I, to really pay attention I think that's a really like that's a really that's a terrible phrase because a concentration <laughs> camp is an actual concentration camp yeah, where people yeah. are mass murdered and tortured and raped that's not the same as somebody getting fired because their boss is like gets a call from somebody in the Trump cabinet and goes oh shit I better or being told to watch television for 12 hours a day that woman was fired because her company were literally doing business with the administration and she like of course got fired because she embarrassed her company who were literally doing and and then she put up a Patreon and got like whatever 70 grand 70 grand really that's not equivalent to a genocidal camp like it's a terrible comparison to me what everybody would be chasing after the motorcade now giving them the finger give me fucking 70 grand Uh, yeah no like I'm just throwing it out there because we're going to talk about what Russia got and what America got maybe it's not comparable on some levels it is and I like your I like I like your chutzpah Gareth I love it I love your passion I like your chutzpah it's a very specifically chosen word Uh but uh, no like I do think that there there are very close similarities and parallels between uh, the Nazi ideologies of wartime Germany and similarly the autocratic uh, money and profit oriented production oriented and i think elitist uh, capitalist ideals of a early 20th century america i I completely agree with that we've done it in season four and season five like with this show i'm trying to paint like a big picture yeah 
and each time we go in and we do the details on each little tiny like square centimeter and then pull back out and go oh yeah a little bit extra like we've done Ro- we've done the rockefeller stuff we've done the jp morgan the creation of money we've done like peak oil and how that all came about we've done like marijuana and how it's uh, you know the 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 removal of the acceptance of another culture within within america like we've seen how they kind of subjugated like the chinese how they kind of enslaved like there's a lot of stuff that america has done very similar to what nazi germany was doing all up to all up to the time of war and it's no coincidence that then with Operation Paperclip, when they got the chance to get a bunch of lads who were like, hey, if we can do that and we got away with all the stuff because, you know, people are watching what you're doing and you can't experiment on, like, black people and stuff like that in America's people are looking at human rights and whatever. Uh, they just got to do that. There's no surplus human beings over there. I, I, we could, I, even, I go, we could yeah. even go one further, which we're not going to do in the show, but I'm just throwing this out there because, you know, uh, that possibly... The Nazis were supported by the American. This is just like conjecture, like mad conspiracy stuff. Like during the war, like that the Americans went. Listen, we really need to take over the world. How do we do that without fucking up our own front garden? Let's then finance and support from afar a a moral perceived to be evil military dynasty of these nazi guys like let's support that happening let them do the terrible shit then when it turns on them we get to make a load of money making a load of weapons to fuck them up and then we get to keep all the scientists and all the science and all the stuff they found and then just blame their awful ideologies forever and ever amen Mm -hmm. like it sounds like something in the conspiracy world that could be totally plausible that the nazis were set up by a certain element in the American or just you let, know, let, autocracy let, just one percent. Let it happen. Just let it lie hop. You mean just like the way uh, the way the Russian Revolution was was created by the Germans exporting all of the Bolshevik dissidents who were in Germany before nineteen thirteen. And some could say that there's part of a Freemason plot because all the people that were high up in that uh, Bolshevik Revolution in nineteen oh five and nineteen thirteen they were all confessed Freemasons. Well, everybody was a Freemason who was well, an aristocrat back then. That's it like mm-hmm. very, very highfalutin conspiracy theory there but I mean like when we talk about Operation Paperclip and how they pulled those lads in and what they got from them it's in everyday society like you look at if if you're listening to this now dear listener and you're in work and you have a bottle of pop or a bottle of soda and you're on your desk you look at that stuff the reason there's bubbles in that glass is because of Nazi technology Mm. like everything you're sitting on if you're sitting on a chair that has plastics in it that's Nazi technology that America adopted and then sold to the Chinese and then forced them to make it pennies on the dollar like it seems that it never really went away you know well that's yeah. the thing and you were comparing like the the leadership to nazis and i think there's there are very few presidents who if they had the power to like execute x number of people or dissidents wouldn't use it you have like just to, just today or two, a couple of days ago um you had trump visiting uh, Duterte I'm mispronouncing his name yeah. China and that, that's a, the that, Philippines that guy is literally carrying out genocide he right is. now and Absolutely. Trump goes he's a great guy Yeah. you think Trump wouldn't do the same thing if he could of course he would just like I said before we were done Hawhey would have got away you know? yeah. he, would, he would have done Absolutely. it if he could get away with it I've always yeah. thought that that's the, the Irish for American listeners the yes. Irish uh, Sorry, Prime yeah. Minister for many years this yeah, yeah. Is the, the Irish Prime Minister who said to us uh, on, a, on a now infamous news report while wearing uh, uh, shirts made 
By, by it's Italian French. Handmade, French handmade shirts uh, that cost a thousand pounds each. He went on to the television and told us all to tighten our belts and uh, encouraged. We were, we were living beyond our means. Yeah, encouraged austerity <laughs> so our economy could could improve uh, when we were having a bit of a downturn in the eighties. And he was wearing thousand pound shirts. Uh, may may I, may I point out where he got the money for those shirts? Because when his friend uh, is Brian Brian Lennon, wasn't it that uh, got very ill? And uh, he was appealed to the Irish public to give this guy a load of money so we can send him to America for a life-saving operation. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, he, he, he when all the money was spent, there was a few quid left over and oh, he bought geez. himself a bunch of uh, silk shirts. That's, That's just his percentage. Terrible. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. In your personal opinion. From what you've read. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, I tell you. It's everywhere though. What, like even what Sh- what Chavez did in Venezuela, where it's like, "Hey, we're going to make a communist utopia, yeah." And then uh, Maduro is is like carrying on that legacy. There's people dying in the streets, man. Do you know? Like uh, uh, Putin is now a fucking full blown dictator, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I wouldn't put it past them to be like uh, kind of mass executing gay people. I've seen them. I've seen like the beatings of. Gay pride marches and it's stuff certainly like that. Certainly turning the other way for absolutely, the yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, human human rights violations yeah. in loads of countries all over the world at a time that's supposed to be like the most peaceful time, the longest amount of time since like a, a, a global war yeah. ever. Well, and yet, there's fucking fingers on nuclear bombs and and famines and like it, it seems, the world looks very much like the world did right before World War One. Yeah. And it, the thing with Putin is, box, as, wow. they call it. as as Europe and America pull further from Russia, yeah. the need to appear legitimate and civilized in the world's eyes diminishes, and the more he does whatever he wants, and that's that's the great danger of not having a global community and having a very polarized world. Is like all of the things that made leaders hide their crimes. Okay, well, you think that about me? I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to use it. I'm going to assassinate my opposition. So how close are we? Thing. How close are we to having another? balls out let's experiment on the intervention like no. i mean well another global conflict is is just, just around the corner you can it's feel an, it it's an excuse and, as you, and you can see it yeah, but with each with each massive global conflict like that and, and going back to the positives of the nazis again with each global conflict like that <laughs> the positives of the nazis getting, that's a book you go what <laughs> you're getting uh, turn that swastika into a plus sign you're getting a fucking massive jump in like medical aeronautic uh, uh, and scientific knowledge I know it's at the expense of a whole lot of people but it's from both sides America got the chance to make nuclear bombs and drop them on people to see exactly how it would work in real life yeah. if that's not like if they didn't win the war and they had done that and they still didn't win the war they'd be the most evil people on the planet the- but now we call them heroes because the Japanese gave up after that well, yeah. like that was one of the m- biggest as, as Einstein most said most audacious like atrocities of the entire history yeah. of humanity we get to win the war and we also get to to blow to melt a lot of people and test out a bomb test out a bomb out. and show these fuckers that you know we mean business yeah. and we're, the, we're the shit the Nazis were the best thing to happen to America because it's like the perfect evil like the ultimate evil that we have to meet with similar uh, uh, verisimilitude like similar you know veracity we have to fucking fight them fight fire with fire so they got to fucking do the most awful things to fight the nazis we're not going to get that again you know einstein said this 
the third the, the third world war will be fought with nuclear weapons and the first the fourth world war will be fought with sticks and stones yeah, yeah. there are it's not even that nukes are so dangerous there are so many technologies now which are weapons of mass destruction yeah. drones for example mm-hmm. hunter killer drones biological weapons chemical weapons nukes uh, uh conventional bombs that are as powerful as nukes uh if neutron bombs that only destroy living tissue and leave all the buildings intact so we can sell them back to the Chinese or whatever but there won't be if, if there is a global conflagration now it will it will reduce us to to a, a much more primitive level of Fallout 4 yeah I'm looking at some, yeah. something equivalent to that and uh, that, that's the that's some looking, John Titor shit like some uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Terminator did, 2 did like, this date pass quite a while ago mm-hmm. uh, yeah but I mean he's a time traveller it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter time in his world <laughs> even Trump there describing about North Korea just saying what he had circling the peninsula and he was describing the the, um, the aircraft carriers and F-35 jet fighters like it was porn like it was yeah. a beautiful pair of tits you know yeah, he, he actually described beautiful F-35 Majestic <laughs> That's yeah. what he said He actually said it like I was like what he's But like, oh, he's man, He's, out, he's sitting at the The head of the table Of the biggest corporation In the pl- in the planet Right right So that's That's what he's made for He's a he's a man who wears a suit War is he, the business he, of America He's he now is. in the biggest chair I said that from the word go When yeah. he got into there He's gonna treat this presidency Like fucking business Yeah but yep. this is the thing so with like Operation Paperclip itself uh, there are some like specificities and there are like particular parameters around how the Americans went into Germany uh, installed a bunch of people on behalf of the you know the Western Allied Force and kind of preempted this uh, socialist maybe not socialist let's say a bol- Bolshevism uh, sweep sweeping wave that came and took over Eastern Europe like those guys were put in there for a reason by America and kept and their uh, records expunged and this kind of stuff. Like from what you guys got before, we like you obviously have thought about all of this stuff like we were just talking about now for the last while. Like, did you think that Operation Paperclip had as much scope? Because we're going to go into the details of it now and it was, it's a little bit frightening like how, I absolutely how deep not. they are. I, I freely admit it, but I've watched a lot of documentaries and then seen a lot of stuff where, you know, academics and intellectuals they didn't know either you know they yeah. were just as shocked when they looked into it you know if you look at Annie Jacobson like, yes I mean, Annie she, Jacobson was mwah, really really good videos on YouTube incredible her, and she has a book as well Operation Paper Clip yeah. yeah and she she was genuinely shocked by what she was uncovered a lot just reams and reams and reams of it so I didn't mind thinking that for most of my life what was sold to me was Operation Paper Clip was they just got a bunch of scientists got a minute, a few rockets the rockets and then yeah. along came NASA so I'm so happy with Operation yeah. Paper paperclip because it gave us nasa and i i love and NASA. science fiction and ultra the 50s dreamy man. yeah absolutely. ufos yeah yeah all I, I dream i still dream i'd look at the stars and all that you know and then he, loves, I, he loves the moon gareth i, <laughs> I love the moon you must he's come in, visit me on the moon yeah, he's, he's in love side. with la luna i want to see your dark side I, but i said to you yesterday that now i now after looking at this i i, I feel like i can't spell uh, uh nasa without throwing in a, a, a z and an i <laughs> yeah. it seems weird right <laughs> And Garrett, like, I know you're abhorrent to the fact that, like, Nazis really advanced the planet in general. Uh, you well, know. no, no, no. I was just disagreeing with calling them great, Gordo. I said great, too. I'm really my, sorry about that. Too, my, so microwaves right. are pretty great, man. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely... When they're I, used to, like, make a turkey yeah, uh, edible, yeah. not a person. I, I agree. I had no idea that it was so prevalent, that there were so many people, yeah. and that they had such a massive cultural and technological impact. And one of the things, not to preempt it, but one of the things that we're going to talk about later is how the list came about. And there's this story yeah. that it was found in a toilet... Mm. The Americans had a list of yeah. Nazi scientists. 
very a obvious, shopping list a shopping list and they were, were picking them out and that was probably planned years in advance yeah. so this was a very determined uh, top down effort to, to populate the ranks of American science with the best and brightest of Germany and my god did they do it and did it have a profound effect everybody looks at America after World War 2 when it went from being a large economy to the big world girdling superpower we know today mm-hmm. this might be one of the most important reasons why cool well before we get into it deep uh, i just want to tell you if anything that we've talked about in the last little while uh, tickles your tickles your gicker uh, and you want to uh, reach out to us and, and and tell us how you feel or you want to add something to it give us some notes or or even just comment on it and tell us how what, what you think about it you can hit us up at any of our social media spots so we're on uh, facebook twitter instagram we have a subreddit r slash those conspiracy guys uh, we also have a website which is going to have all the documentaries i'm going to start throwing up there and uh, the articles and stuff with all the information about uh, all, all the other episodes we have everything up there uh, so if you head to those conspiracy guys dot com uh, we're at t conspiracy guys on twitter and those conspiracy guys and everything else because they didn't have enough room for the hose uh, we also have a discord which is a chat and audio uh, server so it's text chat and audio uh, it's provided we, we got introduced to it through patreon and on discord is a little server where we all get to hang out and all our topics are split up into channels and all the cool kids hang out there and uh, you know talk talk trash about each other and about the different episodes and different topics that we have and general stuff in the news and and, and this kind of thing so discord is a cool place to hang out we also have an anchor page so if you want to get anchor going on a lot of people are starting these uh, uh podcasts little uh, mini podcasts where you can get to speak into this app and it puts it up on a station where you get to uh you know listen to somebody's day it's like a it's like an audio vlog or cool voicemail that you get to to get to leave to people so i'll make a comment on something something in the news a lot of current event stuff i'm doing on anchor and if you want to comment on it you just lift it up and you you call in quote unquote call into the show and then i can add that to the stream and there's songs and stuff up there as well so if there's little bits of inside jokes and stuff we're going to put it up there we also do live shows we do them on appear.in which is a it's like a, a skype that runs in a browser and it can have up to 12 people at a time and when we we do the live shows uh, we do them once a month on the third thursday and uh, you can jump in there and talk to us if you're a Patreon subscriber. So that's patreon.com slash guys. You're one of the people that's keeping the show alive. Uh, the people at Patreon are donating like two, five, ten dollars Some crazy bastards up to $200. Uh, so thanks, Christine, uh, uh, for that. And uh, like Patreon is one of these crowdfunding things where uh, you donate a little bit of money. It all collects together. Everybody kind of makes it so that I can do this thing full time. This is up to season six now and it's 100% full time. And uh, I'm really, really grateful to the lads on Patreon. What you get there is behind the scenes videos, uh, clips and outtakes from the shows. And you do get uh, priority seating at those appearing video chats. And you get into these uh, secret channels in Discord and you get discounts on t-shirts from our Public store. So it's Public slash store slash those conspiracy guys. And uh, there's loads of extra perks. So if you're a super fan, you really like the show, or you just want to drop a dollar to support uh, what I'm doing over here with the lads. And, uh, you know, going forward, making more shows going into the tv show we're trying to make an indiegogo here right now so that we can fund a trip to america so we can travel around and uh make it make a tv show there'll be more about that in, in future episodes but patreon.com is the is the wages basically that I, I i use to keep the lights on over here pay off all the uh the costs for making the show and also keep myself in uh, butter and sandwiches uh we do have a sister podcast as well that i produce it's called white press play and we stream on twitch and we also have a vidme channel so it's vid dot me slash why press play uh, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies and tv shows so if you want to 
go over there and check that out we have the great crack talking about 80s movies and movies that you should see helps you decide uh when you're going through a netflix queue where you spend more time more time watching and less time choosing uh and uh for everybody that's sending me in emails and social messages and stuff like that i get dozens every day i'm really sorry if i haven't replied to you yet it's on the list uh it is coming i'm sorry that it's not coming back to you sooner but uh, i am but one man but before we get into all of that uh, i just want to say thanks to HelloFresh for supporting our podcast HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the experience of cooking and not just the final plate uh, each week HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions which let you make delicious and nutritious home-cooked meals in 30 minutes in your own kitchen uh, you can choose a delivery day that works for you and then if you're out of town or whatever you can pause it for a couple of weeks uh, everything comes pre-measured in these labeled meal kits so you're not wasting food and you're not you know throwing out extra stuff that you're not cooking it's all measured uh, for nutrition and for taste so it's delivered right to your door in a recyclable insulated package you get it right into your paw and it takes 30 minutes to cook even if you used to cooking for yourself or you're the kind of person who doesn't have more than two colors on the plate i know lots of beige foods are eaten in ireland if you if you if you like something a bit more uh, extravagant uh, HelloFresh can set you up for success every meal time and uh, no food is wasted because the exact quantities are measured and delivered to your door and it comes in a recyclable insulated box for less than ten dollars per meal uh, HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef curated recipes that change every week so it's you know you're not going to the store and tearing your arms out with heavy shopping bags and this makes hellofresh.com an easy choice for someone who wants to make easier tastier and healthier ways to cook at home there's also vegetarian recipes with plant-based proteins grains and seasonal produce and you can try things that you never think to cook on your own uh, and and you can you know eat outside your comfort zone you can look forward to your weekly hellofresh box delivery knowing that your dinner just got that bit easier uh, HelloFresh have teamed up with those conspiracy guys to offer our audience $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code TCG30. So because we live in Ireland and the meals aren't available here in Ireland for us, uh, we asked one of our biggest fans, Blake, to have a go at HelloFresh and see what he thinks of the service. So tell us, Blake, what did you think of HelloFresh? Hey, Gordo, how you doing? All right, man. You got some HelloFresh boxes in the post? Yes, I did. It was, uh, it was, it was really easy to, to do. You know, it all comes in one box. Uh, it's three separate meals. Each meal's you know got about two, two reasonably sized portions, and uh, was 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 real nice to have it delivered to my door. Class and it, like the the quality of the of the ingredients is top class. You were saying? Oh, absolutely. It was it was just as fresh, if not fresher, than you know if I'd have gone to the grocery store and bought it myself. But but the good thing about this is you know instead of having to buy a whole bunch of uh, celery or, or other ingredients and having to buy way more than you actually need. It was really nice to have just what you need sitting here so you didn't feel like you were wasting anything when you were done. And with, with the stuff that came, like, is it still, you chop it up, is it still, like, cooking or, like, how does it yeah, feel to cook? It's still, yeah, it still comes whole like you would at, at the grocery store. You know, everything still needs to be cut up. Uh, everything needs to be prepared. So it's, it's definitely not like a TV dinner where you just kind of throw everything in a bowl and stick it <laughs> in the microwave for the oven. This is, uh, yeah. no, this, this is, this is really cooking, you, you know. Not that you need to be a you know a, a professional chef to do it, but you know you do you are really cooking it. it is you know you're cooking it fresh. It's not freeze dried. It's not frozen. Uh, I mean it's it's fresh and and uh, you know comes just like you would from the grocery store and, and uh, so you really get the cooking experience. But you don't have to 
worry about cooking way more than you need or buying way more than you need. Everything kind of comes. Yeah, uh, and you end up eating way more than you need sometimes when you do that, right? Well, <laughs> that tends to be my problem sometimes. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> Me too. Would you would you order HelloFresh uh, on the regular if you got a if you got a thirty thirty dollars off voucher from those conspiracy guys? Oh, absolutely. Um, I definitely like the the variety. Uh, there was a burger dish. There was a uh, ravioli. Kind of yeah, ravioli, a squash ravioli dish, and a uh, kind of a breaded chicken dish. So it was a lot of variety. It wasn't, you know, and balanced. It was like vegetables as well as meat, and everything oh, was yeah. balanced, felt uh, healthy. Two, two of the meals he kind of prepared a salad to go with it, and the other one kind of had some greens in with the pasta itself. So I mean, yeah, you definitely, you know, gets you know some of your carbs, some of your meats, your vegetables. Uh, you know, good. You know, a lot of flavor was 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 really tasty. I really enjoyed it. Love it, man. Thanks very much for doing that for us. Ah, uh, no problem. Anytime you want to send me free food, I'm uh, I'm down. <laughs> so get Hello Fresh into your life, so you don't spend all night in the kitchen, because these delicious recipes only take about thirty minutes to make. So there you have it. Order at HelloFresh.com now and use the promo code TCG30 to get thirty dollars off your first week of deliveries. Thanks, Hello Fresh. Okay, so with all that out of the way, uh, we're going to get deep into the uh, objective greatness of the Nazi regime. <laughs> Gareth, nine, yet again, nine, nine. Holds, holds his head in his hands. Um, yeah, the objective like uh, achievements that were so, I, I guess, financially, physically, scientifically, uh, militarily uh, attractive to an American government. Valuable. In, uh, valuable, absolutely, in, in search and in need for uh, some advancement. Uh, uh, both technical and ideological possibly and uh, like we said earlier on the ideologies of the then wartime American culture kind of aligned quite nicely or I suppose like uh, uh, they were shoehorned into each other the Nazi ideology is in America of the uh, the supremacy of one nation overall and you know USA is the greatest nation and USA USA but like they kind of are the, the biggest and best country on well, the planet best Certainly the, certainly the most... Uh, Again, I'm speaking objectively, like biggest and best country. Like, I mean... There's something objective about saying America's the best country on the planet. There's there's McDonald's in Malta. Yeah, the, the, the most commercially successful. It's like saying Neighbours is the best TV show or, you know, it's, it's ludicrous. It's the well, worst you, TV show. It's just the most commercially successful. What do you what do you measure that then? What, how is that like for the people who make Neighbours and make all the money, it's the best show? Well, there's a... There's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The people yeah, behind exactly. Neighbours are like, this show is the best show. Yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. if you're a bush, it's the best America. Yeah. But there's an old measure, how do you judge a society? Like if you were if you were born into a random position in that society, yeah. w- how would you do? Would you, would you be willing to take that risk? Roll the dice, you could be born the son of... Of a, a sharecropper the son or whatever and in the case of America that's probably the, one of the worst societies to have that to roll that dice because of the, yeah, the sheer inequality yeah yeah the 50-50 of it all well here's what's happening now with, with, with uh, Operation Paperclip we're getting into the nitty gritty uh, strap on your fact hats and let's dive deep so basically the scientists and the military intelligence experts uh, who were on the German side like these were the guys who were the first in the know when it came to the fall of Germany and when Der Fuhrer wouldn't listen to their uh, their early warning signs and he was like no no keep moving east uh, these guys in a bid for their own survival began to hedge their bets and they made sure they had some place to go where they knew they would be protected so as World War II reached its final stages the allied forces began to find technology and documents as they you know wade into these towns and uh, like coming into Bern can you imagine like 
you know seeing all these empty factories and stuff like that just like left behind like a a, a Marie Celeste a military Marie Celeste en- engine still running still going uh, like yeah. hot coffee and mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, uh, it just seemed like pin up models and stuff like that <laughs> just like freshly soiled yeah. like it's still it's fucking so weird to walk into that thing yeah, yeah. Uh, and in films like Inglorious Bastards or uh, what was that one The Money Men or The the, the Monument Men Did oh yeah, see that yeah, no, brilliant, I, brilliant film it, it I got absolutely I love that film. It was a disaster box office. Um, These guys coming in and trying to, you know, protect all the art that was left in places and stuff. And you talk about, like, the flying hellfish and stuff like that, where these guys are, you know, like a group of guys and they know where all the... The, the the Nazi gold is and the Jewish art and all this kind of yeah, stuff yeah. like this. Oh, oh, that was probably the wrong way around. The Jewish gold and the Nazi art. It was probably not Nazi art, but you know what I mean. <laughs> there was and Nazi uh, art, the, yeah. The, the yeah. art pilfered from the European yeah. countries. Exactly, we call it. Nazis put on art exhibitions and called, uh, the you know, and it was um, uh, revolting art or something <laughs> like that. It was any any modern art that wasn't German. They actually put on display and go, look how crap this yeah, is yeah. and how offensive it is. Cubism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, they, um, they, but they'd put on... Uh, displays yeah they'd put on like galleries of of disgusting yes. things yes and say come and look at how shit it is <laughs> I swear I only read that last week about uh, the Nazi uh, looting art yeah talk about talk about objectivity versus subjectivity right yeah, that's what yeah. it is so uh, these are the greatest artists objectively yeah they're not really but uh, so the, this Nazi regime that like people who were outside of Germany thought that these Nazi guys were like uh, uh, behaving in this certain way and the Americans rolled in from from the west uh, uh, the Ger- the Russians were rolling in from the east and each of them were kind of taking their own little pieces of information and taking their own pieces of hardware home and uh, like these fears of uh, the nuclear threat that Germany had over the whole world like people didn't know exactly what they had there were double agents there were spies people were coming out and saying oh yeah there was this thing and in the mountains here there was lots of things like uh, you know these guys with pencil moustaches smoking long cigars like telling people lies about fucking bullshit and these uh, uh nuclear threats as it were um were kind of dissipated when the allies came into germany and started taking over these places and found that it wasn't actually real like they had savage rockets that savage rocketry technology but they didn't really have the nuclear threat and this was because as garrett said earlier on it was dismissed by the nazi scientists as a jewish technology Mm. so i looked into this like a little bit and it seems like they were very actually close so they initially obviously they dismissed it because they separated isotopes they they, they were very close to doing it well einstein relativity that's where nuclear physics comes from and he's jewish and he left germany in the early 30s once the nazis came in but they did start they realized the potential of it and they started in 38 experiments for nuclear fission Mm. and then it sort of got watered down when they sent all the scientists to the front but then in 42 they really really started in and the only thing that made them kind of fall back from where the americans were in other words have the potential for having a bomb before the end of the war was the fact that there was a big quote-unquote accidental explosion Mm. where they were trying to achieve vision so they had a uranium reactor it was going and then there was some sort of oxygen experiment there's a good chance that it was sabotaged from one of the scientists working on the project he, he he thought because the same the same was said about the manhattan project when people were working on that they didn't know if this fission would ever stop, stop reacting exploding, yeah. and it could burn away the atmosphere and the whole planet is gone like these guys same with the the, the Hadron Collider in yeah, CERN they yeah. didn't know but if it was going to cause a black hole that would swallow our planet there's yeah. also a good chance that the people working on that kind of project would have been like I might be working for the Nazis but it doesn't mean I want them to win the war or I want to destroy my planet mm-hmm. yeah so I mean 
these virtuous Nazis that you speak of, these hypothetical virtuous Nazis, they were still creating a great thing, though, Gareth, right? Like this, <laughs> this fishing. Effective. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they, yeah, an effective thing. They weren't into the Nazi ideology. They were like, you know, a, a, a lifetime movie, like Nazi with a heart of gold. Yeah. Well, there's, there's Jewish gold. Anybody mm-hmm. working for the Nazi regime on any kind of senior level during the war was forced to become a Nazi. And there's, a, there's, there's always been this thing of like, who was a legitimate Nazi yeah. and who was basically, they had to become a Nazi because they, you know, you couldn't work for the regime. You'd be on the front or in a camp. The term was ardent Nazi when right. they were being uh, uh, inculcated into the into the uh, American military industrial complex. And, and as we'll touch on later, that what the, the line for what it took to be an ardent Nazi was moved significantly when mm. it became, well, we got to get these guys, particularly yeah. the rocket scientists, who a lot of whom were pretty ardent, but it seems like, you know, these guys are very essential to our economy, to our space program, to our missile defense program, yeah. more importantly. So maybe we'll water down the line of it. What's art and what's a real Nazi? Mm. Uh, is there anything known about those scientists that, that you're, you're saying there might be a theory that they might have sabotaged? Is it an actual theory or are you just thinking that yourself? You know, that's just my speculation. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. sh- I'm, you know, it seems just too unlikely that that one big accident mm. like stopped the program in its tracks. Yeah. yeah. When they were, exa- they seem to have been almost exactly in parallel with the Americans right up until... Um, the, the the 42, 43 um, where there was this big accident and they did kind of kind of slow them down by several years. Wow, it sounds catastrophic whatever happened. It was it's a like, huge explosion. It's like an Indiana Jones thing. movie or something like that, that somebody was in behind like pulled the trigger. Yeah. I could just imagine, you know, like a, a a 1944 version of Chain Reaction where like Keanu Reeves is on a, yeah. he's on a motorbike like speeding away from but, some crazy the, the reason you know? The reason I make that speculation is because that actually happened a lot. Like famously, Schindler's factory didn't produce a single shell that yeah. could be fired. That happened all throughout the German war machine and one of the reasons why they had such military defeats was because their guns didn't work particularly well. Nazi guilt. It was a lot, a lot of people who were being forced to make armaments like made them badly on purpose. Yeah. And whereas the Allies did the opposite thing. Everybody was like, you know, working into the night, giving all their spare time. What can I do to help the war effort? Here's yeah. the old metal I have in the basement. And you had the exact opposite thing. Or from, just, from just trying to people. kill Hitler. Fuck this. This has gone too yeah. far. Let's just kill this. Lunchbox dude. bomb. Get together. Yeah. Val- Valkyrie. What's it? Oh. Operation Valkyrie. And as we'll get to later, the guy who t- found, tortured and killed all of the people who'd been in- involved in Operation Valkyrie, yeah. uh, Scorsese, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but he later lived in Ireland and was like denazified and bought a gaff here. So the guy who like caught the guys who tried to kill Hitler, you know, he hung out in Ireland for a few years, lived in a nice country mansion and was wined and dined by Charlie Hoyer. Ah, uh, see, I knew it. There you go. Oh God, it sounds like a wonderful time. I have, I have this shirt for you, Mr. Scorsese. <laughs> it's lovely. Scorsese. A lovely silk shirt from yeah. France. It only cost one government minister. <laughs> Scorze- Scorzeni. Scorzeni. I don't know. I can't pronounce names. That's okay. It's well, he went. It's, he went to the one country where the, you know yeah. the, the, the the prime minister said uh, sent the sympathy note on the death of Hitler. Signed the book of condolences in the German <laughs> yeah. embassy because and offered you know what? his condolences. He was a good egg. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. else he did, he was a, he was a good lad. He was good. He was a, he was an effective man. <laughs> exactly. I was going to go there. <laughs> That's going to be the word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll break you down, Gareth. The, Gareth, the off the fence, you'll be singing. You can convince me that singing the German the national of Nazism, you lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> in the next few hours <laughs> <laughs> strap in folks but uh, medical and chemical weapons for the US military were of utmost importance and they had tested loads of these techniques and loads of substances on on you know uh, uh, the human subjects the Nazis had and, and the Americans were like jeez man that is that's some tasty research like we can't let that we can't let that go and if they're willing to come in and take all these rocket scientists who are sending up rockets like uh, 
uh, Emmett sent us over a, a wonderful song uh, about Werner von Braun and you know the lyrics go like the rockets go up but, 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 but who cares where they come down they that's come not down. my department says Werner von Braun yeah. like uh, these guys as you say Gar can have these altruistic uh, notions about their research and they're like well look at if I have to experiment on Jewish prisoners of war I'm going to do the best I can to find try and help humanity or whatever like yeah making, I, I never said that no but <laughs> that's, make, again you're putting words with making do, making dodgy guns making dodgy yeah. shells like sabotage like self-sabotage and this kind of stuff the people that were brought in by the americans were very much nazis very much like uh, uh on board with the like i yeah i don't care about cruelty i don't care about yeah. you know well, in, in humanity or the geneva convention like i want this science we need this thing so we can use it as a weapon or we can use it as an advancement to be able to you know isolate part of dna so we can find that our people actually pure like these these things need i you know i'm not saying that we need to flay people alive but that's what they did they they, they flayed people alive and they infected them with stuff and watched how these how these diseases would would you know propagate on people's bodies well, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's like victorian almost that, that stuff is mm. the least like just from a purely scientific point of view Werner, yeah. Werner von Braun who was deeply implicated in really serious crimes yeah. yeah he was a real scientist he did real research yes. he was building real things very little of the the monstrous research that was done with say Dr. Mengele sewing arms and legs yes. onto twins yeah. that, that stuff was of no scientific value mostly some of the pressure stuff was later used yeah. but, but the, so even from an efficacy Pre- point the of pressure, view the pressure the frozen stuff the reanimation yeah. of tissue but but that stuff now and into the next 20 years may be valuable because it was done on actual human subjects well the problem is mm. that the, the, the they haven't had the technology for the last 60 years to be able to make it effective the, perfect the, it. the problem is that they didn't use actual scientific protocols because a lot of it was yeah. just coming out of this ideology of hatred so it's like, it seems like I'm, I'm like doing a, an experiment yes. but it's literally the mad scientist a it's morbid a morbid like, horrifying uh, uh, completely it, 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 self, it's so horrific that I, I know I know not many details about that because I know it's going to be so horrific and yeah. it was pointless it was, it was, it was so it was back to back and all it's very human centipede not that it would have been okay if it was effective but it mostly wasn't effective which is one of the reasons why uh, totalitarian authoritarian regimes don't work yeah. because the, the the stuff that doesn't work the, the research that doesn't pan out gets buried because it doesn't please the leader yeah. and it's, it's, again it's one of the big downfalls of Soviet Union and the Nazi regime when Hitler got a bad effect on a front the generals would just tell him oh it's going grand yeah, especially that's... towards the end of the war because he couldn't handle it mm-hmm. and the same thing with the quote unquote science so I think any good science that was done was done in weapons where it had to be effective and was tested or but sort it's of testable. despite itself but it's testable though right. like yeah. if you do rocketry it goes up a certain amount of kilometres into the air it takes this much fuel it's, the metrics are measurable yes exactly. but with like the efficacy of like retransplanting a, a, a severed arm mm. like that that seems like you know something fucking uh, weird like weirdos do to people that they have trapped in basements yeah, so it's, it's absolutely just, coming just out of one hatred. man getting off and doing all this you know he was just allowed well, to do it few, few, few dudes, dudes, yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy who uh, we haven't detailed it in our notes no. here but the guy who is uh, at the top of the chain of the um, the pyramid of Nazi human experiments was denazified and became the head of the health service in Germany after the war you know whereas yeah. somebody like Mengele How was, was, back in? was uh, Mengele was roundly condemned but like yeah. the, the the real mastermind got away with it because he was you know a very bright guy and he was useful to Germany effective as it were well the combined intelligence objective subcommittee of the US began to confiscate these war documents as they found them and the allies uh, uh, were finding like different uh, 
you know like when you're coming into a computer game and you're getting like you're leveling up as you go further towards the main boss you know <laughs> yeah. so as they're coming in through all the cities c- c- converging on berlin uh it was kind of split east and west so whatever the americans got in the way in they kind of got to keep and whatever the russians got in the way in they kind of got to keep and they 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 only at this point knew the extent to which the german research reached like there was a lot of surprises there was a lot of guesswork there was a lot of kind of spy intelligence but as they went in they were like oh we thought they had loads of them they don't have any but they have loads of these fucking things check this out so there's loads of these different uh, uh rocketry technologies when they got into uh Mittelwerk and they got into the to, to the rocket tunnel underground tunnel rocket factories like a lot of that stuff was you know waves and waves of slave labor and dead bodies and bones but it was also like look at these amazing rockets that they've made and i mean you're looking at that going okay we just need to take all this and find out how to do it without killing a lot of people mm-hmm. and they kind of did that can you imagine somebody walking in with an american mindset into a nazi like basically like a torture site of full of dead slaves and going we can do this. We can fucking do this. Like, what mentality do you have to have? What c- kind of capitalist, uh, uh, you know, uh, brain function do you need to have to be able to go, okay, this was this is worth it? Yeah. If what's done is done, they are sort of actually, yeah. all right, look, what's done is done. Like, fuck but it. We, we can use this technology yeah. to further ourselves and make, you know, bring humanity to a brighter tomorrow. Yeah. But as, yeah, as someone pointed out to me, there, you look at a lot of the technology they developed, and it was like, as there's some great quotes here from American generals years ahead of other countries and you wonder how they did it and there's two things that they did they spent ungodly amounts of money so every single one of these major German projects to develop piece of technology cost as much as the Manhattan Project and the reason that they were able to and they also had true slave labour as you just said true human bodies at it and the reason they were able to do that is because they were conquering they had this Liebensturm thing so that like the, the Nazi governmental structure relied on continual colonization yes. it couldn't have succeeded without it, it it's not similar to neoliberalism well mm. without the genocide it's an ev- <laughs> it, uh, it depends on who's dying if there's loads of kids in china dying to make like your Tat. apple phone uh, you know kids kids aren't dying in china to make your, they're, they're, you know there's there's some there's some child labor still but it's not there's yeah. not masses of children going to machines being gassed you know again that's equivocation but anyway point point being it wasn't an effective system that could persist mm. it was a war economy it demanded war yeah america is a war economy too but it's not the same kind of war economy that consumes a country well maybe it is maybe it's kind of the same yeah, yeah it's very it's similar neoliberalism is always in search of profit and this lieb we're, we're in a, like a financial liebens realm and every so often there's like a little bit of a loss of our you know uh, our war front where we have to kind of go okay right well bring it back a little small bit okay now start creeping forward again and yeah. 2008 was kind the of crash. like we yeah. lost Czechoslovakia and now you know we're, we've got Czechoslovakia and now we're deep into the Ukraine again like mm-hmm. and it's coming in onto the borders of Russia where there's another little jump back and it's yeah. it's you know that was a really broad metaphor but you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah exactly it's, of course mm. this this financial Lebensraum the that's business coming. of war absolutely so um, the way that the Germans like I mean how do you how do you knock that off in your head psychologically yeah that's the thing that's you know that's what you're wrestling with when you're when you're looking at this subject how could you do that you know how could you justify it an an external funneling of resources from these like poor places out directly back into like this war machine that that functions only to take more of what's around you you know it's Mm -hmm. You couldn't understand why there's not like an internal rebellion or like you said, people making shitty bullets and shitty bombs. 
how many people were just normal folks who just went along with it? Mm-hmm. Apparently, and apparently thousands, thousands, thousands millions. Thousands, yeah. And a lot of people are, I think, unfairly comparing this, like, you know, the, the, the Donald Trump election with this, how can we let this happen? And there's a whole set of the people who are on the other side going like, no, we can't let this happen. And like, uh, uh, you know, leftists throwing up these memes of everybody giving Hitler the, the high five and then there's one dude not giving him the high five and they single him out in the picture and go he's one of us and you're kind of like how can you how can you measure like Trump and Hitler it's uh, it's <sighs> incredibly different mm-hmm. but, so, but yeah they just anyway. casually say that he's a Nazi he's a Nazi he's a Nazi yeah. it's just uh, and it's thrown around a lot for, really is. For, there's, a, there's a lot going on there though yeah absolutely it's yeah. a function of the polarization of America and it's like false equivalence and Trump is just as bad as Hitler obviously not but it's also true that he refuses to speak out against actual Nazis marching and that they feel emboldened to do so because of him and because of his anti-immigrant policies. So it makes sense to draw those comparisons, but to suggest that he's equivalent is ludicrous mm. and it's only adding to the polarization. But it's not its not completely off the wall. Similar to the way we're I'm making assertions here that like Nazism and neoliberalist America in the 40s and 50s mm-hmm were very similar ideologically and it's just mm-hmm. that the Americans had like some, some bombs and some better guns and mm. yeah do you know? and, and the goodwill of the world and the the best yeah. marketing machine in the history of the world in, in Hollywood was, like everybody Coca-Cola. in Germany believed yeah, in, yeah, believed yeah, to in sell Hitler. themselves to the world absolutely so yeah. who 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 really won was it mar- like the marketers won it wasn't the soldiers it was the marketers because they had yeah. people on board if the, if Germany had had better propaganda that was able to get England on board and go listen you guys stay here we'll stay here it's like yeah you know America wouldn't have been involved at all. I think if the Germans hadn't committed the Holocaust, you could make that argument. But there were literal camps just in, one in Germany. Sachsenhausen, just that one time. Sachsenhausen, you know, was actually like half an hour from Berlin, you know? Yeah. And obviously throughout Poland and whatever else. So there's a culpability on the part of the population there that is different to yeah. just, oh, we work for a corrupt, we live in a corrupt society. Or and it's like also, that. they also were shouldering the burden of the guilt of World War One as well at the time and there was a kind of a dichotomy of thought where it's like oh yeah well, we shouldn't be doing this but also they fucked us from the last time mm-hmm. so we kind of deserve a bit of goodness like we have a good life now mm-hmm. you know and we have the potential to have a better life let's support this fucking guy there's a little bit of that in Ireland with the whole we came out of this horrible regime of monstrous child abuse and all these hidden sex secrets and the, the priesthood and now suddenly sure everyone's got a bit of money and sure it wasn't it ages ago and we deserve this like, we deserve yeah, this because yeah. we had the bad times yeah and it comes down to even like you know a good football match and we win and people go oh we deserve that you know what yeah. I mean because everyone's in a bad mood these days you know we deserve all these gifts national self esteem or whatever we, yeah exactly yeah yeah and confidence but so so the, one, one of the things that, that really kind of and, and Gary brought up earlier on it's one of those things that is a little bit I think controversial in the way it was told to the people and the way it's been written down in the history books and this is called the Ozenberg list now you said it was found in a toilet it was found by a Polish cleaner he was cleaning up like some, you know, Nazi war room uh, uh, in the uh, the Bonn University. And uh, all these scientists were all sitting around going like, oh, if we melt them with this acid, no, no, gas them with this stuff. Uh, we don't know what they were doing there. I'm just speculating. And the, these uh, scientists and engineers working like for the Nazis, for the Third Reich. And uh, this Polish guy found this Ozenberg list, which had all of the engineers and scientists on it that were valuable to the Third Reich and the Americans went oh can we have that because we're going to that's our shopping list for dudes that we're going to take that are important now Gard you insinuated that 
that list was already made and uh, you know well okay so the where does the list come from so the list comes from the nazis realized in the in, when they're, they're starting to lose the war 42 43 were what did we do we shipped all our intellectuals to the front because hitler didn't really like intellectuals this is the thing so they build a list yeah. they bring them back now yeah the germans did that right the, the likelihood did did the americans happen to find that list in a toilet yeah probably not they had agents in Germany. They had contacts with the Nazi regime the whole way through. They almost certainly had that list that they got from the Germans. All the scientists that were brought back into Germany yeah. to redouble the war effort very successfully. Mm. And then, you know, this little story about maybe somebody finds it in a toilet because otherwise... It seems we romantic. Been. It really yeah, does. Yeah, it is. Apparently, it was made by this guy, uh, uh, Werner Olsenberg, who was the head of the Weifurschungsgemeinschaft, which is Very the, well pronounced. Dankeschön. I love um, the word that it has mineshaft at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I, I play that with my son. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, uh, the German phrase for a military research association, because we all know Germans like to just smash all their words together in one big, one big mush. And uh, th- apparently, USA major... Robert B. Staver ordered these rocket science to be rounded up because of that list, right? It was already made and Hitler sent all these dudes to the front. Like how, why would you send your best scientists yeah. to fight there on the front? Is this kind of this uh, paranoia that we talked about with Stalin where he was purging his most intelligent guys? Yeah. Like Hitler was probably falling apart at the seams Maybe. and, also and going sense. like these guys are going to take well, those people apparently he, he was but uh, but those people would have been the centres of opposition so I'm sure he would have known that like they didn't wholeheartedly support Nazism they tended not to so this plays into lovely into the narrative that this Osenberg list mm. made by quote unquote made by Werner Osenberg who was the head of the military research, he made this list of people who were sent to the front and brought back because they weren't like fully ardent Nazis. Mm. These were guys who were like fighting Hitler and Hitler even sent them to the front. That looks really good on a CV when you're applying to get into the US and you're going like, so uh, tell me, uh, Fritz, are you coming over here? You're a Nazi, huh? Uh, no, well, actually, my name was on the Osenberg list. And if you realize what this means, the significance of that means that Hitler was actually afraid of my potential descent from the Nazi uh, re- re- regime. I mean, you know, I wasn't really a, a big Nazi. That's why I was on the list. Hitler didn't like me. I, hit, I mean, I, I liked him. Uh, he, was, he was cool. I hid in the, in the attic in a house in <laughs> Moscow for most of the time. I was sent there, you know. It's, it's, I was, I'm just fucking Anne Frank of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it mad, though, like, that they were able to create that narrative and a lovely list with a romantic story how it was found in the, in the mm-hmm. toilet by a pole, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, found yeah. in a toilet. Does that mean somebody was there just Trying having to a, flush it down like coke <laughs> in a fucking... I, I, I thought it was like some guy having a, you know, a read. Yeah, because well, that, yeah. that's yeah. what you do. <laughs> Where's the notebook, Karen? Where's the notebook, Karen? <laughs> I flushed it down to the toilet! That's that list of all of you. That, yeah, that's not what you do Good with Nazis. a secret document you want to destroy. You don't destroy it with water. Yeah, you know, that yeah. is the opposite of what you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, how how perfectly like narrative driven is that? You know, anti-Nazi sentiment of everyone that's on that list almost gets a free pass into America because like they were hated by Hitler, and that's why they're on the list. Mm. Yeah. Like that's that's important. I think. And then of course later they're, they're when they're bringing in all the von von Braun people, yeah. like those people weren't on that list, and they mm. couldn't be defended in that way mm. because they were actively von Braun himself. He's every day he's walking into uh, Birkenhau and he's going, "I'll have this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy pass the piles of bodies, and you will all come work for me." Oh, you can't work for me anymore. Back into the oven, like. 
actively involved in the mm. genocide and yet like there's the most whitewashed guy of all he's he's on we'll get into it later but he's on tv with walt disney in the yeah. 50s like unbelievable yeah. 10 years later 10 years after picking slave laborers working them to death from a death camp yeah. he's like he's making well, disney movies and 10 and years later he's, he's he's that famous picture of him and kennedy pointing towards sure. the stars yeah. you know yeah. well i saw I, I for years i always saw that picture and just thought what a nice picture not not nice <laughs> Not nice, and I was like, Lovely holy crap. They were pointing we at the will. dark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's we where will we get want to, to the live. Moon. That's where we, we'll get you there. Yeah, it's mental. But it, it's, it, isn't it so weird, though, like this? Do you know, the narrative of, yeah, we found it, the thing, it's, romantic. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Mm. Werner von Braun, the subject of the uh, Elton John song, uh, Rocket Man. Now, with the importation of these Nazis into the US military industrial complex, it was really hard like morally to separate their crimes from their in, invaluable scientific knowledge and we've already like gone kind of skipped around that we're going to go into the morality of exactly what happened and talk about the japanese stuff later on but president truman said that under no circumstances made a, a decree under no circumstances really to let war criminals into the country right and the office of strategic services or the oss which is the precursor to the cic and then the cia and then the joint intelligence objectives agency with the jioa so an opportunity to let these lads in and then they waived the status of all of these Nazis and whitewashed their, their their portfolios or whatever. Like, these are official government organizations that are tasked with national security going, yeah, it's grand. Like, come on in. You know, very shady shit going mm-hmm. on there. So they had Operation Overcast, which is the precursor to Paperclip. Uh, and at the time, the secrecy of both of these operations were, like, absolute. But 10 years after... In 1958, Werner von Braun became such a public figure in US culture, like you said, pointing at the stars with JFK and being on the TV and stuff like that, that paperclip started to become kind of mainstream knowledge. It wasn't, you know, <laughs> as reported as, as you know, uh, uh, detail as you can find it on the internet now, or it didn't have those negative connotations towards USA, USA. But Time magazine even wrote articles about von Braun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he was uh, like an outspoken and now respected and revered scientist. And then like, the myth crafter in it, on the Nazi I'm sorry, on the NASA <laughs> easy mistake to make. Hey, yeah, it on, is on the NASA website to this day. When you look up Werner von Braun, it says, "Oh, von Braun opposed the Nazis, and he was even in prison for opposing the violent uses yeah. rockets." Not true at all. He was imprisoned briefly because he said the V two program is ineffective, which it was. They didn't kill very many people at all in the Blitz. Really ineffective. We should make a more effective weapon, and it, because it's a total regime they're like no you're disagreeing into mm. prison and then he was freed by Albert Speer like a few months later back to the rockets because but they needed him they needed him but so the other good Nazis saved like, the other good Nazis yeah, that's, that's the it. narrative there the isn't, isn't it mad yeah. it's a mad fact that more people died working on the V2 rocket than were actually killed yeah. by the V2 rocket it's incredible but it yeah. shows how bad authoritarian regimes are they're just not effective it's they're like, not effective it's like the, the, the slaves building the pyramids in Egypt right I thought that was uh, disproven the, I thought yeah, they were enslaved the, that was, it was the, aliens no, they, it was. It was. It it's was just a Toblerone. It was, it was teleport. It was, was lost it? magnetic technology. No, it was a job. They actually applied for the job and they got the yeah. job. And all oh, right, what's your experience? Yeah, <laughs> see, I've only seen circles on your CV. Right, okay. I see them little rocks there. I can, I can lift, lift these give me the rocks. Little pyramid now. I can lift these rocks out, and I know how to make the triangle. <laughs> all right, get in good. there. Very good. You can yeah. do a good yeah. job. Uh, oh, have you got an that? You're not allowed on the site without an that. <laughs> But uh, like in by 1959, these uh, uh, these Operation Paperclip people, these these 94 uh, uh, first in, in, inculcates into the system, uh, these 94 men 
went into the US, including Von Braun and others by the names of uh, Theodore Poppel, uh, Jungert, Haas, Gutwein, uh, Professor Rudolf Brill, Ernst Bears, Helmut Weichmann, Hans Ziegler. You know, all household names as far as engineers. Oh, yeah. go. Like, we all know you these guys. You just brought yeah, me right absolutely. back there. I haven't you thought know of those guys in so long. Professor Rudolf Brill. Sure, wasn't he great? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Brill. Oh, he, yeah, he was the guy who made the, the pad the, yeah. the, to scour away the scum you know like <laughs> after touching the Jürgen <laughs> yeah. imagine uh, th- this is the final solution to p- stuck on Greece that would be the ad we'd be watching right now had the Germans won the war yeah. the, the Greece he was talking about was the country of course yeah. <laughs> uh, so up, to, up as far as 1990 Operation Paperclip immigrated and nationalised up to 1600 Nazi personnel with the quote unquote intellectual reparations taken by the US and the UK which are uh, on patents and industrial processes and different uh, you know secrets technologies uh, all the stuff that they basically just went okay take all this stuff mm. uh, <laughs> when they landed in Germany uh, and all of these uh, like papers documents patents and hardware was all valued up to 10 billion dollars at the time at that time so they rolled in and just took a fortune mm-hmm. and only five years before the Nazis were vilified for doing just an, that. A, an almost identical thing. Mm-hmm. Just roll in, say all this shit is mine, and then take it for yourself. Well, they were they were doing that to countries that hadn't done anything. So it's it's, it's a bit different. Right. It's like saying, well, we put that man in prison. How is that different from me imprisoning my daughter in the basement? After all, they're both prisons. You know. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. those countries were invaded by the Nazis, whereas the Nazis were the ones doing the invading. So yeah, but then since America has done that and. They got, they got really used to it after 1945 and went, oh yeah, let's do it again. Oh, let's do it again. Oh, let's do it again. That, let's do it again is, in secret. That's yeah. very true. That's very true. They, know, they became so addicted to war spoils. It's the, it's, the, it's the winners that get to say who's to the good victor, guys or spoils. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go out and let them say the Nazis are the bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> for now. For now. Let's see what I like. And we know, wow. I, I'm not saying Nazis for now. I'm saying... <laughs> Americans in the future could the American government and what they've done and like the Dick Cheney's and the George Bush yeah. Juniors of yeah. the world will be the Gutwines and the Professor the, Rudolph von Brills that people are I think, slightly yeah. mispronouncing on I, podcasts I, I in 50 years I completely agree I think there's a potential there really is a potential for some kind of genocide in America in the next 30 years like it, there's, it's so polarised it's so there's violent a lot, there's a lot of deep conspiracy heads that think about this stuff there's FEMA camps and you know there's dudes like out in the middle of fucking no place standing next to uh, you know, two-story high containers filled with these like, I've seen that. weird black plastic coffins, yeah. I think they might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, body that, bag coffins. That was and they're going for an epidemic containment. I think that's all nonsense. But I, do, but, but I do think the potential for a regime, maybe the next one or the one after, yeah. to go very hard against some minority group. Could be anyone. Could be the Muslims. Could be the gays. Could be their own opposition politically, whatever. Yeah. To the point where they start Could be white people. people. Unlikely. That's what, that's what I'm waiting on, uh, waiting on as well. Like, Just it, throwing it out there. See tanks in the street and all that sort of thing. The Militarization cop, of Militarization police. like that. I mean, why is it? It's there for a reason. Like, if, if, if people uh, push it too far, then they, they will come out and there will be killings in the street. I well, think. you've already got, like, the, there's a famous list of the stages of genocide. And it's like dehumanization. Stage know. one, look for a safe place. <laughs> Two, don't hurry, stop and wait. <laughs> Stage but one, dehumanization. You are you, your classification where you have to class, you know, have to go to the government. And that they've already gone through two of those stages with Muslims in America. Yep. 
where you're you're literally on a list you're literally and you're being derogated by like that's so that's like that's early 30s germany where they're going watch these people Mm. watch their movements Mm. limit their movements absolutely i get it man but the thing is though the militarization of police and all of this kind of stuff while in parallel with I, I would say science fiction, but it's starting to become more science fact, like science fiction and, and these uh, um, like cultural milestones as far as like old movies and old literature are now being made into reality. Like we've seen the, the kind of stuff that's happening now in the feminist movement being written about by, uh, you know, the the handmaid's tale mm. it was written in 1984 and now now this kind of stuff is happening with like reproductive rights and all this kind of stuff like that was fantasy back then it was made into a tv show now and now we're looking at it going geez that looks an awful lot like modern day if if, yeah. the, if the nazis won that's what will be happening yeah, and it was a takeover what? of a very far-right government yeah. who blew up the white house and just took over and made it like a super r- highly religious state where everyone just happened to be infertile or whatever but, but there is this like, thing that's like a, that's a crazy reality to get into you, you uh, could, it could of course go that way I think the very it's the very same on the left you've got the fantasy that we already live in the handmaid's tale and the yeah. extreme right oh female death camps they're both bollocks reality is much more worrying yeah. and it's much more complicated we don't live in the handmaid's tale and we're very unlikely ever to when that was written the Christian right were much more powerful there now, yes. now it's a much more strange coalition of actual Nazis alt-right Christian right uh, your traditional like uh, rapacious capitalists who make money from war it's, it's a lot more strange and complicated and a lot less likely to be wear a little cowl and we're hanging people who don't believe in Jesus but to it's throw, a lot more real it's, it's there it's, it's more now. Real, yeah. yeah you can find it you don't have to speculate on it it's but right there You're to throw it out there then if all of these Nazis were uh, uh, inculcated into the US military and media complex and all these guys that were like they're not just taking rocket scientists and, and, and chemical like and, and medical chemists and stuff like that they're taking in like spies espionage experts they're taking in intelligence experts they're taking in like uh, you know Goebbels fucking right hand men who all worked underneath them they're all like can I come in too I'm really good at making films that make mm-hmm. you think or the right I, thing yeah I've made films by Werner Brothers yeah oh <laughs> I love it I don't know if that's defamatory is it no and uh, yeah fuck it's just it. a shit pun yeah but I think well, you yeah, know, the, the Warner Brothers you know fled the uh, the, the shuttles they were, they, were, they, were, they were running from persecution of yeah. Jewish people so it's, it's a pretty offensive uh, that's why the WB is made out of gold Nazi gold but it's it's one of those things where uh, could those Nazis have been injected into Hollywood as movies like The Rocketeer would have you believe and they're trying to pull the cultural strings behind the scenes where they're they have a really long game the Third Reich could last for a thousand years or whatever where they're going okay I'm going to implant myself in the modern media and like drip feed all of these little things like Asimov and the, his uh uh, artificial intelligence rules and stuff like that like t- the science fiction that's yeah. now becoming science fact and laws of robotics and all of that stuff maybe they knew that we have this technology and eventually we'd be able to have it so that it's mass producible and you know it's cost efficient and all that stuff so there's artificial intelligence coming out now there's like uh, uh, you know uh, people who are 20 are getting sterilized voluntarily because they're like, there's too many people on the planet like all of these mad dystopian factors to do with culture are becoming realities now mm. And maybe like through the drip feeding of these things through culture and knowing how the generations are going to go and all this stuff, like could that be Nazis behind the scenes pulling the strings and long term plan, a really long term plan, like, like the Illuminati, got in, exactly got into America 
and just went this is the cultural epicenter of the planet pretty much the west at least the western western civilized world and their change in culture and change in the planet in the image that they want people to be in where you know they're we're all fully controlled we have no real autonomy we have no ability to make any change in our lives money is uncontrolled by us property is uncontrolled by us uh you know medicine is almost like practically unavailable if you get sick you're dead like the whole country in america seems like a concentration camp when you look at the the, the way healthcare is done like if you're sick you're fucked Mm. You're homeless or you're dead. That's mm-hmm. it's game over. And it's not available to all of those people. Well, you know, it's it's funny because like in a sense that's almost exactly the opposite of what happened. So the the modern social justice movement and the modern the victory in academia of all that stuff, that comes out of German philosophers, Theodore Adorno yeah. and people like that coming to America in the fifties and sixties and going like, My goodness, Walt Disney is almost exactly like, you know, Hitler's propaganda. And so like the experience of German intellectuals after the war who were hypersensitive and critical and afraid of that kind of manipulation, that directed uh, a lot of what became the campus social justice movements and so on. So th- in, a, in a very real sense, they had the opposite effect. Do, do I think that there's a, a, a Nazi cabal steering America who decades ago, it's pretty unlikely. You yeah. know, it's a fun idea. But well, America has been the most powerful country in the world now and it's all consuming around the globe and that's exactly what the Germans wanted to do, the Nazi wanted to but do. But it's what everybody from Alexander on down has wanted to do. Once the people knew there was a globe, they wanted to rule it. You know, right. The Americans but, are just the latest ones. But mm-hmm. since liberalism and all of this kind of stuff has now started to rear its head and there's like a, a like a partition in society. We're going to be doing a show on 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 identity politics and cultural Marxism as season six goes on. But like when you talk about stuff like the Frankfurt School and all mm-hmm. these kind of things, like these philosophical and, and and cultural demarcation lines were all set out by Nazi culture and are now starting to become starting the to bear fruit to Nazi culture. There are reactions, yeah, I suppose. But like now, people are going Nazi, Nazi, and the definition of of what Nazi is to some people when they shout it is you're trying to like you know d- you, demonize a, a minority when really a, a Nazi was somebody who wouldn't allow another person to express themselves freely you're disagreeing with everything I say Nazi that's well, yeah that's, you're not allowed to say those things because I don't like them yeah I, I, I and I'll just throw in and call you a Nazi while that's I'm at not it. what a Nazi was and Nazi was somebody that sent people to death camps lots of people have denied people the freedom of expression what defines you as a Nazi is your belief in racial superiority yeah so when someone calls someone a Nazi yeah sure sometimes they can be exaggerating but a lot of times what they're saying is your ideology is racial superiority in this case white supremacy yeah. literally not like the figurative cultural but like actually homeland blood and soil that's a pretty accurate description of a nazi because that's what they believe yeah but i'm saying that the people who believe in a a right-wing ideology now are also being tired with this extreme you know right-wing nazi brush sometimes but i I don't see a lot of that i see a lot of dismissal of in the last year there has been man like when they're comparing the president to to hitler and every that that's like everything from the top down says nazi to me mm-hmm. in the eyes of like the liberal media and some of these the people the that new york times aren't comparing trump to hitler they're not but people on the and, internet and, and who and that and, stuff and, on a daily basis yeah. on an hourly basis yeah so common. this is this is now a new a new bolshevist revolution where the likes of antifa and stuff like that are pr- like preaching communism standing on the streets with communist flags and it's yeah i think that's true but i also think that their influence just as the alt-right their influence is vastly exaggerated it's all about optics you know yeah how, how many people are in are in the black block or antifa like few 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 yeah. dozens of thousands worldwide same with uh the alt-right and just because 
online one person yeah. can spread their voice we were talking about Stormfront earlier you know somebody can have a website that can proliferate an ideology and it can look incredibly influential and powerful and even makes one person drive a car into a crowd of people and kill somebody mm. but at the end of the day there's not that many of those people with that extreme ideology yeah it's the Overton window and the, uh, and the way that media covers those stories but because yeah. they're so salacious and because they're so like uh, clickbaity mm-hmm. people are going to be like oh that's a thing that's interesting or, or they all, think it's massive movement it's massive it's movement huge. yeah all these people look yeah. at look at how many people on the street there's always these clips you see of mm-hmm. news reporters and they're ushering like two dozen people who when standing in a, in a line look like fuck all people right. but when they have the right frame and they have all the people and it looks like it's ten deep and it could be 10,000 people and it's, so many of these lads are just guys on Paul on 4chan yeah. who, who, who literally haven't left their parents bed it's not even yeah. like the old yeah. insult like they're actually living in their parents basements yeah. keyboard warriors but a lot of people a lot of people on Paul are actually like involved in stuff some of the some of the more extreme stuff and the unsubstantiated information is trolls and because it's like 4chan is a partially anonymous website where you can go in and fucking say anything you want really there are a lot of people on there who have legitimate information, though, to be fair. Mm. I'm not going to sweep Paul under the carpet and go, yeah, yeah, they're all Because you're fucked. terrified of them. I'm not. I'm going, man, the amount of I'm information that they've got and that they've exposed. Like, like what? People. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't read Paul's. We'll, we, we'll do 4chan another okay. day. But, like, <laughs> there, there's stuff that now, like, people are doubting WikiLeaks. People are doubting, like, fake news in the mainstream media. And yet there's documents being released that are absolutely 100% real and be verified mm-hmm. as real. And they're still not getting coverage. And Paul are the ones that are dropping that stuff. Out. But nobody's yeah. doubting WikiLeaks. What they're saying is that they're partisan, which is true. Yeah. I mean, it just came out now. Last they, week. Now they have been, and in the last year they have been yeah. partisan for years. Mm, okay, uh, but this uh, is a different whether they're actively paid for by Russia, who knows? I don't care. Yeah. But the, whether they like they were absolutely partisan in the election, and now it's been it's been released. The tweets between uh, Don Jr. and uh, Julian Assange. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah. make me the ambassador if to you, you know. If what you're saying is Hot true, rock. beautiful. Cut rock, so, I think yeah. that was one of the famous uh, quotes he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the, but this this is the thing. Now we have this technology, we can look up this stuff as citizen journalists or as like actively thinking members of society. We can go onto the internet, and if we look hard enough, we can find that. But this comes to a big problem, though, which yeah. is that citizen journalism is a great idea I remember when people first started talking about it in the in the very early 2000s it was mm. such a noble idea yeah. but there's a big difference between a citizen journalist and somebody who's doing a lot of googling that's not what a, a citizen journalist is someone who comes out finds primary sources films the yeah. shit that's going on in their town the polluting factory the whatever the fuck it is but you know what? what's happening online is not citizen journalism it's people selectively searching for information yeah. and proliferating a misleading narrative that's and that's how fake dangerous. news has grown up to be a thing right yeah yeah, yeah 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 but um so as far as the 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 disclosure of operation paperclip when you're talking about actual real facts then uh how did uh, garrett how did uh operation paperclip become known as like we did an episode on MK Ultra and it's a hundred percent real and true and all the documents lead right up to nineteen seventy one. But Operation Paperclip was supposedly uh uh you know a, a Hollywood fabrication up until a certain point. So can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. Well okay so well just as a bit of a prelude to that, mm. um this didn't it wasn't just as you mentioned there's it started out with 50, 60 people being moved to the States, primarily for the rocket program, because missiles are really important in the Cold War. Mm. But what the Americans also did was they moved like almost 2,000 um, scientists, technicians, uh, engineers off to the German countryside to a bunch of little villages 
for several years yeah. and gradually interviewed them, interrogated them, denazified them and moved them over to the States. And all this goes on for years into the 50s. Just wait until people forgot. The last lot of them come over in 57, 59. I mean, that's yeah. a long time after the war. Yeah. And then, it's like it's like a, a war crime laundering. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and they, they literally did that. They like had them build new identities for them all they're living and they, they all got paid for this they're living in little villages in Germany and then eventually the, the Americans are like here's your payoff yeah. for that thing where we didn't allow you to participate in the redevelopment of Germany and then all the ones that come over as we talked about get brought into the Operation Paperclip they're given to selective industries build up the technology and this doesn't really come out until uh, the 90s when President Clinton brings in a Nazi War Crimes Disclosure Act where they're like you know hand on heart guys now that they're all dead we can finally say that we brought over a lot of Nazis who were actual Nazis and not just mm. these, uh, you know, slightly less bad people who had to join the Nazi party. And Annie Jacobson's book that we've referred to, Operation yeah, Paperclip, mm-hmm. really, really well researched. Yeah. She outlines dozens. I think she goes into um, 80 something of the specific people who were who brought over their pasts, what they did, their culpability, and also talks about the crazy technology that they had. I put a I put a link to that book on Amazon in the uh, description, and hopefully at some point we might be able to even interview Annie and see if she'll come on the show. And that would be amazing. It would be amazing. It would be a joy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, then, some re- like I know you know our remit on the show. Like you said, we, I I wouldn't count myself a citizen journalist. I'm a podcaster and a comedian, and we talk about conspiracies. And I'm a critical thinker, or at least I try to be. Anyway, like what I'm doing is using available sources for this show that you can find using DuckDuckGo because you know Google are watching everything and uh, you know if we're <laughs> typing in Nazi 65 times in one day uh, people are going to start calling to the door but like this woman went out went to Germany went to South America went to all these places and actually found like 100% true and real information and put it all together I spoke to relatives relatives like grandkids of people, of, yeah, like, uh, who as she described bravely admitted yeah. their grandfather's terrible crimes and just well, what, said what, yeah. whatever about Operation Paperclip I mean tens of thousands of Nazis settled in Argentina yeah, yeah. and in Brazil yeah. and this stuff has only come out it's incredible the scale of it yeah. it was neat. a couple of decades ago it was always you know people would go ah that's bullshit you know it was it was a, it's from a movie yeah exactly boys Marathon from Brazil and all that but yeah. no actual uh, you know change of identity jump on a ship where you go well we talk we'll about this shorter. later on it's mm-hmm. called it's called the rat lines that's how they escaped and uh, we go into the little bit more detail in a little while and the Vatican even were handing out fucking passports and stuff like that imagine to let them get out of the country but uh, so far as then uh, these uh, disclosures mm-hmm. who who were the who were the the regime in charge uh, responsible for releasing those disclosures oh yeah so the so this did this did come out under the Clintons right so the Clintons were like oh yeah so uh, the world needs to know about Nazis huh um, Hillary told me to uh, tell you I mean uh, I'm supposed to tell you that uh, you know they all went on holidays or something, on vacation. I think I think this is just a factor of, of when it came out. You know, it literally, yeah. they probably were like, okay, so this is 92 or whatever. The yeah. last Nazi that we're actively employing yeah. just died. Mm-hmm. I just got a phone call and uh, Fritz is after passing away. So uh, I just tell you real quick, uh, we got a lot of Nazis in the 40s. I'm off the bomb uh, hungry. Like, <laughs> so weird. You know? look, look the other way. This is fascinating <laughs> stuff. Don't look over here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's... It's mad that in the 90s this stuff can come out and 
people are talking about it all through the 60s and 70s and you can nearly see like as soon as it comes out and it's confirmed everyone goes oh, yeah because all these things mm. the 90s was it people forget it was a, in a sense a wonderfully optimistic time yeah. communism had fallen and it looked for a moment like the world might move together and into this wonderful global economy and free trade and internet free travel. is born and Ireland finally has an economy yeah <laughs> you know and all these former Soviet republics that people are living at, on starvation levels the economies start rising up the economic traveling. downturn is over the Iraq war is over with loads of cheap oil yeah. uh, loads of people are getting like what they want for Christmas next stop year 2000 this is going to be great yeah. and, and, and in like, parallel Ethiopia is doing really well in the 90s and, and uh, in parallel no, sorry they weren't they were yeah. dying in their thousands you, the, you have this massive anti-capitalist movement yeah. which was, was a huge thing and so there was more criticism of the government than, than ever but in a, in a healthy way mm. because it's like okay things are no longer we're not literally fighting war with the Soviets now we got to start looking at all the things that are wrong in our own society and then you know so in that in that bubble of time a lot of stuff was revealed to the public that wouldn't have been otherwise a lot yeah. of things came out about pollution about exploitation and, and whatever like the, the Tescadigue experiments with uh, giving black people syphilis yeah. uh, that came out in the 90s like stuff like that and it was this kind of this kind of uh, truth and reconciliation sorry almost. sorry we really didn't mean it yeah um, so, so we'll try it, to do better moving forward I watched I watched that video <laughs> of him actually saying sorry and he was just like oh there's nothing I could say I'm, I'm really sorry sorry <laughs> like what do you say you know my favourite Clinton video which this is something that everybody has forgotten and it blows my mind it's one of those proper conspiracy moments when they discovered life on Mars do you mm-hmm. guys remember this the, the bacterial life yeah, yeah 1994 uh, no 95 in the summer Bill Clinton goes on TV all over the world he's like we've got we've discovered uh, American we've discovered bacteria we've returned from Mars alien life and this is the greatest discovery and then like a couple of months later they're like uh, no no that wasn't didn't was a mistake yeah. but it was huge news and nobody ever mentions this quick throw a blowjob at him <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to work throw another one yeah. <laughs> it seemed to work yeah. give him some cigars he loves those oh I, I, I must I must see that no yeah that, that, that's, that's amazing because I was a kid I I was a nerdy sci-fi obsessed kid yeah. like you're, you're saying yourself X-Files shit man yeah, yeah. so and did it, he did he make that announcement from the from the Rose Garden or the Oval Office or where was it I, was I remember him being inside I think but yeah. I could be misremembering but I saw it I was at, wow. I was at, I was at Nerd Camp I was at Nerd Camp as a kid <laughs> and they showed it on the big screen we were all watching it it was like amazing whoa clang sorry <laughs> I wonder what can I say sorry <laughs> is there a beautiful woman up on Mars waiting to meet me for Sally <laughs> finally my people yeah it's it's the can I, can I put Hillary up there and leave her there <laughs> um, so the, the US valued these Nazi scientists a little bit more than Hitler did like he sent them all to the front he he he, he mistrusted these intellectuals for fear of being taken over himself oh Hitler you're so uh, you know yeah. they're smarter than me I don't like that <laughs> Uh, he has a better mustache to the front with you yeah and intellectual um, insecurity it wasn't until 1943 until like officially Operation Barbarossa and all the the invasion of the USSR failed fighting a war on two fronts overstretched himself um, you know it's you know tell us all this time and uh, Hitler then recalled all these science and engineers and went okay listen we're going to have to f- you know fight from the center and throw out all these rockets and stuff like that so rocketry was the the huge push for the Nazis from 40 like late 43 until the end of the war and uh, uh, Dieter Husel who has a book on German rocketry Pienemunde to Canaveral uh, uh, he says overnight PhDs were liberated from KP duty uh, masters of science were recalled from orderly service mathematicians were hauled out of bakeries and precision mechanics ceased to be truck drivers like you, like 
Can you imagine if you were those guys? Now, being not an ardent Nazi, because the guys we're going to talk about now in a few minutes were like the cream of the crop. Your eyes to the top. Uh, you don't you don't eat a pig because you're Jewish. Pig no. <laughs> and um, like these Jewish people do eat pork. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Muslims you're thinking of. Uh, okay, it's the other group that you hate. Is it? Is it? Are you sure? I don't. Um, I don't know. It it varies with orthodoxy and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't. I've, think, I think I've never is... met a Jewish person that, that didn't eat pork. No, I mean like a real Jew. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jews. T- technically, on the on the books, they're not allowed to have pork. Okay, I'm just going to Google this. On the, on the books. <laughs> uh, so you can imagine these guys that are not like ardent, like they're not, they're not, you know, t- like t- cream of the crop, top Nazi guys. They're just normal working dudes who just happen to be mathematicians and stuff who, yeah. like you said, have to sign up to the Nazi party. Just like anybody living in Russia at the time, if you wanted to have any way good kind of a job, you had to sign up to the Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And in that came certain requirements and responsibilities like you couldn't be drunk in public like you couldn't be baiting the shit out of your wife you had to be a good guy and turn up to work every day you couldn't be an alcoholic like all of these things were were you know sets of uh, uh, um, limitations of decorum that you had to adhere to so these guys in the nazi party like showing up like sharp suit doing the stuff coming in doing your mats and you could go home and kiss your wife and listen to the wireless and fucking have a sausage and get the ride and live a normal life. But you were working for the Nazi war machine. So you can see how these guys at the end of the war, when they were given this flag of peace and they were given this kind of olive branch to go like, look, it, you're really good at maths. You did a lot of stuff. You know loads of stuff. Do you want to come over here? I can see how they mm-hmm. could go. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to Especially me. Especially if they're up in the morning early truck driver. Yeah, busting your ass all day. He's like, oh no, I quite liked what I did there. Science. But wise. even at that, if they were like they were being punished by Hitler for being intellectual, yeah. and then the US offered him a thing of going, sure, come on over here now, and we'll we'll mind you. Mm. We'll, we'll give you. We'll keep you in the in the life you're accustomed to. Yeah, uh, doing your maths and all, right? So uh, there's this uh, there's this guy who worked for the U.S. State Department called Carmel Offey. Mm-hmm. Now this is a weird case. I'm gonna go and make a video later on about this. Like he worked for the U.S. State Department, and later he was a CIA official, and he was one of the progenitors of Operation Get Them Nazis Over Here Before the Russians Get Them. Later called Operation Overcast, and then as we know, Operation Paperclip. He was fired from the CIA during the Lavender Scare in 1950, when people accused of being gay were asked to leave their positions, right? So a gay witch hunt saw uh, uh, real McCarthyism at its height, and people who liked same-sex relations were thought to be untrustworthy, and there were security risks. So this Carmel Offey, who was over a load of these ex-Nazis, because he was gay, Mm. was less trusted than a former Nazi. Like, this is the mentality that's happening, right? So it wasn't because of their latent desire for willies in, near, and around their mouth or bum. It was because they were susceptible to blackmail if anyone found out about their coxcapades. Yeah. That these guys would get caught in a compromising position. Society wouldn't understand. they say, look, I have a picture of you with a, with a, a you know, a salty bulb lolling on your tongue. Uh, you know, you're going to have to give us all of our military secrets. And Carmel Offrey, like, had this... I don't know if, if it's the gayness. Uh, he had this ability to become instantly fast friends with prominent officials' wives. Yeah. You know, like a like a Jack and Karen type situation. <laughs> he just sounds really can't be him, charming yeah. to I me. I mean, his name is Carmel. He sounds so sweet. <laughs> and he helped to establish this, and quote, establish this paradigm for harnessing the services of Nazis, fascists, and collaborators and a variety 
of groups and desperate volunteers from the DP camps and the America's fight against the specter of world communism. So at the time, the ideological enemy was communism, was Bolshevism, which was in line with what the Nazis hated. So he was able to, using his... Uh, uh, you know, secret secret agent uh, uh, accessibility, get in with these Nazi lads, get in with the Nazi lads' wives real deep. Mm. And then like a Camp Rasputin was able to whisper in her ear. Yeah. And then she'd be, and he, he, he used to have this influence over these Nazis in this kind of roundabout way, but got dispelled from the fucking CIA because of, you know, his sexual predilection. Mm. Like that's a, that's a mad story. When you really see, is. When it goes back to that. You're talking about technology and the technology that could have existed or whatever. Yeah. Alan Turing, same, same, same. exact deal. Yeah. Basically invents the computer. Unprecedented genius in yeah. human history. He, he, he theoretically, he figures out the mathematics underlying uh, how you turn information theory, information, which is just thoughts yeah. into something physical that exists in the world and then you can do maths on it that's unbelievable yeah. and what did the British do they, they you know catch him with his trousers down and they chemically castrate him and he kills himself mm-hmm. like that is the the waste of human and, and every time you read about this guy there's more things that he did it's yeah. like he, he broke the Nazi codes in World War 2 yeah. um, you know and and, and then went on to create the computer and when he was dying he was working on he built the first synthesizer there's a there's a recording from like the 40s of a, of a computer playing music that he made and it's like it sounds like an orchestra it's on he was an unprecedented genius and the waste like what computer science would probably be decades ahead yeah the thing is that there's this discontinuity with genius where what does genius mean it means it doesn't mean you're very smart it means you think in a fundamentally different way mm. and you can come up with new ideas which most people can't really do and so so it's like technology can spring off in different directions entirely because of one person's rapid and completely new insight like with Einstein yeah, yeah. and a person like that could change the world in all sorts of ways that are uh, the, the Habermas is it the Habermas process and there's a German scientist Haber I think in um, in the early part of the 20th century you were talking about too many people on the earth but the reason yeah. we can feed all of them is because we nitrogenate the soil and you massively increase crop growth and that guy just one guy figured that out that's yeah. not an inevitable thing that we would have figured out it's one person developed the process and millions of people are alive because of that. So you're saying that a person's like efficacy should be maybe taken into consideration more than their political ideologies? Well, you know, this is, we're going to get to this in the, in the moral section, but like how much, how, how important is it for humanity that somebody who has the capacity to vastly improve the world is put to use rather than say hung? I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a big question. Should, so, they, should they be on TV with Walt Disney? That's a different question. Yeah, that's the thing though. Where do where do you where do you, like is this like uh, you know you keep all the Nazis' heads in jars and just glean their information? <laughs> like what oh, did we could drama. Do you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is is this a thing of like oh we let you live but in poverty but you have to tell us all the stuff? Like they're not going to work with the Americans if they're not treated well mm. and because of their like you but know you could, you could torture the bejesus out of them and get that information but they wouldn't would, would it not be, all would it be as effective it. would it be as effective like and I'm not condoning that I'm just saying yeah. like you know they, they wouldn't they, that's going down to their level then you know? well I, I heard of the talks like when they're when they're doing these uh, uh, Operation Ashcan or Operation Dustbin mm. which is like catch the Nazis bring them to a nice big German castle so yeah. they feel comfortable at home yes. and interrogate the shit out of them for weeks and weeks and weeks yeah. now it ended up being that Werner von Braun was like, okay, I know, I know I'm good. We're going to talk about von Braun now. Like, he's like, I know I've got this shit on lock. You know, I know everything about the rockets and, you know, these guys are not going to fuck around with me because, you know, they, they I, I am the, I am the rocket man. Mm. And like, uh, they treated him real nice. Yeah. Well, this gets, you touched on Operation 
Ashcan, is it? Yeah, and dustbin. Dustbin. Uh, so, so this gets to your torture thing because what mm. they found was torture doesn't work as, yeah. as we should have hopefully all know when, when you torture someone they just say whatever mm-hmm. what they did with those senior Nazis was they gave them the regular interrogation like you'll tell us everything flashing lights all that stuff and then they would during the day when they weren't being interrogated they put them in a nice country manner with other Nazi officers and they all had a bit of a chat and, and listened they, to them talk to each other and they spat all their secrets out into all the hidden microphones that were all and the British did this and the, the Americans did this as well like People but that system was created by one of the Nazis who came over to the other side and said, we found that in a more effective way of getting information is to be real harsh. And then in the data, so Nazis were caught out by Nazis, caught out by Nazis. So it's like, where, where morally, where do you, like, and ethically, like, where do you draw the line when it comes to, like, human manipulation? Like you said, you know, if Alan Turing was, like, a gay Nazi... He would have got chemically castrated or he would have been ostracized from the community similarly as, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Carmel Offi or whatever it was from the CIA. And this is from like a supposedly uh, uh, advanced society, someone who's not very exclusionary. Like it's America in the 50s. I know it's the fucking 50s, mm. but still people can live and love and do whatever. Yeah. And yet this guy loses his job as a CIA because somebody might blackmail him. Like... Plenty of the movie stars in the 50s are the open secret. Absolutely. Gay, you know? But if the fucking guys who are working for the Nazis are brilliant men, but just happen to have been born in Germany and happen to have went to school in, in Germany and then end up growing up in this, uh, uh, you know, national socialist society and have to sign up to the party, does that mean that they're evil men at the core? The guys we're going to talk about now probably were because they did a lot of really shitty things yeah. but in the majority most of the people were like quote unquote just following orders mm-hmm. and that's what they all said at Nuremberg was just following orders like yeah. yeah but you were the leader giving the orders too yeah, yeah. it's like yeah but the orders were coming from above and it's like well do you know on a very basic level, the lads were putting like fucking up the firing mechanism in bullets and yeah. in, in shell casings and stuff like that's small amounts of dissent and the, the, comes, true, the truly evil ones were saying just following orders and but there were people who were just following yeah, orders and they, the these guys took that and used it and yeah it comes down to the, very do gray, the ends like justify the means gray. yeah and the noble lie like the noble lie here is that we're going to tell the American popul- population that these weren't really really Nazi and there weren't yeah. that many of them yeah. they did you know they were really nice guys basically who fought them. all 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 untrue but they waited for they waited for like 15 or like 13 years to tell everybody yeah. and at that point in 1958 we were all, like the Americans were already involved in like the Korean War so they were already at war again and it was like ah oh, fucking war, f- war, f- war 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 yeah five years after 1953 the Korean War mm-hmm. it? yeah so they were just on the cusp of the space race which was just about to begin around then you know? but yeah. th- this is hardly the original sin of America a country founded on literal genocide <laughs> like so like I think things like that do have an impact on, on a on a country will do down the road on on the the violence that individual people have and in their families like what what your history has taught you like okay let's say just to take pick a random example you're you're a um a cow, uh, not a cowboy but you're a sharecropper or whatever in you know 1820 you're in the west and you're 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 killing native americans like the, mm. the likelihood is it's just like going to war which which americans do a lot they come you come back from war you're not fine You've got your PTSD ridden to fuck from the things you've done and seen. Yeah. That's going to impact how you treat your family. Maybe you're going to beat your kids. Maybe you're going to molest them. You know, shit like that has an impact long term. And I think like the things, the kind of violence that you see in American culture today is inextricably linked to the violence historically perpetrated by Americans, the, which is which is unprecedented. So? Even on each other in American Civil yeah. War. When you yeah. hear brother the against Civil brother, you used to think yeah. it was just a phrase. But no, it came down to that actual 
brother against brother, families against family. And you think that's a that's a part of the the, the U.S. fascination with with firearms? Then as, it's like this. Ken, Ken Burns said uh, at the very beginning of his American Civil War book in a documentary: "If you want to understand America, that the America you're living in today, you have to understand uh, yeah. the American Civil War because." And the Puritans were fucking lunatics as well. So it goes, it goes, it goes very deep. Like, but the whole moral yeah. hygiene thing in America, you know, where you had like people in the early twentieth century, like like giving their kids enemas. Like, not a few people, millions of people. Mm. It was like commonly done circumcision, which is still done in America today, despite having no medical benefits. Like weird sexual violence things that are attached to trauma. I think there's a lot of that, and I think it, you, you can't, you can't, you can't say it has no impact. I'm not saying it's responsible for like mass gun sprees or something simple, yeah. but it's it's not that linear, but it's definitely a part of the reason why America is such a violent culture. A, a, a general like bubbling of, of tra- like a trauma, a trauma, trauma right. based control probably. Or, yeah. 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 It seems it since seems inception, it's, they always yeah. say that that country was, this country was built on, uh, you know, violent takeovers. But what this, about this, Germany? Then? So Germany has this whole post-war guilt and is still living this, like, oh, don't mention the war. And you see people like uh, in interviews that are millennial Germans now and they go like, do you still have uh, like overlapping regrets or is there some kind of, uh, you know, psychological through thought? Uh, about wartime Germany and you're like yeah we're gonna have to live with that forever like that's we're from Germany that's only mm. since the 60s like Germany Germany had like a big period of reconciling itself with a generation realising my parents stood by and let the holocaust happen yeah. like you have in Ireland we have had no that's never happened like, not yet and there's all this like fucked up shit so yeah. we we're, we have we're basically um, the British Army's uh, like red light district for 200 years mm. and then so weirdly totally unconnected you get all this unbelievable amounts of child abuse that's not unconnected of course it's not yeah it's 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 transmitted trauma and now it's like we, we can't talk about it everything's fine exactly like america in the 50s like lovely shiny denial. we're doing well yeah, yeah exactly and it's but it'll come out again it'll come out again you know and yeah I, I think it comes out in stuff like direct provision you know and it's stuff like it's like it's 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 like when you're when you're on a date and you want to see how the person really is and they're putting on a front and everything's cool you see how they talk to this to the server oh yeah that is uh, and it's th- that's like a that's like a snapshot of how they really are personality wise they're like yeah so you know i have puppies he's a rescue uh you know i like uh i, I don't eat gluten uh yeah can i get hello yeah. we're waiting Jesus, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wear Birkenstocks, and uh, you know this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, well, they don't even say. You know, their their expression changes when the waitress comes over. Yeah. I only uh, date people who know how to talk to the help. You know, you really <laughs> you gotta make sure that they know how to speak to a submissive. <laughs> I mean, a submissive. And then you're sitting there going, "Oh no, no, this is a no from me." Yeah. I'm afraid it was, it was I have to go through the rest of it. Because yeah. I'm in my castle. There just are so many servants that yeah. someone who's rude to a servant is just going to create problems. Yeah. Yes, it's going to cause dissent. Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> amongst the ranks. So uh, let's get let's get deep. Then let's dive into Operation Overcast, aka Operation Paperclip, uh, and the personalities that were behind it. I mean, uh, some of the ones you've heard. I know you know the names. They're just in the ether. They're out there in the ether. And uh, one of the main ones, and we've mentioned his name a few times now, was Werner von Braun. So von Braun was arguably like the most valuable asset to be gained from Operation Paperclip, uh, as his development of rocket technology let the US. Uh, 
like beat the Russians in the space race. Yay! Uh, if they landed on the moon, indeed at all. Uh, Emmett, and <laughs> Emmett and Paul were on the uh, the Apollo Eleven moon landing episode, we and I think where did we come down on the fence that they actually went to space? Was it? They did actually go there. I think but, so. But, but you you were saying just not on the day they said they were <laughs> because it was so close. Because Kennedy yeah. was like before the end of the decade, and it was yeah. now uh, July nineteen sixty nine, and they were like, crap, we gotta yeah. do this. Hurry up! Yeah. See, yeah. when you uh, think yeah. they faked it and then really went, <laughs> yeah. That's that seems like the most complicated of all possible scenarios. <laughs> well, the fake that the first time, and then they they probably went like into the seventies. Yeah, yeah, that was that's that's just they had to be. That's where we come down on that one, yeah. all right? Yeah, uh, but Von Braun is pretty much like the father of the U.S. space program, and he's one of the founders of NASA. Unofficially, of course, uh, he suggested that we have this national aerospace program in 1954, and he was told, "Shut, shut up, you, you Nazi." And then they officially made one in 1958, and then he was invited in afterwards, and of course. Uh, rose through the ranks very quickly and, and, you know, told everybody what to do, as Nazis are wont to do, as they say. Uh, he was championed by the General Walter Dornberger in Germany, and von Braun received a, a research grant uh, very young in the early 30s uh, to work with Dornberger on his solid fuel rocket test site in Kummersdorf. And uh, they they were the first guys to, to to break all these rocket records and shot them like the first one went two point five kilometers in the air, the next one went three point five. They were the first ones to break out of the atmosphere. That's right. Like uh, these guys were, you know, effective. Mm-hmm. They got they got it done. Yeah. Um. And this is before obviously all of the the serious Nazi stuff started happening. In nineteen thirty seven, after some cajoling. Uh, von Braun eventually joined the Nazi party uh, but there's other conflicting stories that say that uh, he joined much earlier there's an, a, an SS horse riding school uh, certificate of him signing up to the to the SS uh, the Schulzstaffe in uh, 1933 I joined for the horseback ride yeah <laughs> yeah I like the horses it's the thing about Hitler <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in May, in May 1940 he became an SS officer officially uh, and he was that until the end of the war and then Operation Paperclip, they they got him out like some kind of Brad Pitt movie. Like it was very um, dramatic, and I'm waiting for that Werner von Braun biopic because why haven't they gone? There's there? going to be some some lies told and some heroes Is there made. One coming? There sh- fucking should be. Yeah. Definitely. Why hasn't there been one already? Because it's not long it? enough yet. It's not yeah, long enough yeah, yet. There's still okay. people that know. Him. Like in the disclosure right. project episode, which was our last episode at the end of uh, October. That was uh, we talked about Werner von Braun and we talked about Carol Rosen who worked under him and. Like he was part, like he's a big part of this um, alien disclosure, this UFO disclosure, and we've heard, we've since seen Tom DeLong like going on Joe Rogan and making this whole uh, like University of the Galaxy of the Stars. Like hopefully I'll end up getting to talk to Tom here at, at some or, point. Or like fingers Ed, crossed. Edgar Mitchell writing that email to Hillary's campaign manager saying, uh, "Listen, uh, full disclosure, we got to we got to do this. You know, when Something's are we going to do happen? it? Yeah, yeah. When are we going to do it? Oh, and by the way, uh, how much does Vatican know? That was the last uh, email <laughs> yeah. he sent." <laughs> Uh, it's a bit, bit aliens. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they can't get into the they can't get into Ag- the archives. Ag- Ag- Edgar Mitchell like, being the Vatican last man on the moon. This is yeah. one of the this is one of the Podesta emails that got leaked. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> was it was an email from one of the last men on the moon to Hillary from, Clinton, from ex astronaut Edgar uh, Mitchell. How much did the Vatican know? Wow. Yeah. But should the Vatican have all and of zero these? point energy? And yeah. Says Nazis on the moon. <laughs> well, the, the, the lads have the lads have stuff here from uh, the Vatican, like the Vatican records on all Nazi activity and uh, anything from 1939 on hmm. is unavailable. Like well, they won't let it out. There's a there's a big reason. For that. Well, we talk about that in a little <laughs> while, but also like it's 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 these secrets that are being kept by and von Braun was like privy to a lot of that stuff. And towards the end of his life and into the late 60s and early 70s, he kind of like 
you know chilled out a little bit like shook it all off and started talking and started started telling people what was what and he started going look at first of all they're going to manufacture these enemies man first it was the nazis then it's the communists then it's going to be the terrorists then it's going to be disgruntled countries causing you know small explosions and you know small distant activity then it's going to be a giant asteroid that's going to come and hit the planet and we're going to have to have outer space weapons to deal with that and then there's going to be the aliens and that's when the shit gets real because you know humanity is going to unite under one world government and the aliens are not going to be really attacking because they don't want to but there will be a situation where you'll be forced to either fight with or against a, a, a united one world army and von Braun is like it's a long-term nazi plan speak for yourself i'm going to be living in the hollow earth <laughs> so where the 80s mini tv miniseries v came from yeah it's v from v2 the rockets but, but yeah exactly and it's a it's an operation blue beam which is a, like a holographic projection from remember from being the, the, the ships coming down yeah like that stuff is all going to be like that's what i'm saying about this like deeply buried cultural media brainwashing like slowly drip feeding these types of images to you like handmaid's tale and like 1984 and like all this stuff like they're putting that stuff in your head like 1984 has never felt more real than in 2017, mm-hmm. right? And everyone has drawn those conclusions. It was number one on the Amazon bestseller list for January, February, March, and April this year because of Donald Trump. And they were going, "This is it now. This is this is Ingsoc. Like we're we're it's happening. They're watching us." Facebook just came out and said, "Yeah, look at we had loads to do with the Brexit and with the, the presidential election. They also were batting away scandals a few weeks ago of like, yeah, we have we're listening to your phone at all times. Google the same. All of this stuff, censorship. Like it's 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 the memory hole. All that 1984 stuff is happening. These things, Werner von Braun said, are all planned." These are all planned things. We're going to get into culture. We're going to tell people how to think and feel. We're going to, you know, uh, shape it as it's as it's going along and kind of bat it this way and bat it that way. Uh, and, like a, like a doing pottery. Huh? Yeah, like making. <laughs> except it's not Patrick Swayze sitting behind you. It's a Nazi it's with a giant Bush horn. Yeah. Um, I thought we were going to make a pot or something. Why, <laughs> why is this thing shaped like a cock? Like it, it, it's the thing of like, uh, you know. Is it being is it being made that way? Is it being constructed to look like that? Like if it walks like a duck and it sounds like a duck. No. <laughs> it just it just seems I, it just I, seems I, so I, I coincidental. Just say, just say no, but uh, yeah. I'd say uh, maybe not. But it's fun to creep yourself out thinking about it, yeah. isn't it? Though? Yeah, it's about. a big. It's like it could be a like the biggest conspiracy of all we, that that Werner so, von Braun in the 70s is going this is what's going to happen so, and then so, all that stuff it's is so happening. terrifying that it makes you go well, what's the fucking point then really yeah. you know what I mean uh, genuinely like. well I think we, we all we all like to have a, a simple theory underlying how the world works it could be Jesus maybe it's Marxism maybe yeah. it's capitalism whatever it is here is my guide principle I can apply to everything and that explains everything the chance that that one cabal of people is continually uh, so influential over generations it's just it's not how human beings operate families operate like that to an extent like the medicis in florence whatever the world is a lot more complicated now there's a lot of competing interests sure ideologies persist but yeah is 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 it all part of a plan well it's not it's not going very well if it is you know the world is falling to hell in the handbasket and what would be but maybe it needs to before it's solidified that's yeah. the whole point isn't I mean, it? it's problem reaction solution like we were going towards a hard new world order mm-hmm. and then in the 90s and early 2000s people got a bit of money it's like okay this is going well there was a crash and 
culturally mm-hmm. there was a shift in thinking people didn't do what they were supposed to be doing i don't think anybody anticipated donald trump actually winning the presidential election and that's been a massive disruption to whatever like globalist plans were happening well, brexit hang, as hang well on, like, people are people are moving against this globalist new world order agenda because i'm old school conspiracy theory yeah we're talking about 1999 2000 2001 9-11 was the Reichstag fire of, of my generation but, to force the war in Iraq to get oil so that American can become a superpower and blah 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 and all the petrochemical dollar and take over the whole world and then you have like George Bush Sr. going new world order yeah. like that kind of stuff it was right. trundling but, but heavily phrase, trundling towards world one world government doesn't and the, and the idea of one world government isn't necessarily a bad thing there's this glom in the right wing which is primarily nationalist yeah. ethnocentric deeply fucking racist which is terrified of oh global water a, a beautiful utopia would be the whole world working together not under some kind of dictatorship but in a federated way and it, that would have been a healthy future the world yeah. that we're living in now is a hell of a lot worse which yeah. would be potentially gliding towards World War Three. When, when you had the collapse of communism what was the world going to be was it all going to be war- like countries competing obviously that's going to ultimately result in war the idea of moving towards some kind of a federated like through the UN or whatever that's not a conspiracy it's not evil wicked it's it's a positive vision of a future where we're not all it fighting it is absolutely yeah. I mean, Ideal, idealistically yeah sure. it's beautiful but it's we Gene are, Roddenberry it's we, but we the European a, the European Union is a a working example of something similar that's creeping out, creeping out, and taking in more countries. You know what? And, and the European Union massively corrupt. Is the mm. it, it, sure the European Commission is with Germany at Germany at its center. The European that's, Commission is incredibly undemocratic. The European Union, as a place to live, is the best place to live in the entire world probably, for most of its citizens. Probably, yeah. So, like, as a like, we don't, you know, the writer like, oh, there's places you can't go in France because of Sharia. The European, it's all bollocks. Like, Europe is a wonderful place to live. It's a hell of a lot better than America, and I love America, but I wouldn't want to live there. Mm. You know, maybe maybe New York, maybe California, but you're going to live the rest of America, where your your someone in your family is probably part of the opioid epidemic. You might get shot in the mall by a spree killer, or be one of the many many victims of just random gun violence. Maybe someone breaks into your house and sh- like I, this is I, not I, the place we that, we live in a utopia I, versus I, I, that. I think that's I think that's a very generalized view of it America. Is. I'm, and I'm pointing out the worst aspects, but my point my point but, is, but you dismiss the worst aspects of of Europe by going people can't walk the streets in Sweden or France or in some but towns in Britain true. because of Sharia law. But that's all similarly fiction. similarly untrue is that like everybody has you know an opioid addiction no, or you're going to get shot everybody in the has mall. an opioid addiction America has and is dealing with a massive massive drug epidemic that so is, is Ireland it's not on the same universe whatsoever right. you've got towns in America which are completely decimated where 70-80% of the population are using heroin that's not true anywhere in Europe like th- this weird demonization of Europe is crazy Europe mm. is a really good example of what happens where countries work together mm. and you know what's the alternative the alternative is countries fighting until one country starts invading and that's a completely like that's what happens in World War Two, where you get a conglomeration of countries under a single country in a force way. That's the only possible alternative to a federalist democratic institution. So that's, is that what we want? That's literally World War Three. That's not a solution. So it's kind of like what happened in Ukraine in the Orange Revolution a few years ago then. Is that not like Europe versus the Russian Federation? Like that's kind of that could have escalated oh yeah that could be the beginning of something truly or when Russia rolled tanks into Georgia Mm -hmm. and went all this stuff is ours now fuck off all all that got contained before it absolutely exploded it had the potential even the Balkans Balkans today is simmering the only thing stopping Russia rolling into every one of its former territories which are now democratic countries conventions made because of World War 2 is the European Union 
mm. and its political and military influence. So what about what's happening in South America where they have black operations with influence over governmental control and they're going into places like Venezuela, they're going into places like Guyana and Paraguay and f- like disrupting the political process and causing the people harm. But it's done under just it's done under the rules like they're coming in just under the radar of breaking the rules mm-hmm. of engagement or breaking the rules you're of talking about the, the United States the WTO or who uh, you're about? the United States and the business that. interests based in yeah. Europe as well like it's all a petro and the Middle Eastern uh, uh, yeah. oil interests I'm not, and stuff I'm like not that they've been, the, they've the been doing it for decades but illegally yeah. Yeah. yeah and this time they're doing it like just just you know yeah, yeah so when Germany when Germany legality. rolled into Czechoslovakia when Germany rolled into Poland everyone went no you're breaking the rules yeah. but when America did it to every single country in South America they just did it in the right way because they're the ones who totally, own the UN totally, and they make totally the rules agree. and yeah. they, they keep under their yeah, own America rules America suppressed what did they suppress in the 1970s they suppressed through causing violent revolutions they suppressed democratic socialism which is what we have in Europe they suppressed yeah. that from emerging in Latin and South America they caused revolutions they they, they, they supported dictators and they, they with the Vatican's because backing they, because they were undermentioned in mm. South America they well, weren't because, it, because <laughs> democracy Still. and socialism threaten corporatism and fascism mm. and like America is a lot more similar as I keep saying and you were saying as well yeah. in some ways but I'm not saying it, it, America's a, a Nazi but it, it is led and controlled by a small amount of very wealthy men and that is not how say Europe works who Europe, exert a lot of power right right there are still democratic institutions in Europe so you're saying that Germany's veto over anything that uh, the European Union does because of its like similarly compartmentalized organizational structure where if Germany don't vote for it it doesn't happen because they've got the majority vote kind of seems like Germany's running Europe but they just didn't trundle in with tanks into Poland and dig trenches in France that's the old joke they say uh, you know that Germany's running Europe now there was really no point for uh, World War 1 and and 2 three years ago they got their goal three years ago (laughs) they do the old psychological trick which is like they put the face of the dictator on the money so Germany now has the, the, the printing of all the money for the whole of Europe and they changed all the fivers and inside of all the notes are like, you know, made in Germany. This is printed in Germany. This is all this stuff. So they, they, they recreated the euro, changed well, all well, the money what, for everybody. What exactly is your point? Germany and France. I'm saying that the European Union is a, is a project that's not succeeding as part of like the locus of attention towards a, new, a global world government. You're saying a global government where everyone cooperates and like the poorer countries are propped up by the richer countries and stuff like that that's a utopian society yet it's happening on a smaller scale like a, a fairly localized scale in europe where there's a conglomeration yeah, of countries really successfully as, as it did in the ussr at the time no nothing when no, people no, were that's not the same because it's not democratic. centralized control it's though. not even yeah everything is centralized control there's so, always a government of some kind so how is it democratic when germany being the centrally controlling power has a veto over all the other countries combined when well, they, they want they, to do something d- germany and france have historically because of their size and economic prosperity had massive influence throughout Europe just like Russia did right. have massive influence over all Eastern the stands sure, all the, sure, all the sure. Baltic states and here's the difference when you when when you have democracy and you have the rule of law and you have strong institutions like the European Court of Human Rights uh, the European Parliament that is completely different to an actual dictator invading countries because an actual dictator invading countries now wouldn't be accepted because of the proliferation of independent media that people would turn against that person and say no 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 so what they have to do is make those 
those people want Why it, do you think you have independent media? Because you have strong and, national yeah, institutions that protect division. the freedom of, the, of that media. Yeah, but the freedom you don't of have that, that in Russia. The freedom of that media now in the Western, like, civilized society is totally being subjugated by the likes of Google and YouTube and the, the fake news and all of these news outlets that are censoring any type of uh, anti-social democratic movement. Like, if you're talking anything right-wing now, you're chopped off the internet. You so are taking off, you're taking a from Twitter. Off. So it's a, sim- it's a similar situation that's happening where a, a, a centralised autocratic uh, authority is taken over and using their majority power to uh, here, bulldoze their yeah, ideologies. Here's, here's the difference. You cannot be tolerant of intolerance because it doesn't tolerate you back. Yeah. So, so you're right. There is a, a de facto censorship of things that are not in support of social democracy, particularly things that are in support of fascism or, or other forms of totalitarianism, because, of course, a social democracy is going to try to stop. Just like in Germany, you can't have any Nazi symbols. You can't have any, uh, you can't have a, a neo-Nazi party. Not, you know, there's also the limitations on the political kinds of parties. It's illegal to salute. It's illegal. So more than that, the government can delegitimate a political party and have done it multiple times. And the, yet the right wing... That the right wing party has now taken over historically now for the first time in years taken a good chunk of the the, the vote yeah. the vote the political Absol- landscape absolutely mm-hmm. but for for sixty years they have prevented the rise of Nazism and if it rises now it's despite the institutions that are fighting against not because of them yeah you know, the they're, only reason that we didn't have another war in Europe is the European Union and you know NATO and the the the, the yeah, lines because, that the because Americans have to draw there. It was controlled authoritarianism because they're going, we're not going to get this by force the next time. We're going to have to, you know, you catch more flies with honey than it's you do with vinegar. It's the rule of civil authority. It's not authoritarian. It's the exact opposite of authoritarianism. Mm, it's the rise of Nazism. That's, that's a very real threat because they say it a lot in a lot of European countries. Yeah. Look at Marine Le Pen and all that. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, whether you call it But is it Nazism? I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's mislabeled. Uh, um, uh, Marie, Marie it's Le Pen, right-wing ideology. Marie yeah. Le Pen, her father was an avowed actual Nazi and a member yeah. of neo-Nazi yeah. organizations. She has argued for the deportation of millions of people. It doesn't matter whether you use the term Nazism or not. It's effectively the the same people when you're talking about no gen- i get i do you get know, you yeah. deportation she booted her dad out of the party didn't she or something like that she 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 d- disavowed him it's, it's, sure she disavowed yeah, 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 yeah. Nas- and it went for advice and money off him during her <laughs> recent, most recent campaign but I, I, the same with nigel farage and all it's militant na- nationalism it's like you know, it, Mil- 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 england for the english mm. and everybody else get the fuck out and if you're not going to come over here and speak our language and be in our culture get the fuck out of here yeah but an equal and opposite reaction to uh, open door multiculturalism that people are getting on about uh, Angela Merkel like having an open door policy for Germany and just letting anybody in and then some crazy shit happens Mm. like there are both sides to this thing and like as a conspiracy theorist and where this whole debacle which I hope ladies and gentlemen you're really enjoying at home (laughs) Uh, this is Gareth Stack by the way at Gareth Stack on Twitter if you want to like holler at your boy Mm -hmm. um like as a conspiracy theorist and and Emmett like we've talked even in the last two years since you've been on the show Mm. it was always us against them it was always conspiracy theorists everyone pointing in the same direction looking at the same thing going new world order is a bad thing because dot 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 this is a bad thing because dot 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 9-11 is a bad thing because dot 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 neoliberalism and you know the 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 evil oligarchical one percent you know americans trying to take over the world and blah 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 it's all you know dot 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 now just talk about like israel saudi arabia Mm -hmm. russia's coming back at this thing germany's doing some shit european union has has some weird cancer inside of it that's making it not what it used to be and 
you know, like a good idea going wrong. Yeah, absolutely. everything has changed, and the European Union is not what it used to be. And there's a lot of like cognitive dissonance around the information around it. We will do shows in the future that's going to show that kind of stuff. But this, these attacks are coming at a cultural level. It's not military. It's not a military occupation of a country now. This is like a, a like a cultural infestation on both sides America has infested Irish culture an occupation of the mind yes absolutely America has infested Irish culture the way England has infested Irish culture and there was movements like when we were trying to get away from England there was huge movements where Ireland was trying to find its own culture and it was almost like underground like lads learning Irish in a hedge mm. Do you know, and if you were caught by the English, you were brought out and shot for speaking your own language. Well, right? you know, you know, you sound right now like the exact kind of uh, social justice warrior that you would condemn. Like the only reason that Ireland is still not a priest-governed hell is the influence of American culture. What's the big difference between my generation and the generation before your generation as well? Because we're of a, of a similar age. It's the fact that we had American TV. Yeah. That's the big difference. That's why you had gay marriage a couple of years ago in Ireland where 15 years before it was illegal to be gay, where yeah. condoms couldn't be openly sold. It's yeah. American culture. I'm, I think one of these people who's like, America is only evil. It's only imperial. It's bullshit. It's complicated. American culture by and large has been a positive thing because the myth of America is a positive thing. I'm saying that it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. But like you, but you, what you I'm were saying, saying is American culture has infested Ireland. It's saved Ireland. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like a, an infestation maybe ha- has a bad connotation. It of does the have words, a bad like connotation. Infest- maybe it was lost since the translation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, it's it's been it's been like it's hugely influential, hugely, massively influential in mm-hmm. our culture. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the bad stuff comes with that. So the narcissism and the mm-hmm. low self esteem yeah. and all of these social media things that are like destroying youth's mentality. Uh, uh, you know, infinite porn at the at your fingertips and all the kids are all fucking addicted to porn and computer games they can't even talk to each other like all of that stuff is it's global culture but it is like being pushed from American side yeah. uh, you know Kardashians and you oh. know vacuous TV and all of these things that's all Americana mm-hmm. it just, that's it, being pushed on us and Ireland if we were left to our own devices wouldn't have any of that so it is good in one way because it's like, oh yeah, this is the knife that cuts the bonds of autocratic Catholic mentality rule. But also, like, when I was running away, I fell and a knife stabbed me in the chest. And I'm like, oh, it was a good knife for a minute and then it fucking hurts now. That's exactly it. Like, there's always you know, a, the flip side of all of this. That's uh, this whole social media across the, 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 the globe. The, the guy who co-founded Twitter came out and said... You know what? I really started it. I thought it was going to be a good thing for a good thing for humanity, yeah. and it's all—it's gone horribly wrong. And he apologized. He said, "I'm really sorry for Twitter because now that the horse is out of the barn, like the Frankenstein's monster is yeah. rampaging around the place, and there's no stopping it. And, and, and now you have twice be. as much room to make so a mistake. As with all technology that humans create, just the, the the light side and the good side. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, Twitter's and a really interesting example because blogs were the same thing but at enough length that people could say who took time and they could argue but it was like a coherent argument completely now you say something on Twitter maybe somebody hears this show they don't like something I say so they fire something insulting at me or maybe you know I, I tweeted something last week and somebody some random person I'd never met hopped on me and and they said things back and I was you know discussing relatively polite with them but every time they said something 30 people that were friends with them would like it yeah, and their course. arguments weren't good but it didn't matter didn't matter no one won in the end it was just a, a popularity contest yeah. or some sort of like virtue signaling quote exactly. unquote ganging up on you in the, in the little echo chamber no, and all nobody, that. nobody wins in war no well Twitter it's, it's Twitter terrifying. is a, the, the breaking up of 
human thought into into little globs that are have n- don't do anything useful yeah and 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 really make thinking in larger and arguing in larger you know we're all afraid of the clip you know the little yeah. two seconds out of context that they hang you with like sure, George, George Takai 400 hours here in this show right. yeah yeah but like, look, at, look at George Takai yeah. so he's on Howard Stern making you know, a joke 15 years ago. he makes a joke about you know I turn men gay or whatever I mean did George, does George Takai I, other things have come out I don't know whatever how much mm. of it's true whatever but point being that that thing alone saying that like that's got nothing to do with everything else he represents and says. But Twitter is that magnified by a million. But it's not everything just Twitter. You, you could just put it in a gift, put it on repeat. The entire mainstream it. media can take that and through the function of cognitive dissonance for the people that want to believe or the people that don't, they can put it out there now as a salacious headline mm. that George Takai, blah, 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 done whatever. Mm-hmm. And anybody that reads that who doesn't know anything about him beforehand or anything about him since will look at that and go, oh, that's the guy who does that thing. But Similarly, Kevin Spacey. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we all try to... like that, but there's a hell of a lot of people who do, who just see that and yeah. go, oh, really? And that's but yeah, same as, a, alleged, Allegedly, Kevin Spacey done something to a 14-year-old. He comes out as gay and then everyone's going like, yeah. yeah, well, he's gay now. And that was the headline instead of the 14-year-old. Like, those kind of operations seem very much like Nazi propaganda mechanisms well i guess my point and this be, is the thing or i'm saying yeah there's nazis that are you know and, and pulling my, the strings and operating the puppet from the inside and i would Could say it be still you Could don't need be? a puppet master for that you know mm. all you need is a profit motive you know why do the sun well, they don't do it now but up until very recently page three has a nudie girl yeah there's no nazi behind that it's not a plan to sexualize women but it sells papers but, but now to, to curry public favor they've taken that out they have but, they but, have but because it, otherwise they have about, to shut down their paper right. from shame I, because the new normal now is the but that's just culture shifting all i'm saying yeah. is that well, Playboy they, they'll the always same. they'll always run the most controversial shit about anybody at any point in, in yeah. time in history and that phrase mainstream media is kind of it's kind of stupid because it implies that there's another better media somewhere like it's kind of hidden in the phrase that, is it, that is it profit focused though is it not power focused power focused well yeah every every piece of media that i can think of is produced in order to make money mm. and survives because it makes money and if it doesn't make money it's superseded by something else that does make money unless it's so you're saying the media. content of any piece of information is less important than the money and anybody that uses the content as the value is doing it for a different reason the media, because the, the Macedonian the kids, the Macedonian kids who put those Facebook posts up of uh, uh, fake news articles on their websites to get clicks, they were doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. But the American news media were doing it for a different reason. Well, the guy, the CNN, was CNN. They were proliferating those stories on the news media yeah. as if they were true from this website. Well, that was because just Fox News were proliferating those uh, stories. Loads of people were doing it. CNN and all CNN. that stuff. Everybody was doing CNN. it. He came out and said, CNN, the, the, the race between uh, Hillary and Trump, he said, this is, this is the best thing that's ever happened to CNN. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since yeah. it's inception. But that's, the that's not the same as making. a Macedonian fake news. They were just yeah. giving Trump loads of coverage, which helps him win. That's a that's a that's that's an important distinction. Mm. Like, Fox News is the only channel in the United States that publishes things that they actively know not to be true. The, the, that doesn't happen that's on not CNN. True. That's not true. Well, like, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're a partisan. No, that's but, not but, true. But... I'm saying the whole the point of what we're saying we're not arguing about like efficacy of news reporting mm-hmm. we're talking about why those things are used and what the motives are you're claiming that it's neoliberalist like pr- like profit scraping that anything anybody does is for money I don't think that's so no I, I agree with you it's not that simple but all I'm just saying is to back to the mainstream media thing I think it's kind of a stupid phrase because it sort of implies that there's a more true media 
and like that media is as likely to be Infowars or Prison Planet or whatever and not to pick on on that particular lunatic but yeah. it, you know it's at least with quote unquote mainstream media you have people who are trained with, in journalistic ethics and maybe most of them don't uphold it in fact I think most people who call themselves journalists are despicable but that's that you know there is a bar there yeah. is some level of bar there's no bar for some rando on the internet and that's much more dangerous yeah. but I'm and saying and it's getting more and more prevalent right it's, right. it's everywhere but where where do those people get their ideas to, to then repeat the rhetoric because there's some things that I say I know I'll hold up my hands they are like a rhetoric that I've heard from somebody who I respect as an analyst and then I go and look into it and I go that's a cool thing I like that concept and I will repeat that concept or I will even at least have a conversation like we're having now I mean I'm not right you're not right yeah. this is a dialectic like we're a, or you just you, you get an opinion from someone you absolutely, absolutely trust and go you know yeah. what okay I'll, I'll run with that because and this you said it I trust you I like this yeah. Scarlet can fucking argue he has some shit to say <laughs> absolutely, and it's, you know valuable shit like yeah, yeah. right and most of the time, like I, I, I'd hate to be at, like at, at Elvis, you know, if I'm those conspiracy guys takes off and I'm full of money and all, and just loads of sick of fans like licking me whole. And you can understand how Alex Jones can get to the place where he's in, where he's screaming and shouting, and everyone's going, "Yep, you're right, Alex, you're dead right." The, yeah, the, the echo chamber. Get paid on Friday. Like this is the thing, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying I want to be Alex Jones, but like, fucking, you know, I, I don't mind being wrong if I'm wrong. But the whole thing I'm saying is that these guys like Werner Von Braun mm-hmm. were accepted no matter what they had done and now they're being held up as heroes mm-hmm. they had this thing where in the late se- uh, early to mid 70s before he died died in 77 Werner Von Braun said yeah this is what we've been doing the whole time watch out for it and now it's shown itself to be true now the machinations and, and the exact intricacies of how that's done we could argue about Europe and about Russian about Putin's fucking uh, you know morals and about his his like potential uh, uh, for for trying to take down the American dream. Are, are, are Russia and America not working together in one like kind of f- like funny weird buddy cop comedy to take <laughs> over the whole world? Like what's what, like and and they're all against Europe. Is that not kind of what what it feels like that both were flanked on both sides by? Oh God, yes, it, that's it, what it feels, feels like exactly, to me. Yeah. That, that that Europe are going like let everybody be okay. Don't mind looking at them rapes come on and then Russia are going like get out of here you're not from here and America are going yeah you get out of here you're not from here and playing it off like it's a cold war like all of this stuff was predicted by Von Braun and said this is the way it's going to no, happen I haven't, I haven't read Von von Braun's prediction yeah. but there, you know we, we, we the, fl- fear, the fear that people have Gary I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's happening but the fear that people have of uh, uh, these these non-nationals mm-hmm. coming in being like swarming I, I I use a word that that, uh, uh, that Putin used infesting, with the proper connotation infesting European countries, with uh, non multicultural aspirations. They want to stay disparate. They want to keep their own culture. In fact, they want to imprint their culture on European countries. So the rhetoric goes. This, yes. this is exactly the right? rhetoric that the Nazis so the rest, used. So the rhetoric goes. This is happening in the news media now on the one side on the other side it's just as bad because it's complete fucking blind just that they're covering their eyes to go on there's absolutely no problem let everybody let in. Them in let them multiculturalism in. is happening when it's not proper in it, proper uh, integration is not really happening but because of social convention I, I, because I, of social I convention love, they're letting yeah. it happen mm-hmm. and Werner von Braun 
in the seventies predicted that would happen because he said this is going to cause yeah. a a social sh- shift and a social uh, problem that everyone's going to have to come together and fix, and in doing that, will end up giving up their freedoms for a security. I just I need to I need to stop you there because you're saying something that's not true and is very dangerous. There, first of all, there's no one in the mainstream left wing media who's saying that we should have unlimited Im- immigration into any country, unlimited acceptance of refugees. That's not a narrative. So the the, the narrative on on the right is these are dangerous brown people who rape women that's fucking racist as hell and dangerous as hell Mm. and the narrative on the left is we should accept some people who are refugees actual refugees people who will be killed or or otherwise harmed because of their political beliefs or their ethnic um, status in their own countries we should accept those people and integrate them and there's different discussions about how effective that is or how you do it and blah 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 blah. and in Germany it's a particularly interesting case because they did the Holocaust and Merkel has specifically said this is our reparation for the Holocaust. Those are not equivalent, okay? It might be ineffective, the current integration, but one is a humanitarian thing, the other is bigoted poison. And to repeat phrases like infestation is really fucking dangerous and irresponsible. Yeah. I, I'm, it's I'm really saying, dangerous. I'm saying that there are things that you're leaving out of that argument, like facts that are true, what, what, that what, are discounted. What, what argument? What are you talking like about? Like 38-year-old men declaring themselves as 16-year-old boys so they can get into the country without, uh, without any checks. Yeah, there's, there's a thing like called that. cherry cherry picking and yes, that's and a Breitbart yeah, talking point that you're repeating there and that's you know what the conservative talk radio was constructed as a weapon against intellectualization intellectuals sorry and the progressive left in general it's not a, a think tanks are not mm. uh, equivalent to actual colleges and Breitbart was invented as a weapon it's not a form of media right. it is pure propaganda so sure maybe there was and rumor. rampant socialist rhetoric is not just as bad on the other side which is that's it's what I'm saying just as bad I hate social justice okay, warriors as much I'm as saying. you do but the, 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 the idea that it's a good thing to take in refugees is not as bad as the idea that they are dangerous rapist it's not the same one is prejudiced okay, to have an open doors be... policy with no checks of countries full of people who were kind of like publicly saying like we don't like you but we're going to go to there anyway it's it's not a great idea if you're when, just going to open doors the floodgates let's look at what like why why are why is the middle east in chaos right now you know it's in chaos for two like it's a, it's a long history because of, because of, of imperialism and neoliberalism you're right but the point that i'm making and we're not going to get into this because it's not the show no right yeah. The point that I'm making is this argument even yeah. was predicted to happen. The global political landscape that we are now experiencing and discussing on this show. What did he say? What was did he predicted say? What did he say? In the 70s by Werner von Braun. Because it, he said first to... it was the Nazis, then it was the communists, then it was the terrorists. Mm-hmm. So we've had that since the mid 80s, all the way through the 90s, the 9-11 and, and Afghanistan and then into Iraq again for the second time then it will be militant activists from displaced nations then it will be an asteroid for which they'll need to weaponize space and then it'll be aliens through you know Operation Blue Beam where they'll put like a holographic fucking spaceship in the sky and go okay everybody there's an outside threat that is you know uh, immeasurable we're all going to have to give up our freedoms and have like total like you know military rule over the whole planet and we'll all you know point in the same direction and unify and it'll just be another Reichstag fire to make people give up liberties like the Patriot Act the Patriot Act 2 like all of these all of these different like Patriot Act harder all of these different types of um, liberties that people have had to give up for safety and it's just it's tipping away and tipping away so i i would proffer from all of the argument that we've done and you know that's a whole other fucking show that we could go on with all of that stuff 
because it's so polarizing and because it's so binary when you come to talking about that stuff like you're saying using words like infestation is dangerous those words are very specifically picked like there's dudes that are paid to go what's the word that would incense people that much infest like the connotations of that word when you're talking about like you know people coming off of these uh, uh, boats mm-hmm. that come from from Turkey over to Greece and you're looking at them and it's like and they're all covered in shit like after crawling through a dirty beach and then and then over the top of that it's like infestation you're looking at that like it's audiovisual uh, uh, synergy there you're going like fuck this is ooh, what are what are they going to do like all of these things I think are very purposefully made. See, I, that's yeah. where the I disagree with you. The media is absolutely targeting I mean, yes. that on both sides. The fear in both sides. One side is, oh, you can't say that because it's going to be a genocide. And, and the, the other, other side, side is, is like, the kid face brown down. cunts are fucking... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, but that's like, it comes down to othering. Like, human beings have always... It's really easy to divide right yeah. now. Like, you have an argument with someone over a small thing and suddenly you become polarised. And if you do that with enough people then you dehumanise so what These does are it sound like human... what does it sound like you're saying you're afraid it's going to be Nazis, Nazis again pogroms in Europe against the Jews yeah. have gone on for hundreds of years it's not the Nazis didn't invent anti-Semitism every authoritarian regime without any exceptions picks a minority and blames them for the, co- the problems of the country the Nazis anti-Semitism was just very effective is, is it divide and conquer and then rule yes um, but it's divide and conquer and rule in the mind yeah it's all yeah no, so I'm, instead so of, I'm just instead of rolling need... into countries in tanks Werner von Braun said, "We've tried that. We're not going to do that no yeah, more. We're not going to let you away with that anymore." Everyone gets real, like you know, yeah. sore. They get really like crumpy when you do that. So yeah. what we're going to do is just, you know, invade culture, and uh, you know, basically over a longer period. I mean, we tried to do it in five, six years, didn't work. So now we're just going to do it over seventy, maybe eighty years, and by like 20, 2020 we will probably, you know, well, hopefully they will all have uh, handheld devices that they're yeah. obsessed with, and we can uh, really get fucked with them. We talked about it in the in the Hitler and the occult episode, right? The Nazis knew the value of ubiquitous communication. What they did in nineteen forty was they gave a radio, a little hand radio, mm-hmm. to every man, woman, and child in the whole of the whole of Germany. Mm-hmm. And they played music and they had all stuff on the radio the whole time. So people would have it turned on and with them mm-hmm. at all times mm-hmm. to be listening to it, enjoying the entertainment. Yeah. But from the other side, the whole impetus to have that turned on at all times was if mm-hmm. the Fuhrer or if the military wanted to communicate with the populace, they knew that it was always on. We have them in our fucking hands mm-hmm. right That's now. That's it, man. At all times. And we're being like distracted and maybe even conditioned by the entertainment that we're given until there's a specific and pertinent message that needs to be delivered. It's 100% I effective. absolutely agree with the, the, the distraction thing. I mean, it was it'd be a Bill Hicks routine, you know, here, yeah. here, here's a six pack of beer and Baywatch, go uh, get fat and be stupid or something. Yeah. But all I'm but, saying is it doesn't require... A, uh, an official policy or conspiracy technology has its own logic Kevin Kelly wrote that book that, 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 that technology has like you you um, let's say the Americans right of course everyone knows now I hope that uh, 9-11 whatever caused 9-11 was used as a way to bring forth project for a new American century yeah. as a way to invade countries like Iraq take the oil so on so on right but it, they, no one doing that intended for that to blow back cause the kind of chaos that interrupted, erupted in the Middle East and lead to further and permanent like Actual, actual terroristic danger in the United States. That was not the plan. They couldn't tell that it would happen like right. that 100%. Cause, cause, yeah. No, you but there would plan. be calculated risks and very 
very many calculated and deliberate moves along the way. Well, the Russians invading Afghanistan mm. had no idea that that would bring down the Soviet Union. The, the no. world is a complicated, non-linear dynamic system. Yeah. That's why there's no cabal planning the future because it's too... Once it branches off a little bit, yeah. it goes off in a very different direction very quickly. Yeah. So so if, yeah, people take advantage, you know, c- uh, catastrophe ca- capitalism is the phrase Naomi Klein uses. And people take advantage of catastrophes and even yeah. plan them, even ne- bring down government. Never waste a good crisis. Never waste a good crisis. But yeah. at the same time, and they, they don't necessarily plan invest. the future. It's, 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 and there's blood in the street invest, somebody said at one point. Well. But even America going into Iraq the first time, they were like, that was easy, cool. And the, the next we got time, them. The next time they, yeah, when the next time they planned it, I remember hearing Saddam Hussein saying, uh, I watch Black Hawk down uh, as many times as I can, like, you know. Yeah. He was really hugely influenced by that movie. And I was like, did anybody just hear what he said? Because they were going back in going, let's do it again. I do think that... Iraq Carter. Every time the Americans decide to invade somewhere, they are incredibly good at bringing general media support to, to like the Iraq war is un- yeah. unbelievable it's almost as if they're like the the world's greatest propagandists yes yes and maybe the, maybe maybe rocketry and uh, you know uh, biochemical science weren't the only assets that were gleaned from a a, a dying third Reich maybe they got the guys who were the best at fucking mm-hmm. uh, uh, propaganda mm-hmm. I think the Russians have outstripped them though in terms of propaganda like the ability to influence uh. other people's uh other people's internal political processes to the point of covertly bre- Brexit very very good yes Just but they're using the new technologies whereas America is still rooted in TV and radio and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff um, I think that there are younger more intuitive people on the Russian side who are members of Paul and who are members of these uh, anonymous and these uh, like underground organizations that are using like modern technology as a digital disruptor to be able to change global political events like it's if the Nazis had computers in the forties, would would they have won? Like if they had invented computers and been able to make all that, so make a network between themselves so they can communicate immediately instead of using like ham radios and stuff like that. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. But now we have these people that have these skills, and they're effective. And they're that using is, it. That's, that's we're going to get just a T-shirt but, I mean, that says effective. We also all know that business <laughs> is more powerful than any individual yeah. government. I don't think I don't think money is the number one thing, Gareth. I don't think it is. Neoliberalism is great and all, and having money is great. I don't think I don't think money. Business is. isn't just money. Boeing isn't just money. Boeing make web. You know, like these major multinational yeah. uh, military industrial complex co- companies are not. They're not. They're not like Apple. They don't just have a lot of money in the bank hidden in an offshore account somewhere. Yeah. They have massive control and and influence on the political process in Europe in america and everywhere so like that's the, the that's it's not like the american government is has all the power american government are a bunch of senators and congressmen that like individually don't wield a whole lot of power the, yeah. the deep state and business which are intricately linked in the united states are even lobbyists hold the power even the What's fact that yeah even the Roger fact that stone <laughs> even the fact that trump is is now the target of all of all you know uh, uh, aggression he, he he can do nothing really well, no he, it's pretty no, we've seen that yeah it's totally ineffectual but when everyone's looking at him, some shit's happening. When he puts out a tweet, everybody's, some other fucking well, wild shit Everybody's seeing that now. That's I hope pro- everybody's seeing that yeah. now. But it's it's so f- obvious now that maybe there's somebody saying, "Going, we have to go with another strategy because yeah. everyone is hyper aware of uh, woke." The tweet goes up, and you push the tweet away and say, "What's what are you doing back there yeah. behind this tweet?" Because mm-hmm. that's everyone's talking about anymore. his hair. It's not he, working anymore. Even yeah, he does it himself. Oh, don't mm. don't don't look over here. Look over there. Well, let's get back to Vernon von Braun, and that was a crazy aside. Uh, I think some of that may have been 
uh, chopped out and went off to Patreon for uh, for time constraints. But if you want to check out the rest of that uh, argument, there was a bit in the middle where me and Garrett wrestled in KY Jelly in an inflatable pool. Uh, it's just like 12 minutes of just slapping noises. We've now had full sex and are yeah, relieved. We're totally relieved. I have it all on camera. I'm great. <laughs> the little influential device I carry in my Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. Uh, so, uh, like, Werner Von Braun basically said, I was forced to join a Nazi party, right? And he says... Um, his quote was, I was uh, I was officially demanded to join the National Socialist Party at the time in 1937. I was already technical director of the Army Rocket Center at Peenemunde. My refusal to join the party would have meant that I would have to abandon the work of my life. Therefore, I decided to join. Uh, my membership in the party did not involve any political activities. In spring 1940, uh, one SS Stadenfuhrer, SS Colonel Müller, uh, looked me up in my office at Peenemunde and told me that the Reichsführer SS Heinrich Himmler had sent him with the order to urge me to join the SS. Uh, I called immediately on my military superior, Major General uh, Walter Dernberger, and he informed me that if I want to continue our mutual work, I had no alternative but to join the Nazi party. And like that, it sounds like, yeah, when you're putting it out to the American people, it's like Werner Von Braun, I know he's there with the president, they're, they're, in, they're giving hugs. He's not real Nazi. He just loves rockets. Yeah. And now he loves rockets for us. Mm. And to me, if somebody was to say that, I'm like, well, if that's a lad who's willing to sign up to uh, a regime that's willing to, like, exterminate people and, and, you know, have, like, horrific medical experiments on all these people, if that's a guy who's willing to do that and then just walk away from it, what kind of affiliation or or allegiance do you think he has to you, you fucking gobshites? Well, we're going to treat him real nice. Yeah, we'll treat him real nice. Do you not think Hitler was treating him real nice (laughs) and he making the, making the, sending them a hundred lads every day from Birkenau in to fucking die in a tunnel to make a rocket? Do you not think like, he was giving a hundred lives a day to this cunt? Mm. Like, do you not think that he'll just walk away or he'll just, he'll have all the American secrets and one day he'll just go, come here, listen, blech, and tell everything. And he kind of did. Do you know what I mean? Go to listen to our Disclosure Project okay. episode about Carol Rosen's uh, comments. Build, 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 build your rockets around. and say, yeah, it's going to do this when actually it'll come back down and destroy but sure, major said, cities. Who, who knows where the fuck it's going to go? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'd love to know who the lad is making the North Korean rockets. Will there be a story about him at some point where he's like the North Korean Werner Von Braun? And, yeah, the ICBM guy. Yeah. Like, who's, who's getting it? Like, they're able to go to California, he says. I don't know. Chalk it down. What, they're going to let him, What? Uh, the North Korean rockets apparently have uh, the power to reach California. Oh, sorry, now. I thought they said they're going to let the dude go to California <laughs> no. whenever he wants. I was like, what? Is it, isn't that because they're like they're actual clones of Soviet rockets from the seventies? Yeah, I, I think it could be. I'm not I sure. That's what, the last which, I heard which would imply that they were like, here, here you go, lads. We're not going to give you anything recent. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go. The last I heard, that's all the destabilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The Bill Hicks thing is like completely. How do you know what they have? We kept the receipts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or, exactly. or, or you, you give them a, a, a an old stick because you've got a new baseball bat, and then yeah. you see you're not going to hit me with that stick are you no man okay you turn it's, around and that yeah. that's a great that, that that's a great reference with the with the iraq war where the, the british were literally selling like uh, chemical weapons to uh, to iraq like uh, we, we're pretty sure he's got chemical weapons because we actually sold them and to we have the receipts we have the receipts and poor old david kelly poor old the, yeah the, the uh, folk song written about him in years to come tr- tragic suicide so yeah Worst case, Susan, I've ever seen. So the V2 rocket construction, uh, as we said before, happened in tunnels inside uh, Nordhausen and Peenemunde. And it's alleged that more people died in the making of those rockets, like we said earlier on, that actually were killed by them. Uh, these labour camps that were, were there, it was a sea of bones. There's pictures on online that would turn your stomach. 
um, uh, like as the Allies came in, pe- like people working, walking over dead bodies of other people working and stuff. It was like pretty fucking rough, right? And Mittelwerk as well is another one of these uh, work camps. So they take people out of Mittelwerk and then when they were too weak, they weren't feeding them properly. When they were too weak, they'd send them off to Birkenau to the death camp and then they'd get exterminated in Birkenau. Like you can't say, and I know we said it in the Holocaust episode, you can't say the fucking Holocaust didn't happen when you're looking at some fucking shit like that. Like mm-hmm. when there's a work camp, people are being worked literally to death. And then when they only have the energy to walk from where they're supposed to be working and can't work anymore to the place where they're going to be killed, you, you fucking can't. Like there's, there's, but like you can't say, you know what I mean? Anyway, there'll be people there that give out about that. Uh, conspiracy heads but sure look at the Soviet army was about 160 kilometers from Pina Munda in the spring of 1945 and this is how Von Braun did his like uh, uh, presto change escape act he assembled his planning staff and he asked them to decide how and to whom they would surrender like how are we going to get out of this fucking thing uh, and then afraid of the Soviet cruelty to prisoners of war uh, Von Braun and his staff decided to try and surrender to the Americans instead so it was a you know it wasn't like they were captured and you know we'll do it. these guys came to the Americans and went, come here, we want to be on your side. Mm-hmm. After using forged papers to steal a train, Von Braun led 500 people, like some kind of weird Nazi Moses, through a war-torn Germany towards American lines, and the SS had meanwhile been issued with orders to kill the German engineers and destroy their records. So uh, they were fighting to not be caught by the Russians, they were fighting to not be shot by their own men for desertion, um. and not to be caught by Americans before the ones that they were supposed to reach. Because if they were copied the wrong Americans, they're all brown bread. Like it's uh, triple threat, triple just dicey, man. Mm. Like that's a movie I'd watch. Yeah, <laughs> to see Von, Von Braun being all like, uh, see so him steal that train. That's st- gonna be yeah. Awesome. Start the movie. Start the movie in January nineteen forty five. Von Braun, and then have flashbacks to when he was like he was forced to be, uh, you know, uh, indoctrinated into the Nazi party and all this kind of stuff, and watch how he like. He, he turns like psychologically he's like I don't like this anymore okay guys we gotta get to the man like one man one rocket like it's fucking you know this it, it sounds like a crazy action movie right yeah, it reminds me of what Stanley Kubrick said about Schindler's List which he's like he was working on a Holocaust movie then Spielberg makes Schindler's List and he's like fuck I'm not gonna make noise but he, he said I want to make one about all the people that died not the people that lived and in a way it would be you could make a kind of a Schindler's List about Von Braun but he's a lot more culpable than Schindler was. And that would yeah. be a more interesting film because Schindler... If you he told it real though. Yeah, because mm. Schindler is like, yeah, he's, he's shallow and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately he does this amazing thing which makes him superhuman almost at great risk and cost to himself. Like a like an Ubermensch. <laughs> <laughs> superhuman. Yeah, right? Alcoholic Ubermensch. But, but Von Braun is like a much more human character. He's someone with a dream of space yeah. from a little, from childhood. He really does believe in, in space it's, colonies and the future of It's a hero's journey waiting to be written, I think. Yeah. yeah. Let's write a Werner Von Braun movie, lads. <laughs> so you write it. one and you write one. I mean, <laughs> which one do you prefer? This one's only coming out in Russia. <laughs> Hey, look, you do what you can, boys. It's conspiracy <laughs> stuff. You do what you can. So the SS had their, had their sights on Von Braun and his, and his, his uh, the, the Fortune 500. And he eventually finds this American private, not a general, not a colonel, not a sergeant, a private, and went, hey, come here. My name is Magnus Von Braun. My, my brother is Werner. And he invented the V2 rocket. We want to surrender us and these 500 people. And then there's 500 people peek out from behind the shed and they're all like, hi. Like, 
very odd. This is a fucking weird story, right? He, so he, he's looking at the private wasn't dumb as a bag of rocks. Yeah. Things, you know? <laughs> oh, you're German. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was told I had to shoot y'all. <laughs> uh, following the surrender, the American command realized the importance of these engineers and then they immediately went to Pinamunda, Nordhausen and captured all of the remaining V2 rockets knowing that the place was deserted and he got all the parts and all that stuff before the Soviets were going to destroy them with explosives. Over 300 train car loads of spare V2 parts ultimately found their way to America. So this was like the best garage sale of all time, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the V2 rocket plans that had been hidden near uh, Bad Shasta in Germany were later recovered by uh, members of the 332nd Engineer General Service Regiment. And they were basically the, the, the blueprints for the space race. Like, pretty serious shit, man. Um, Von Braun had a massive part to play during his career in the US he spent most of the time in Huntsville, Alabama and this uh, saw him lead the rocket development team at Redstone Arsenal from 1950 to 1956 and in 55 he became an official US citizen so kind of untouchable then right yeah in 52 he floated the idea of a space station and was enamoured with the idea of space flight but the US government were locked in the Cold War and military might was all that was on their minds they didn't really want to be focusing on space or focusing on outward stuff it kind of was like a, a hobbyist uh, kind of a, 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 an endeavor so von Braun is said to have been frustrated with this like somewhat singular view by the u.s military when his russian counterpart sergey korolev uh, w- was plowing ahead with these uh, rocket designs and he had sputnik in the air and it had you know rockets powerful enough to get like dogs and monkeys and this kind of stuff like t- proper rocket technology when von Braun was kind of left with uh, you know a lego set of mm-hmm old Nazi parts what for happened? more what, than 10 years. You what know? happened there? They just, happen? they just weren't, they just weren't, they had Von Braun and just like, he's the best of the best. Just go in there and do your best. And he's like, okay, I need this and this and this. No, no, no. Come here, listen, we're going to war in Korea. Do you have anything that we could use there? Mm-hmm. No, I want to go to space. It's, you know, I want, <laughs> we killed a lot of people and, you know, I'm feeling bad about the whole Jew thing. So Soon I want to be her. altruistic and like further humanity. And go to space. No, no, no. Come here. Have you got that little blow up Korean lads? <laughs> like that's what it was kind of, kind of like hit. That's what he was faced with, you know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Von Braun, he like he was instrumental to the space race. Uh, he was assigned NASA's deputy associate administrator for planning at NASA headquarters in Washington D.C. in 1970, but he quit in 1972 because this truncated scope that the U.S. space program had wasn't satisfying him. He was just like lads, we have to go do this stuff. And they're like, no, listen, we've already bet the Russians to the moon. Like, let's take a break. It's great. We won. It's cool. That's right when they're going into the space shuttle and really space research that is of no use. It's not of any practical 72 being the year that they stopped going to the moon as well. Very same year. You must have just went, Can you, isn't that amazing that we we went to the moon and then we just were like, yeah, that's that's fine. Let's just go back to Earth and... It's just let's just wait thirty years before you do anything significant again. Unbelievable, like. and and it's now it's it's fairly obvious the fact that multiple companies at the same time are able to commercially build a rocket. You got Bezos, yeah. you got Musk, um, you got even the ESA are able to build a rocket equivalent to the Saturn V. Now, yeah, sure they've got computers, but it wasn't an impossible task to proceed. It was just a lack of imagination, lack of ambition. Which and the, and, but they had and they imagination say, and ambition. They had von Braun. Like, yeah. Yeah. They say the American public got bored with it and the TV broadcasts and all yeah. that. And it, was just, uh, it just wasn't making money. I'm it was not cosmetic. interested in this no more. No I more. Man, man going up to the moon. I've seen him do it. I'm I've bored seen him with do it now. I'm dead. It's, it's insane you're like what really this yeah. is you know one giant leap for humanity we're getting out there no no not interested now everyone knows the truth is that had they continued to explore the moon they would have been faced with the reality the alien civilization living on the dark side that we would have had to engage with active conflict with 
Don't, don't, that's that's my conspiracy guy, Gareth. There you are. There you have He's it. back. <laughs> Welcome from the left side of the moon. Gareth Sack. <laughs> <laughs> that was my less well-known album. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, I think it could very well be that that they went out into space and as soon as we discovered space, like like when we discovered nuclear power. Uh, the dangers. Uh, yeah, 1947, Roswell, after we blew up the bomb, it took two years to come down. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, shit, they're doing that stuff. They came down and they're like, no, you can't be doing that. And fired their guns over the, fired their lasers over the, to de- disarm all the nuclear warheads. But the same then when we went out to space, they went, okay, right, with the fucking rocket ships, they're out now. They're out. Mm. The, the, they're the, out of the box. The kittens are out of the box. So they come down and try to manage us and go, listen, we're, we're just, you can't be going well, around doing that. So a, maybe that's why it's always also like what Emmett said, cosmetic that it wasn't popular on TV anymore. But yeah. Well, that's how, the, that's how they sold it. Yeah. I do think it's um, very, very much so like that but, there was some alien intervention and that sounds kooky. It does. But definitely there is some extraterrestrial intelligence that has been communicating with the US government. Uh, 100%, Without a doubt. A hundred percent. And that's why I think the space race was truncated a little small bit but Von Brown like the dude fucking invented the whole thing he's you know but even Edgar, Edgar Mitchell in those in the, yeah. those emails he was saying listen they don't want an interstellar war they're cool with whatever we're doing yeah. and they like us exploring and all that sort of thing but if we go up here and we start getting into more in space they are really going to have a problem well, with you that. Know, there's something interesting there even assuming let's just assume for a second that that's not true with the aliens uh, directly communicating with us and stuff there, there's another really good reason why they didn't continue the space race which is that you have your mad right with with nukes mm-hmm. they've got nukes we've got nukes mm-hmm. oh it's balanced it's balanced yeah but there to this day there is no way to stop a rocket from space if you've got a satellite firing rockets down you can't stop that. You can you can't stop ICBMs. Yeah, people talk about the Israeli missile defense systems. That's all bullshit. That'll stop a the shield. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop an ICBM. And if you had um, a a rocket equipped, which of course they both do, but if you had a proliferation of that, that's a level of proliferation that was getting to the point where both sides could see if we do it. People are talking about Chinese ultrasonic weapons. Yeah. You, you've come across this. Yeah. It's like a, it's just a bit of metal that flies so fast you can't knock it out of the air. If they build that, that all bets are off. America would have to nuke China. Because the moment that they have that weapon, it's a weapon that can't be stopped. The balance yeah. is gone. So maybe they both, the boat just were like, if we keep pushing this, mm. this is like, it's... Just with the whole Cold War. The was bigger stick with the bigger nail. Bigger yeah. stick, bigger nail, bigger yeah. stick. Bigger and, and there was, there's no nail for that one. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's no countermeasure. The yeah, ultimate nail. There was, there was almost no countermeasure for all the stuff that Russia had at the time. And until it was decommissioned, it was still as dangerous as a giant unstoppable weapon. Because as soon as they were launched, everyone was dead anyway. So like... There was a one minute to midnight. Hmm. Like, uh, I suppose they came to terms with the fact like it was like the inevitable death mm-hmm. of our our planet, mm. and that's when everything started going real weird. And this like the end of the, the end of the seventies and the eighties, and everyone's on coke and it's all mad and just fuck it. Like it's all all bets are off. Fucking AIDS. Let's go. Like fuck it. Who cares? Like the last half hour of a movie called Miracle Mile. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen no. that. Where it, you know the whole build the movie is building towards the end of the world. You know, oh but it God. actually happens. So what the director <laughs> said, you know what? This is what I do, and he just has. This apocalyptic scene of everyone just fighting right. and fucking and drinking awesome. and drugging. It's, 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 it's a bit of a shocking scene. Matthew Modine is in it. It's a very American vision of the end. Americans have 
for time immemorial have been obsessed with this vision of everything collapsing and then you got to finally have the freedom to fast I'll just go out there and be like a purge except for you know that's the last purge well, how many times in American movies have you seen buildings being exploded knocked down some kind of chaotic violent and sexual chaos on the streets it's, it's America wants that to happen they want so it to hard I don't think it's just America man I think it's a lot of people yeah. You're being really hard in America today. They, they I want am, the zombie apocalypse. But they make yeah. our myths. They make our stories. So that's the you know that's the, those are the stories we're familiar with. You know, I think apocalypse. Uh, the, 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 and the, we get we get onto the apocalypse rest of the Nazis porn. here now. But apocalypse porn, I think, is not a, a, like a desire for the apocalypse. It's a desire for uh, an entire unilateral, simultaneous regime change. That if we had an apocalypse, it means everyone's back to zero and there is true equality. That's getting very Freudian. That's what yeah. Freud would have said. It's not death that you desire. It's the death of the, the, the current self and the birth of a new self. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't disagree with that. But it's, same it's, here. it's a simultaneous unilateral death of everybody's self. Right. But like you said, like we go, go knock the shit out of each other and we're back to sticks. Maybe that's a, yeah, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. Tyler Durden right there. It's like that yeah. you're going to wear a pair of pants that'll last you the whole of your life. I have a pair of those pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had them for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, Werner von Braun, he is the superstar. We got a bit sidetracked there, uh, going on about some stuff, but um, you know, it's all it's all important stuff, and it's kind of to understand the concepts of why this stuff is so important. You have to think and talk about that kind of stuff. And uh, I leave a little dialectic uh, where where we were all talking about, uh, you know, the importance of uh, effectiveness and uh global political conflicts and and what's actually happening could it be nazis in the in the background and Werner von braun said yes uh you know even up to his deathbed he died in 1977 aged 65 uh from complications from having cancer for a couple of years and you know he he was he was a great loss to the scientific community but at the same time i i, I don't know like could could if he wasn't there would we ha- would we live in a different world? Would America be the superpower that it is? Would we be all speaking some form of you know Russian? Like is this a or German? You know is this or even French or Spanish? Like is this a did Werner von Braun save our way of life? I'm saying yeah. Is he mm. is he the Western hero like yeah. a, a Nazi turned Western hero? Or maybe him and all of these other guys that we're about to talk to like changed and and uh, I'll use it again infested culture to. Uh, maybe take over in a different way where they knew that uh, tanks and sticks and guns and bombs yeah don't don't take over we need uh, like we high, still... high sugar snacks yeah. and the vacuous entertainment and that'll really take over yeah yeah and it has and continues to do so yeah uh, we'll go through a few of the other uh, the other Nazis that were taken in Operation Paperclip some that were and some that weren't and uh, a few of their little different characteristics one of them was Arthur Rudolph uh and he was the chief operations officer at uh, Nordhausen, where they were making the the, the V two, and twenty thousand slave laborers died producing those V two missiles. Mm. Like that's a lot of people, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he led the team, which then built the Saturn V rocket for the US. And on his uh, immigration papers, there was a little comment that was covered over with a paper, a paper clip that said one hundred percent Nazi, comma dangerous type. And yet, still allowed in despite Harry Truman's uh, request not to have any yeah, war criminals Nazis coming in. in. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of my biggest shocks. Was reading this stuff was. Uh the Saturn V was, wasn't just built by one or two Nazis. I think there were 600 former yeah. Nazis on that project. So essentially every single person, bar a few other NASA employees, were, who worked on the Saturn V, were which Nazis. brought us to the moon, were Nazis. It yeah, was Nazis a Nazi-built rock. But why do you think there's this whole thing of like there's Nazis living on the dark side of the moon? Mm-hmm. That could be a fallacy. That could be like a, a, a purposeful fabrication. 
like the way like a folktale is to remember you know like don't forget the thing so it's like there's Nazis on the moon it's like there may not be actual Nazis living on the actual moon but don't forget that the American government used Nazi technology to get us not just two or three a whole bunch army of Nazis yeah yeah a a, a regiment uh, like in in, you know in a hundred years time will will anyone know six legions of Nazis (laughs) will anyone know that that's the that's the crack like do we know actually what napoleon did in in the war like do we know actually the numbers and the 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 subtle nuanced political uh you know machinations of his decisions like do we know exactly what alexander the great did or what genghis khan did politically do we actually know no and in 100 or 150 years will we know what the great the great united states of america did with some of the most evil people on the planet at the time like will we That's will just we remember the introduction that they, they you know the, the, the victors write history and, yeah you know. it's weird uh, another guy who was uh, who was basically Werner von Braun's champion uh, who took him under his wing at Walter Dornberger who was a, a general who was captured in 1945 and he was the leader of the V2 rocket program at Piermonde and he worked closely with Von Braun for the entirety of the war uh, even from 1930 so they were good buddies uh, he, they broke the records uh, sending rockets up 2.5 and 3.5 kilometers and they gave all that stuff to the US then when they were uh, when they were lamped on the 2nd of May 1945 Dornberger, Von Braun and five other men departed from Haus Ingeborg and they travelled through uh, the Geicht Pass towards the little Austrian village of Schatwald and they met American soldiers and they uh, they convoyed uh, th- th- this whole group to this uh, this town called uh, Rouette for the night and then uh, you know these guys were taken in with open arms into the American culture like taken in and going okay here's your thing here's your apartment here's all your, here's your job here's what you're going to do like this guy was a, an absolute Nazi like he was a general he was creating rockets that were supposed to blow people up yeah and yet he was taken in as one of the most valuable but as you, you were you know, hinted on earlier like it wasn't even I don't think they were giving him the bare bones of like here's an apartment there's electricity in it this is the amount of food yeah. you're going to get every week that's what the that. Russians would have done but yes. the Americans gave They're them like a job the, absolutely gave them a job and gave them a really nice cushy life mm. you know you see those photos of them they're all smiles and <laughs> yeah. there's a whole gang of them outside the building the cigarettes going yay there's one really brand f- new day there's, there's one really funny video where uh the guys when they came over first and they've had all the spare parts of the rockets and they were putting them all together you can see it it's in footage and it's misrepresented as footage of nazis setting off rockets during wartime it wasn't it was in 1946 where they put all the stuff together and the u.s government were like you have to show us how all these rockets work and the nazis went okay we will but we have to be allowed to wear our uniforms (laughs) and the americans went all right go on so they were out wearing the full regalia, like shined up, like buckles and boots before they got all their uniforms, like torched or whatever. Oh, one last time. Can I not wear just one, one last, last time? time. And look at it. It's so cool. And look, man, look at my ass in this. Really, come on. I love these shiny shoes. It's yeah. inarguable that they had the best military uniforms of all time. Listen, when you saw them coming over the hill, I think some comedian says, you're like, wow, <laughs> you're a little impressed. By, uh, <laughs> before you were absolutely annihilated. Yeah, I mean... Or, or you're complimenting the boot as it was on your neck. Ooh, <laughs> That's nice. a shiny boot. Yeah. Pat, I'm kissing Paul. No, you've kicked out all my teeth. <laughs> but isn't, why I'm oh, German it's, as well. Hugo Boss, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love his work. Yeah, that, that Russell Brand calling Hugo Boss out on the fucking awards ceremony is very funny. But, like, can you imagine, like, you know, these US guys are allowing these guys to wear their uniforms just, just to be, like... 
Okay, go on, show me how to do the rockets. Do you think they just looked around first, you know? Yeah. Turned their head and okay, go okay, real go quick, on, real go quick, on, just go on. Real Come quick. on, just show me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, an Irish, it's... like an Irish mammy when you ask for something, she goes, "Oh, go on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get what you want anyway. Yeah, yeah. Ask your father. Do you do you want to do you want to tell us about beautiful Joe? Joseph Mengele. Oh, yeah. Joseph Mengele, perhaps the most notorious Nazi of all, known as the Angel of Death. He was sought in various South American countries by Mossad, the Israeli intelligence service, um, Simon Wiesenthal, and the Klarsfelds. He evaded capture until his accidental death in Brazil in 1979, and his remains were only identified in 1985. Yeah, beautiful Joe did an awful lot of shitty things. Unbelievable. I was I was in Sachsenhausen outside of Berlin, where he worked briefly before wow. moving um, to Auschwitz-Birkenau, and he, uh, yeah, he 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 tortured children he one of the things he did in uh, Sachsenhausen is he investigated the transmissibility of disease yeah. using children and he also experimented on disabled people and he his he was notorious because he would be so sweet with the children and then he yeah. would be dissecting them Uncle Joe yeah yeah he cut he cut them up and then like put put all the you know to watch the disease you know, proliferate through the body like he really it was some of the stuff I read and some of the pictures like are fucked up man like you get you get uh, these rape gangs right these uh, uh, Nazi like they let them into these Polish villages and they just rape everybody in the village and Joe was like okay well all the ones that get pregnant out of that send them my way because I want to Jesus. I want to uh, experiment on those babies when they're brand new or just before they're or born just before, yeah, I want to give a few little bits and bobs and see how I experiment. can manipulate the fetus in some, in some way to see if I can make and, and it was like all these you know mythical uh, I'm not even going to go into it in this like mythical super soldier programs mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. you get these like uh, uh, Joy Division like super genetically pure women and you just pump them full of vitamins and all this stuff and that's how they came up with stuff like thalidomide and all that you know like very very let's make them have sex with gorillas and see what comes out this is it and it's like stuff from horror movies that mm. these guys were like like uh, uh, that's why human the, centipede shit like that's why the, the the doctor in that movie is a German accent I imagine yeah. demented well, if there's ever something like this again you know for a, a regime like the Nazi regime they inevitably will use CRISPR and the D- the DNA manipulation technologies we have now today to create super chimeric soldiers. monsters of some yeah super yeah. soldier or, or even it's probably quite hard to create a super soldier but could you create someone who will get cancer when they're 25 but right up until then their working memory is much more powerful so they're like incredibly good at strategic planning probably so like, like a replicant where they just have a certain oh not even intentionally just that it's a side effect of whatever oh. genes there's because that's the reason why we don't like X-Men know, or something yeah, yeah. The, the reason why we don't give all our kids you know we know these genes contribute towards this and that but the problem is that when you start sticking genes in people they get cancer but if, they, if you don't care about that, if you're just like, okay, well, this person's probably going to get cancer or t- six of these, but the seventh person won't and they'll be able to run twice as fast. They'll get what I'm, uh, yeah, I'll get my use out of them before they just, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, when, when, Roy, when, Roy Batty, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> when care for humanity goes out of the window, you can really advance science very quickly. You know, it's very effective. Super. Mm-mm. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that. Effective is going to be a t-shirt now. Um, <laughs> so tell us about the Butcher of Leon and Emmett, uh, Klaus Barbie. And, and I find a lot of these names are kind of used, like Barbie, uh, Rudolph. That song just immediately kinda, pops into your head and yeah. it's, got, it's, 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 it's different now. Yeah. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, join the Nazi party. Oh, oh. Right, so Klaus Barbie, he was known as the Butcher of Leon. Uh, Barbie tortured French prisoners uh, of war for the Gestapo. Real Indiana Jones shit. 
He was recruited into West German intelligence by Reinhard Gellin, and his intel is said to have aided in the CIA capture of Che Guevara, the one and only. Uh, he was extradited uh, to France in, in, in 1983, and he died of cancer in prison in, in 1991. He was found by the uh, Nazi hunters, the Klarsfelds, in Peru in 1971. Uh, uh, this, uh, this is uh, altogether uh, unsubstantiated info. It was published in French newspapers, but they couldn't extradite him as the statute of limitations had expired. So hard luck there. He was tried in the Ronard d'Advises in front of 700 people and the world press and, and the emotional depositions of the still living prisoners from the, from the camp in Lyon, uh, which was countered by Barbie's lawyer, who uh, liked to accuse uh, France of war crimes in Vietnam and Algeria. This is his argument. You did it too in response. Yeah, there was a lot like the 80s had a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of these. Yeah. We found him. We found him in South America and yeah. drag him out in front of everybody. And because of, you know, new new news media, yeah. it was way more, uh, uh, I guess, sala- salacious news again like, yeah. uh, than the Nuremberg trials. I fear trials. to watch yet, I cannot turn away. Exactly. Nuremberg trials all grainy and black and white. It's like bullshit. And you don't even see the guilt on their face. And then this is like, oh, look, it's in color. And you can see the guilt. Go on, you guilty cunt. Yeah. Like it was very... Uh, but it was also emotional the, for a lot of people because they were still yeah. alive. These these. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I remember watching a TV movie about the Nuremberg trials with Martin Freeman and Anti Lapaglia. Do you know that actor? Great actor. Uh, but Lapaglia is constantly staring at the screen when when they're being tried, and he's saying, "Cry, you bastard!" You know, show me some emotion because they're just sitting there listening yeah. to the headphones, and they've always got two temple, two fingers up against their temple. And that's it. And that was his the the whole emotional crux for him was this bastard will not will not cry. That's a great that's a great lesson of the Nazis, isn't it? The banality of evil. You know, it's mm. that that ordinary. They people. look bored sitting yeah, there. Any anybody because they're not in the like right set of circumstances alive, could that's do that. Like, no, even when there's people up there saying you did it and collapsing with uh, you know fear of seeing them again or an absolute emotion collapsing right at their feet. And like, they're just like, whatever. It's the ultimate cognitive dissonance. They had to view themselves as completely blameless, otherwise they wouldn't have been able to function. Yeah. So they did view themselves as blameless. And if you're if you're blameless, then what is that is a thing yeah. accusing you of something? It's a super interesting uh, psychological state to be, to be able to well. just rise up there yeah, and say, "I'm talking about things." It's animals. like American Psycho. It's like you know, I have to do this because because this is what I am. I do this. Like or or you know, John Wayne Gacy or or any of these guys who are just doing it because Bundy. Like, that's how I do it. Mm. That's what I do. I made for this. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Like it's either like some divine destiny or it's like someone is telling me to do it like Son of Sam blames his dog or you know, Ed Kemper blames his mother. He's like, Well sure I wouldn't be this way if it wasn't for my mother and you're like, No, Ed, you, <laughs> you cut off your mother. You cut off her head <laughs> and you fucked the her throat hole. Like Gary Gary Ridge. You did that. Which of us she made me do that. Have not wanted to though. Ah, just his that's very Freudian. Gorgeous. It's, it's the Oedipus complex. You know that <laughs> Greek thing where you want to like kill your father and fuck your mother's yeah. neck hole. There's another one as well. What, what's the other that's one called? A thing. That There's was a the fe- original myth of Oedipus. There's yeah, a female yeah. version of that as well. It's oh, the Electra complex. See where you're going with that? Uh, but we need to dumb it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> just, maybe just, just make love cheek. to the mother. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. Klaus Barbie was a was a bowel pup, and he was said to have he was said to have like being at you know at the trial and it was you know the whole world is watching and they're basically going like you did this you did this you did this and, and he said fine yes okay yeah. I did it why I'm old at this stage so you know I'm, I'm probably nearly gone at this stage he, he, he says only God can judge me yeah. that's his quote he's like only I God hope he, can I hope judge he was me. the first person to use that phrase but that's what I'm saying is he now the Kardashians are like yeah, only God can judge me they're quoting with, a Nazi get a tattooed on their arse and you're all like <laughs> 
Yeah, that's close Barbie. And maybe Barbie being brought, you know, into the... Do you think the, he did a Z-snap when he said that? Only God can judge me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked, though. Uh, and that Z-slap. Putting those... Yeah, like the Zara Z. <laughs> to, um, or doing the swastika again, but it's less... It's, it's more clunky. So, uh, Otto Skorskeni... Mm. Uh, it's very hard to say. You were saying Skorsensi. I think it is. Yeah, Skorsensi. I'm sure it's Kurskrinski because it's it's a a Polish derivative name, is it? Maybe hardly. He wouldn't have been a Nazi if he was Polish, would he? Ah, uh, yeah, they get him. They get him. Well, a few Austrians Nazi. and uh, yeah, okay. was, there's a few Lithuanian lads and there's a few uh, Czech fellas and a few yeah, there's a few. They're all over. I've always hated um, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Otto. He character. is a fascinating guy, and partly because of his connections to Ireland. So Hitler's commando, as he was known, a scar-faced war hero, was once described as the most dangerous man in Europe. He daringly rescued Mussolini after he was deposed during the war with a hang glider raid on the mountain prison where he was being held. This is only one of a number of incredibly daring operations. Yeah, class, man. Yeah, he was a legend. We talked about, in our our fucking Aleister Crowley episode and way back in our Hitler Occult episode, we talked about Rudolf Hess. Yeah. Who who was like a magician fighting a, a magical war against Alistair Crowley across the sea, and he he parachuted into it's, Scotland in yeah. a suit made out of fucking occult symbols to like b- battle like uh, uh, Voldemort and Harry Potter, <laughs> and he was met by Alistair like Crowley. Yeah. Never parachute into Demented, enemy territory man. in your occult suit. It's, it's one of the four rules of <laughs> war. Unless you're invited to do so uh, uh, down into the Curra camp, which I think we did. Some members of the IRA invited somebody over and they, they parachuted in. and they had a, in the balloon. And they had a little chat with them. They were like, so you're a Nazi soldier in Germany. How's things going over there? We just want to let you know that uh, should you be successful in uh, invading England, you're obviously coming here next. We're okay. And then you parachute back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got about it there, but, but yeah, you, you can go. You can go out there, boss. Just mind your ass in the gorse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sting you. Well, so after the war, Scorsenzi uh, moved to Argentina, where he became Eva Peron's personal bodyguard. Oh, man. Then, in 1957, he was welcomed to Ireland by a full gala ball with Charlie Hawhey and given given leave to remain as long as he wanted. He bought a mansion in Kildare, where my friend currently lives. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he stayed a number of years. The only reason he left was because he was accused of being involved in neo-Nazi activity and they refused him Irish citizenship. So he said, oh, fine, I can just go. And he was incredibly wealthy. He's considered uh, one of the wealthiest Nazis. He took a lot of the Christ. Nazi treasury with him, potentially into the billions, buried with full Nazi honours by his friends uh, in Argentina in 1975 when he died. What? My favourite thing about this guy, which I just found out today. Is Where's that his money gone? Well, exactly. What's it paying for and, now? And we're all going like the Nazi gold that's in Swiss banks and no mm. one can get it. No one can get it my whole. If there's fucking 30,000 Nazis rolling around in South America for years. I just read an article last week about the amount of, there's an actual committee set up now to investigate uh, uh, Nazi art that was looted, you know. Yeah, so if all of a sudden you come and say, hey, look, I've got this original, they, they will investigate first that what you have in your possession is actually Nazi loot. Well, and take it off you. Take it off you. So he was recruited by Mossad, Israeli intelligence, in 1962. This has been confirmed by multiple sources in the intelligence community. It's not just a conspiracy. It's 100% true. And he betrayed a number of Nazi scientists who were working for the Egyptians at the time to build their missile program, which was going to be used against Israel. And uh, other uh, other Nazi scientists in his uh, entourage were betrayed by him. That is mental that Mossad came and got him. Forget about Von Braun movie. I want this guy's movie. And he was still a Nazi. This isn't, again, this isn't somebody who was like, oh, you know, I was a soldier. No, he set up a neo-Nazi movement after that called the Spider, 
right in Spain where he was living at the time I think he died in Spain I think I said Argentina earlier but he set up in Spain and he he set up another neo-Nazi group called Sedaid and he was officially denazified by the German government in 1952 so in other words he had leave to travel he was no longer a war criminal he could do anything while actively working as a neo-Nazi a lot of them were released in 1952 and 53 they were convicted in 48 given 8 to 10 years in prison and they all got released early for like their good behaviour this is something that the East Germans always held over the West Germans they were like West Germany is a continuation just like the Free Staters just like the IRA hold it against the Irish government continuation of British rule they were like West Germany is a continuation of the Nazis and it's not totally untrue they denazified all these people and were like okay into the bureaucracy don't worry about it and then a mere 15 year a mere 14 years later were one of the first countries to set up the EU Mm. wow okay West Germany after denazifying all the Nazis because they were all let go and then <clears throat> the EEC or the EEC? well they made the EEC, the EEC. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah and then yeah 1973 turned into the EC and then in 19- because as you said earlier look we can't be rolling in tanks anymore and yeah so we just do it, we do it gently gently catchy monkey <laughs> how, how can the EU both be a secret Nazi let's organization let's not start it again come on. Also, come on come on come like, on let's not start it again well it's complicated but really you're asking me two questions <laughs> if we decided to get rid of the whole red and white it's very you know garish so we're going with the whole blue and gold it's very, you know, it's very neutral kind of looking. Is yeah. it blue and gold? Is it white and silver? I don't know. It depends on the way you look. Yeah. Like that dress that time. It's less alarming than the... Uh... <laughs> Everyone loves stars. Yeah. Not so much swastikas anymore. Just but blue stars. for the blue skies and yeah. the stars. And <laughs> gold for the Nazi go- oh, I mean, oh shit. Uh, so there's another guy called Franz Stangl. Uh, Franz was held by members of the Catholic Church in the Vatican, operating in Rome under the rule of the Vatican Sea by the name of a guy called Bishop Luigi Hudal, who was uh, part of the uh, the Pope's right or left-hand men. Uh, he was the commandant of the Subibior and the Triblinka extermination camps. And uh, he was caught by Simon Weisenthal in Sao Paulo in 1967. Uh, Franz was extradited to Germany in 1970 and sentenced to life in prison where he died the following year. But this guy, and we'll talk about him later on when we talk about the Vatican uh, uh, influence in hiding all these guys through the rat lines. Like, Franz Stangl walked in with, like, dick in hand up through Vatican Square, walked straight into the Vatican and went... Hey, my name is Stangl. I hear you're giving away passports so we can get to Argentina. Throw one down, will ya? <laughs> and they just gave him one and he was sorted, like. Sent him to Brazil. Fucked up. Uh, another one, uh, a guy called uh, Hubertus Strughold, which is one of the, the best Christian names I've ever heard. Uh, he was the father of space medicine. He designed NASA's onboard life support systems. And uh, some of his subordinates con- conducted human experiments at Dachau and Auschwitz where uh, inmates were frozen and they cut off their arms and try and reanimate stuff and low pressure chambers and it was all very you know uh, uh, I think space travel oriented yeah deep space travel deep space yeah. travel mm-hmm. stuff uh, could we can we reanimate flesh and there was the, the whole kind of Dr. Frankenstein kind of vibes coming from uh, Strew Cold cool. but there were some as they say they claim there were some advancements there were some reanimation techniques and in fact this is allegedly where the idea Walt Disney got for freezing his own head was from these guys because he, he knows them he was talking to them when they got uh, naturalized into America and they're like you know if you freeze yourself we can we've like I, I remember we brought a guy back 
Do you know what? Oh, it's and true that the that the information, he died a little while later, but he got to see what everything. <laughs> the the limit of human survivability information used to this day by both the Air Force and by NASA is all Nazi derived. Like they literally have stats of what the pressure human body can take, what yeah. the heat it can take, and it's all Nazi derived data. The most this is that's the most troublesome of all of this stuff. That's all based can, on you, actual yeah. human experimentation. Yeah. Human beings that were exploded in pressure, uh, human beings that were frozen. People who and then defrosted. Let's do it again and see what happens the second time. We survived that time. This this child survived that time. This this pregnant woman survived, but her baby's dead. What about if we make her pregnant again? Like horrendous. How long can they go without water? As we were talking. Yeah, they did they did experiments about uh, salt water experiments where they would where they would uh, basically like withhold water for you for days and food, and then you got real hungry, and then they give you salted meats. And then you eat the salted meats and you get oversalinated. And then you're like, ah, ah. And then they leave you for two days and then they put out unlimited amount of water. And people would drink loads of it. But it was salt water. <sighs> so they started to get these like crazy headaches and, and pains all over the body and like massive uh, um, uh, like seizures and stuff like that for being oversalinated. And they used to punch their own teeth out, pull their own eyes out, like rip their skin off. It was fucking disgusting, man. Like cut their own, cut their own skin off their bodies like the Russian sleep experiment or something this oversalination experiments what happened if you got stuck out at sea but it was all necessary to get mm. the perfect balance of, of sugar and salt <laughs> in a coca-cola it's satisfying but also leaves a craving yeah who could who would have known that what if you ran out of water in deep space travel or something yeah, yeah. How, how long how long, how long would long you long last would it take? yeah people say seven days and you die without water but I, I i i dare say it's longer anyway there is a famous story of a guy who was on a boat for a period of months and he figured out that there is a small amount of seawater that you can actually consume safely before it dehydrates you if you moderate it with some rainwater, and it's technically possible to survive for a period of weeks or months if you get the balance exactly right it's a risky game but good lord risky. you fucking punch your own head off yeah. with the headaches <laughs> like these people were having like fits yeah you know from from the oversalination like salt is a real dangerous thing yeah. God, the movie The Martian could have gone a completely different way. Yeah, he punched just, his own just, head just, off. Absolutely, <laughs> through the visor. Pull his eyes in. <laughs> a better movie, I think. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, one, one, of, <laughs> one of the other Nazis that uh, made a mark uh, was Ari Bertheim, mm. and uh, he was a Nazi war criminal, an Austrian doctor, and he was known as Dr. Det, and he had horrific medical experiments on the Jews at Mauthausen concentration camp, and he was uh, captured in 1945, but later released... And in one day in 1962, after learning the police were waiting for him at his house, he vanished. Nobody knows where he went. Some people think, along with a lot of other Nazis, they didn't all go to South America. A lot of them went to uh, the East, went to the Far East. And this guy went to Egypt and he started living under this assumed name, Tarek Farid Hussein. And the uh, the New York Times reported him dead in 1982 uh, from cancer. But uh, the German police are still looking into him. There's no confirmed account of his death. Uh, another guy, and this, this one is... This one is a bit uh, like, okay, I'll tell you first, right? Otto Ambrose is his name, and he he oversaw the IG Buna Vera rubber plant in Monowitz in Auschwitz. At the IG Farben trial in Nuremberg in nineteen forty eight, he was sentenced to eight years confinement, and he was released in nineteen fifty two. So he he did four years for everything he did in during the, during the the war, right? He worked at IG Farben and uh, BASF. And he worked with chemical agents, including helping to create the nerve agents Sarin and Soman. And he was also an expert on nerve agents and worked at Gendorf, uh, which produced a new type of mustard gas for World War II that was super effective. Uh, Monowitz was built as a work camp, but also had this uh, Arbeitsbildungslager, or labor education camp for non-Jewish prisoners. And it held 12,000 people that would all work 
making these uh, uh, making this rubber and making these uh, uh, synthetic oils and all these chemicals. And then when they were when they were uh, too weak, he just off you go to Birkenau. And they were sent, put on a train off to Birkenau and exterminated. And he worked these people like these were like qualified chemists and stuff that were that were uh, untermentioned. And he just worked them to death and they send them off to their to their deaths, you know. And uh, Ambrose also had some questions to answer after he, you know, was released in 1952 because he and his company were the ones who were the uh, originators of thalidomide which was at the time uh, between 1952 and 1957 being prescribed to all mothers all over the US and the UK to treat morning sickness. Mm. And then after uh, Ambrose and his cohorts tested it extensively on Jewish prisoners uh, during the wartime, they found that it was, uh, you know, a, a, a motion sickness uh, repressant or whatever. A suppressant. Yeah. A suppressant, yeah. It was a motion sickness suppressant, but uh, it was originally used and created as an antidote to the nerve agents that the lads had invented at uh, at uh, Monowitz. Like, that is fucked up. So they gave it to women to stop them having morning sickness. And then you end up with the thalidomide babies, which have all the, you know, the weird yeah, yeah, hands yeah. and no arms and, mm-hmm. the you know, the four faces and all this weird stuff. Like, <clears throat> that was all Otto Ambrose that made all those thalidomide babies, like him and his crew. Like, that's a big one. Which is still affected today. It's Absolutely. still there today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there are like many, 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 many more uh, of these like uh, international super hits, Nazi guys. And I have a list here with about 25 more, but we are running out of sweet, sweet time. Uh, so what I think I'll do is I'll, I'll make up a list and I'll, we, you know, we can talk about them. I can tell about all our escapades. We might do it on Patreon. So if you want to head over to patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys and send us a message. If you're interested in hearing some of the weird findings that I found of these... Uh, some of these guys were f- like real sick puppies mm-hmm. and it's stuff that is still in operation some of it is still in operation today like thalidomide like that is yep do you know what I mean um, there were other similar operations as well as Operation Paperclip and Overcast uh, they were like the acquisition by Germans Russians in the UK of Nazi scientists Nazi uh, you know medical professionals uh, technology and these documents and blueprints to make this stuff Again, we're talking morality, we're talking ethics, like, and Garrett said earlier on, like, the reason that the US knows the numbers for what, you know, at what pressure a body will explode is because of the Nazis. Somebody had to do it. Yeah. Somebody had to do it. You're not going to wait for an accident to find out that stuff. And there's loads of, there's loads of, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying it's a thing. We all live with it. And uh, there's a certain, uh, certain safety precautions set in stuff like submarines where they can have like a safer situation because they know like what pressures stuff that, that, that human the human body can yeah, sustain I'm gonna go ahead and say no somebody didn't have to do it there are other ways to find that information there, there are but I mean like do you want it quick or do you want it now uh, but, and, right. and what was done as I said earlier what was done was done and they just yeah. went okay look yeah, that's so really that's, really that's the argument that's if, the if you already have the information should you yeah. use it it's not well I guess it was a justified because we have it no, no it doesn't it justify like, it but not like, let's justified. get some good out of this horror yeah but let's say the justification is in the small amount of time that these guys all spent in the clink do you know like four years for creating thalidomide and sarin gas and testing it on mm-hmm. thousands of Jews and working them to death and then sending them off to a death camp when they couldn't work anymore four years in jail 
you get more than that should now if you should have, should have sent him through the Irish course it would have got yeah. lesser of a sentence yeah <laughs> you, you kill someone in Ireland now you do seven years in jail <laughs> like he did four for like 25,000 dead people in Birkenau yeah that's, that's I mean to get to get thalidomide and sarin gas to be mm-hmm. in our like in our existence like yeah that's uh, four years is, is indirectly responsible for Tokyo subway attack yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and thousands of thalidomide babies all over the US mm-hmm. and the UK like that's worth it right four years yeah, yeah. If, you, if that's what was your end goal then you're like yeah you know I'll kick back read what a few fuck, books man? here and they're going to treat me alright so these other operations we've talked about some of them like Operation Dustbin it was a top secret joint program between the British and Americans to interrogate these German scientists but not too hard because we didn't want them to clam up and uh, th- these scientists like Gerhard Schrader, Otto Ambrose and Werner von Braun questioned at length for weeks and weeks and treated real nice and given all the good meats and cheeses and mm-hmm. lovely wine and fresh bed linen every night and, were, you know, give a kiss goodnight and took them in and took a pat on the bum and anything that they wanted. Walked they were baby like, sung to them in German. Yeah, yeah. Werner von Braun is all like, I won't tell you anything today, but tomorrow I want cheesecake. Like and holding out for weeks and weeks and just being treated real nice yeah. a lot of the guys that were kept so with the likes of the crew that were all around Reinhard Galen like those guys were kept in West Germany uh, to, to spy on the Russians because they claimed to the US authorities they're like yeah everything you need to know about the Russians we know so don't kill us or torture us okay like very much uh, uh, don't even treat us badly at all yeah in fact give me, give me everything that I want yeah. a massive budget and allow me to employ 600 of my old Nazi bodies because we know what we're doing we work together we are close knit community like that shit is allowed to happen yep do you know um, for the greater good <laughs> yeah we got them they're greater good well uh, like these guys got got uh, let's well let's talk about Reinhard Galen then before we get into these before we get into these operations like Operation Dustbin or Operation Ashcan was the extraction of information through I think f- like fairly innocuous means uh, Reinhard Galen was the head of Nazi Soviet intelligence for the whole of the Nazi Party right and he got like six hundred dudes together in East Germany. And he was encamped there and he got he got like 600 dudes to come together to spy on the russians and give in, intel to the allies and he was treated like a lord right right Gart? yeah i mean this guy was given personally up to a million dollars a year and this is in just post-war money this, this is tens of millions now he's running a spy network the overall budget of which was 15 million a year you know and this he is described as a monster by many people who worked with him he he was assassinating people he was uncovering uh uncovering double agents working yeah. for the Russians he was breaking apart uh, Yugoslavian uh, secret service um, espionage operations in Western Europe and this guy this organization the Galen organization that he develops goes on to become the West German intelligence agency that's fucked the equivalent wow. of the CIA yeah. CIC right um, that was what it, that was what it, is, it originated as. Bundes Nachtes Go on, go on. You have to do it right. Come on, for respect out for the Nazis. Bundes Whatever. If you're German, you can write in and explain what. Bundes Something like that. Yes. And you know, some of his agents were mass murderers. There's one guy, uh, Elias Brunner, who murdered 150,000 Jews in a Drancy internment camp. And this was the guys that they play pool and go for beers with on Friday when they're finished working their million dollars a year job. Yeah. Like, uh, they all got to live and walk around 
in the place that they were from and just be like, oh yeah, I was supposed to choose to die. If he did that, keep it on the DL. Can I get two beers, Hans? <laughs> and the reason they were able to is because they were superbly just effective agents. Effective. I love that word now today, man. That's yeah. a good word. They're very good at what they did. And But uh, a British agent said American intelligence is a, a rich blind man using Abfire as a seeing eye dog. The only trouble is the leash is much too long because they were basically able to do whatever they want, kill yeah. whoever they want, get yeah. all this money. And this is only a few years after the war. And these guys are essentially just moving from being one person's intelligence agency just like with the KGB turning yeah. to FSB they're just like relabeled the things on the door keep on going lads you've got your network you've do got your you agents do. send the reports to this address instead of the other one like now. the KKK which is now the NRA <laughs> <laughs> set up on the same day <laughs> really yeah told you careful now <laughs> and uh, uh, I, hopefully when I go to America I will I, I am and we're going to do a show on the KKK here too I'm gonna, I, I want to go and talk to those guys KKK and the NRA and I'm going to ask them what's the crack hmm. are you all bed together what's the crack here have you got have you got a have you got a hood in the wardrobe you got a hood that'll fit me <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> come on only if it's raining so yeah I think Galen was a really important um, like a very important figure in this whole kind of narrative we're put, putting forward which mm-hmm. is well I'm putting forward which is that uh, the the Nazis in their inculcation into the US military complex did retain an awful lot of control and an awful lot of autonomy and through like uh, information is power through this uh, retention of information and it wasn't like they went to Galen and said hey Galen can you show us how to do what you do it's like you just do what you do and we'll pay you mm. Right, they, he wasn't passing on his, his contacts. He wasn't passing on his uh, expertise, or he wasn't passing on any of that stuff. He was just doing it, and he was almost autonomous and and disparate from because he's in Germany. Like he's not; they don't really have that much control. The CIA is only created in the early fifties, so it's not really, and there's not really anything that didn't have a reach. They couldn't get to him really. So now you're going like, if he's going to be in, and I, like I watched the whole like documentaries about Galen as well, like and. Uh, the CIA when it was created totally absorbed his organization mm-hmm. and in fact the whole organization and the intelligence that they were working with to try and counteract Soviet uh, uh, you know espionage attempts mm-hmm. all of that stuff was based on Galen's intel which incidentally means that the current German intelligence community is effectively a wing of the CIA could and, be argued uh, it could be argued and Germany then being the center point of the entire European Union could mean that the CIA, European Union. But don't confuse the deep state with the state. They're separate for a reason. They have yeah, different as well. imperatives. Shit goes deep. Deep state. It, it, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, I mean, we'll all be alive to see the world end at this point. Like, we will all be. Do you think that? You, uh, absolutely, yeah. What does course. the world end mean? Like, uh, do you, everyone has to die? What's in your head? What's, what's the end of the world? Uh, that's a different show. <laughs> I've always, always believed, I always said that, you know, I think I'll be alive to see about 75% of the world's population, you know, being extremely affected by some uh, global It's an event. ambition. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have dreams. Yeah. That's why I'm a selfish I, I, bastard I think, with no wife and kids. I think like, it's no one way. of those things that's hanging over all of us, though. We all really feel that. Yeah. I think we all really oh, feel yeah. we will see the end of the world. And I mean, with the shit that's or going on in the last so few years. something so catastrophic that it just knocks everything that's gone mm. behind us. That's it. Yeah. Just we'll be, we'll you know, not to harp on about it, but I think as as a writer, I feel like there's now a responsibility to make positive myths. We're talking about apocalyptic yeah. movies because I think we the reason we feel that it's not necessarily that things are so bad; it's that everything we see 
has that story mm, yeah. everything every TV show every superhero movie things are about to end and maybe it's just saved or maybe apocalyptic it ubiquity it's, yeah. it's so and it, we need positive fucking stories about what the future could be like because it's you know it's not impossible that it could we could have one or positive stories about alien you contact know? yeah Tom, Tom DeLong. No, we're not afraid of him. <laughs> well, uh, G- like Galen uh, adopted into that CIA architecture and that whole like information, like the, the reason the CIA was made was to make sure that the domestic and international threat, like the domestic threat was more important to, to get a hold of in America in the 50s. Like make sure it was a red scare, make sure that people weren't, you know, uh, reporting to the commies like there was... Uh, even with like the Bay of Pigs and all this kind of stuff like you're fighting you're going to Korea you're going to uh, Vietnam you're making sure Cuba is not acting the bollocks and the whole thing is communism is the enemy Bolshevism is the enemy like mm-hmm. socialism is the enemy capitalism is king let's fight against this thing and yet these guys these national socialists are on the payroll and every bit of intelligence that they have about Russia kind of started off using the language that Galen and these 600 former serious Nazis ardent Nazis made like the CIA is built on a bedrock of Nazis mm-hmm. so how can you then when you say like oh yeah they have a load of black sites in South America they have this is going to be used in a fucking court case at some point as well this soundbite that I'm talking now with um, the, the, in South America like when you have a load of shit going on there you have a load of shit going on in Africa you have a load of shit going on in Eastern Europe during the 90s you have a load of shit going on uh, wherever the fuck it's going on yep. CIA is involved or yep. whatever they're doing black, op, black ops or, uh, 70s like dark operations Iran. yeah Iran Contra and all that like all of that stuff is all built on a bedrock of 600 Nazis pretty much and, and the rest of the Nazis the rest of the guys who were in America and, and all the stuff like yeah. it's all built on all of those guys but like the CIA itself still operating as as the Schulstaffe where its primary directive is to oppose Bolshevism mm-hmm. like that's fucked yeah. which is which was the primary directive of, of the Nazi intelligence it's fucked it's it's interesting when and you lay it side by side yeah. you're like fuck man but and really, then you look at the CIA crest and it has the eagle and it's holding the sticks and it's doing the stuff yeah. it's on the the, the, the flag and all it that. really yeah. puts yeah. pay to them to the all of the stuff they said about communism in the 50s I mean the everything that they opposed them all the you know the human rights stuff the Nazis did far worse stuff and they embraced them yeah. so what they were really opposing was the other side of communism <clears throat> the yeah. side of empowering workers the side of seizing capital yeah, completely, breaking yeah. down the banks breaking down mm-hmm. the power of corporations that's the part that they were afraid of and the rest is all literally just pure propaganda not that the communists didn't do lots of terrible things but But that that was just the the functional aspects of communism that like when you inject communism into a real society with real people you have to deal with stuff like personal greed and all that stuff that can't be really managed any any authoritarian society goes the same way the Nazis communists whoever if you've got a leader at the top with absolute power it's not very long until they start murdering people it'll be corrupt Yeah, but the, the fact Absolute that the power. CIA would go on to do stuff like uh, MK and Naomi and MK Ultra and all of these different experiments using like uh, and it's all documented it's yeah all documented. right is, up to 71 this isn't conspiracy as, as, as you as well know this isn't conspiracy bullshit yeah. you know? and all this collapsing all governments happened. across Southeast Asia and yeah, across um, Latin America installing uh, the Jim Jones in, in, in Guyana and doing all those things like they've had their hand in everything and it seems like they didn't just operate in Europe as German Nazis. This was like, okay, we have free reign, we have a black operations budget, and we have nobody can say anything to us ever because, you know, we're 
representative of the American government. Yeah. Like that's fucked. And we're doing the right thing. Just, you know. Yeah. So I really hope to. That's what they're selling. I really hope to like d- dig deeper into this in the show in the future for, for, you know, the CIA, like the history of CIA, how it was started, where it comes from. Do you know? It, it, yeah, you're right. This will come up in a court case, but you won't have a lawyer, and the judge yeah. will be in uniform. <laughs> get, you get me on a list. There's anyway. only one. There's only one verdict in that court, and they carried out right after you leave the court, <laughs> right behind the ear. Well, look at man. You know, at least uh, uh, like like some some people have said. At least when we're all in the cages, I can lean out the front and go like, "What the Jews all do?" It's like I fucking talked about it. At least you know, shit. Um, <laughs> So there was these other operations then, uh, like as well as Galen's uh, inclusion into the CIA architecture, there was always stuff like uh, uh, the, the US, the UK and Russia trying to come in and get, like pick apart the carcass of uh, the, the, the Nazi war machine. Uh, Operation Apple Pie was a project to kidnap leading Wehrmacht operatives and interrogate them for information by the US and the UK. Yeah. Like that was, they, they had their, their, their list that they found in the toilet. Like that was... It was a purposeful list. Uh, Operation Big was the seizure of German nuclear weapons uh, and all the facilities and materials and personnel relating to it. And they brought all those guys to America, put them out in the desert and went, make shit blow up there, boys. And they did. And they did. Very successful. Absolutely, man. For for, for 20 years. Uh, Operation Backfire was the American version of Operation Ozavakim, where they stripped Mittelwerk of all its tech and rockets and aviation, where the V2s uh, were, were, were being constructed. They also got the personnel and the know-how to launch these rockets. And uh, like we said earlier on, these, these lads wore all their all their Hun gear and got to wear their uniforms and their shiny boots for that's one a, last that's, time. That's probably, yeah. That's Demented. Yeah, and really that, that, that footage is often seen as like, these are Germans <laughs> launching rockets during the war. It's like, nah, man, that's in like 1946. <laughs> that's after the war. It was their one last thing, like their last meal or whatever. Um, all of these guys, like Arthur Rudolph and all, they were the lads that were taken in and they were injected deep into the science community in the US and into the US Army and NASA. Like NASA and the CIA are built on a bed of Nazis. Yeah. And you're telling and me... people like, don't talk about that shit. Like. No, absolutely not. No, no. And the denazification, you know, the, it's, it's, it's just on paper. There's no way that dude, like, just it, said, you know what, you're right. Well, we'll never think of it again. He was, a, he will always be a Nazi inside. But Even like, though he's deep in, in NASA. Or, but like or we said, like what, does na- like, what does that Nazi mean? Does that mean that you have no respect for human life? Like, what's the difference between, like, uh, you know, flaying someone and injecting them with like some weird disease, or just like dropping a load of uh, uh, Agent Orange on them, or like riddling them full of bullets, or like uh, allowing a, a flood to totally destroy their village and and let them all drown. Like, what's the worst death? They're still all dead. Mm. And if they're drowning from a flood, you're not learning anything from them. I can see them, men- like I can understand the mentality of the Nazis going, "Well, look, we need to know this stuff, and those people aren't as important as I am." So fuck it. Let's just kill them and find out what we need. Yeah. Similarly, if the Americans were interrogating these lads and they weren't telling them what they wanted to know, how many of them would you just be like, you're not going to tell me? See yeah, ya. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Bang. You've, you've convinced me you're not going to tell me anything or uh, so, but... It all comes back to dehumanization, though. Yeah. If you, you have a culture... You can't, you can't kill anybody, Gareth, without, without dehumanizing them first, without making them be a, like an object of... Uh, uh, you know uh, suppression like did you have to be like you have something I want if you don't give it to me you're dead I think you can actually I think you can have um, you can have a ritualistic killing like I, w- I would say yeah. that the death penalty is a ritualistic yeah. killing it's got all of the aspects of ritualistic killing and you still believe they're a human but you have decided that in this special case you will do X, Y and Z but you can't kill en masse without dehumanization you can't kill a people or yeah. like an ethnicity or a religious group or whatever that requires you to think that they're less than human and I worry now I really worry about the use of um 
dehumanizing language in, in culture in general. And we can't kind of get into it earlier. But yeah. on both, like you see it on Twitter all the time, people saying this person is a piece of shit. Yeah. This person is nothing. Like and uh, talking about their political opponents or whatever, and that's so dangerous. Yeah. No person is a piece of shit. I mean, I've said it myself, but it's you know uh, that's a that's one example. But this kind of language, which which like may like you disagree with me therefore you're, therefore you're 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 nothing and you're, i'm going and i'm going to use almost violent words towards you you yeah, just in this little comment section like i mean people laugh at the, the you're only five comments away from being called well, you know, Nazi or a fag or something on, on yeah. YouTube, you know what I mean? But it's true, the language on that. You're like, well, people, but, but it's also... Do you ever watch a live news feed? Yeah. Say, and, and you just see the, 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 the comments coming up. Like, oh every Twitch God. stream ever. It's every journal article, all but, the comments. But think about this. I put it to you like this then. It's the dehumanization of the receiver and yes, the broadcaster. Absolutely. So the broadcaster is sitting behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about on the break earlier on, uh, people are becoming like they're they're ingest, investing more of their life into an abstract existence online, where they can be whoever they want to be and say whatever they want to say. And these people are just like shouting into the sky. Yep. But mm-hmm. shouting like, you know, nigger, fag, yep, like yep. fucking Nazi, whatever Shocking they want, language. just shouting it into the sky. Yeah. At mm-hmm. people who are real people who feel it and and you know, so they're dehumanizing the people they say mm-hmm. it to, but they're also dehumanizing, dehumanizing themselves to get it out of them. Completely because yeah. at the, then it's, it's like, like a psychopathic uh, like a psychopathy there, you know. If you get into it long enough, I see more people like be genuinely angry for the rest of the day. Yeah. Because yeah. they got into a little something on Facebook. Yeah. And it's, it's I think a lot of it makes them feel alive a little bit, like cutting or something. Well, well, maybe. That's why, why why else would you engage with that instead of just going, yeah. fuck that? Because I, I, pers- I personally like don't. Sometimes I think to myself, you know, God, am I seen as some sort of like coward or because yeah, I, yeah. I won't engage or something like that? But my, my soul and my spirit is telling yeah. me, don't do it's it. Stealing your life force, man. Stealing your oh, fucking you life Every time you have an argument with someone online, you feel drained and awful yeah. after. It doesn't like matter. That, that person how who attacked you, you were, was just a complete stranger. And then yeah. all the friends that liked it was a complete stranger. That was an attack. Sarah Milliken was on TV the other night. Sarah Milliken, she's a British comedian. And she said, uh, she basically said, you know, you know what, fame, these days, who'd fucking have it? Who'd have it, really, she says. Because she says she finds it terrifying and people actually attack her. She doesn't do, she hasn't had a great night or a great show or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe even they just passed her in the street. They then can contact her and give her reams of abuse. Yeah, through Twitter. Through Twitter. And, uh, and then she said, one day she, 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 she got a message that was waiting for him. She opened it up and said, uh, I saw you taking your rubbish out earlier. Oh Jesus! Jesus. Went, oh my God! I see. I see. You're after ha- you, you, four cans of passata. What were you doing? <laughs> oh, I, can't, ha- I can't even take new rubbish out of my pants now. She said. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing of though, like um, the fact that the dehumanization you say of mm-hmm. of people online or whatever. But look at and we're not going to get deep into it. But look at like Harvey Weinstein, where he has all of this stuff, and there's some you know there's some uh, 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 rumors flying around Hollywood, and people are saying that no one really cares. And then finally, bump, there's concrete evidence, something like that, and everyone jumps on this bandwagon, and the pitchforks come out, and they're calling for his execution mm-hmm. and his death, and he's like a piece of shit, and he's worth less than not like that mass. Uh, you know that John Ronson wrote that book so you've been publicly shamed mm-hmm. or whatever like all of that there's a phenomenon now call out culture call out culture where these Nazis wouldn't get away with that stuff but have we gone too far to the other side where now somebody says uh, something on like a voicemail or they send a text message or a dick pic or they do the wrong thing somewhere somehow that offends a certain set of people and everyone jumps on it I and see. then like your one sticking her finger up at Trump she gets fired all the stuff like is that 
gone too far the other way oh, I think the, it's the power that puts in the hands of someone that wants to silence you there's not a you know you give me seven think, lines written by the noblest man I'll give you enough to hang him yeah like it's a give me 140 characters and I'll give you enough yeah. to hang him there's not a person it's a long way from planet. give me a lever and a fulcrum and I'll move the world you know yeah. <laughs> but there's not a person on this planet who couldn't be condemned for something they've said or done mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah absolutely even in this show like 20 times I've already been as you, as you say yeah sure Weinstein he's a monster but like you know, it keeps pushing a little bit further and further. And, you know, and I would agree, Louis C.K., what he does, you know, with the masturbating in front of people who he's asked permission of, but who he's in charge of, not okay. Is it equivalent? Of course not. Yeah. Mm. On any level? No. Obviously. It's, not almost, it's almost embarrassing. You know, you, you kind of laugh at that and say, Louis, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, what is that? What are you doing? Yeah, are you it, doing? It's on the lines of, a, of an unhealthy compulsion, maybe an emotional problem. Yeah. yeah. But like... It's a public order offense rather than like a sexual assault. Yeah. Really. And and cool, call him out on it. But the... Yeah, the... You know, the the, the increasing vociferousness and the, the, the need for the mob and the, the pleasure people are taking in the downfall <sighs> of their dark, perceived enemies. The it's or very just engaging dark. in, in It's very, It's very like dark. social media Nuremberg trials all the time. Every day. Yeah. Every, Every day. Hour. And, and if, the offences are less and less and if less. If this is the new normal... It's then, only going to get worse. Then that's... that's the, it, One moment is one thing, but if that's how it is from now on... It is how it is. How, there's no stopping this. There's no p- putting this into reverse. How are you going to tell everybody to, you know, not go... Shut down the internet? What? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. And, uh, for Which is the equivalent of, uh, you know, the apocalypse. Maybe that's the apocalypse that people are That's the about. apocalypse, yeah. The, the, the unplugging, the the deconnection de- from the matrix. Yeah. But it, it's weird, though, how, like, um, everybody is waiting on this thing to happen. And you have uh, so many people that are so, like, aroused by this stuff all the time. There's mm-hmm. no way to... I don't, I don't think there is really a way to stop it without cutting off something like the internet or cutting off so like there's some fun, <laughs> fundamental structure there that has to be an ext- gotten rid of yeah an extreme action yeah. but once the internet exists I mean that's it we can make it again and again we could get rid of the internet and we build it again tomorrow yeah. like the idea of the internet's here now we know what it's like well sure everything is blockchain now so there's no like there's no pipe stuff there's no like uh, this we like this coming up to Christmas now there's a thing like net neutrality mm-hmm. there's laws that are going to be in, in, in put in place that are going to fuck up the internet as we know it mm-hmm. and we're going to have to pay loads extra to get access to certain websites and there'll be like tiered pricing systems for internet service providers and it basically just takes away the internet from the hands of the people like, there will be a revolution next year if that happens if that's allowed to go through there'll be an independent like internet where uh, it's not going to be done through internet service providers it's going to be done through like like blockchain uh, yeah. data access and all this kind of stuff and to be honest I think if you're not playing ball with the ideologies that are on that special internet, you're not going to be allowed on. Just like Twitter is kicking people off or Facebook or Google, like YouTube is uh, banning certain messages and all. If you're not willing to you know, do the thing in there, you're just going to have to pay extra and live out in the outside internet. And it's going to cause another like binary... Uh, binary condition in communication between people another like, divide another divide and it's just it, it's Not becoming just what we need increasingly increasingly like uh, compartmentalized between ideology religion sexuality race all this kind of stuff like it's it's you're it's it seems like it's pre-war 
like pre-world war like there's a tinderbox happening and something's gonna happen and like korea will do a thing or something else will do a thing and you can see when you look at stuff like this and the things that people wanted and there needs to be a big jump in consciousness and a big uh, reset of society and like uh, you know a few like a few dozen million people need to need to go and then like bring it all back down to like way less than like the 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 crash in 2008 and then start again and then like have your 50s boom and you know like neo neo neoliberalism comes out and everybody like capitalism like that's how it was kind of organized the first time yeah and the 50s was the best time ever for america it was like the the period the most growth most uh, worst technological in europe though terrible time for Ireland, terrible time for eastern europe terrible time for russia you know yeah but we weren't we weren't the, win- the winners of the war no <laughs> really we didn't win the war we didn't lose it either no i know but no. we didn't have anything to do with like we didn't go in and take all the stuff <laughs> we didn't get all the I, I, technological I, advancements all, all and all that is the consequences of the war weren't a you know a successful reboot of the world uh, in the sense that you're kind of applying there yeah i don't think you're if we do have a world war now europe is not going to get any benefit from it at all i think russia maybe america but definitely russia if we have a world war there's not going to be a, a huge <laughs> yeah you know, unless, it's not, unless they just fight around us there's yeah. no there's no selective world war we have but a world both war of the now. world wars almost destroyed europe yeah like that's they, the whole neither of them had why, why yeah why is that stuff so important in europe why is europe so important uh i think that china are going to come out on top war or no in the mm-hmm. next 10 years anyway they're going to That's be the next long, new superpower long been said no yeah. they're already the, the new superpower yeah, I, mean, I mean look at what they're building the the silk road that they're building across the whole way to africa yeah just the, the trade links that they're developing super fast trains i mean to no country europe and america can't begin to do these infrastructure projects yeah. with the money or the, the human capital this and, and they seem to be destroying themselves from within especially america anyway yeah eating itself like yeah but this operation also came uh they 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 were this is basically like the russian uh operation paperclip where they tried to come and do that thing and they tried to take all the right guys and they just took the wrong cards they got dealt a shit hand they wanted to transport this uh rocket research base from Mittelwerk to the ussr uh and they had trains to transport all the stuff out of germany including the furniture and the families and they took everybody and didn't really treat them the same way as the Americans did, which is like, okay, we'll leave you here for a while. Okay, then we'll move you here for a while. Okay, then we'll fly you across. Okay, now go get your family. Okay, that was incremental. Mm. And they had like four or five years of good concentrated work out of these like former Nazis Mm -hmm. while their families and children still lived in Germany. And it was like, okay, you're here, but you're only here for one reason. You get up in the morning, you work and you go to fucking sleep and you shut the fuck up. There's a nice dinner and a nice bed. And in 1955 or 56, when everybody's been released from Nuremberg and it's all, you know, everyone's cool. It's like, okay, now bring your families over. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We get you sorted. But as it went along, the furthering of these, like, Nazis' comfort meant the increase in productivity in the U.S. intelligence organizations. The creation of the FBI, the creation of the CIA, the creation of, well, the NSA wasn't at this point, but the the precursors to the NSA, like all of these State Department operations were being done by Nazis and they were all happy out. But Operation Osef Hakim took everybody, because it was all in one landmass, took everyone out at one time and the Nazis just relocated, told the Soviets what they had. The Soviets had real smart dudes, but obviously they weren't doing enough. They weren't doing enough to get where they needed to be and, you know, the Cold War was lost and this kind of crack but like that was a, a, a totally legitimate operation from russia that kind of failed why did the american one win this is that that's why i know, asked like, earlier that's it's why, why why did they you know is it because they left the families at home and forced the, the men to work for like 10 years without their families is this yeah 
like all you had was work and if you didn't work you were sent to the camps <laughs> as you said earlier yeah ca- catch more honey yeah that's just the other thing that uh, I mentioned Saxonhausen earlier you know yeah. the weird thing about that place is that it closed in whenever it was 45 and it reopens like two years later as a camp yeah. and they throw a lot of the same people back in they threw the Lutherans back in they threw the gays back in a lot of the same people literally the same person back in the camp that they'd been in a couple of years before under the Russians so they're, so they're like Horror. so they're like Imagine. oh my they're like God. yeah yeah the, the war is over you're, I you're, got you're out you're back in that cell that you've been having nightmares <laughs> about for the last few years and now you're actually back there yeah. it's not a nightmare yeah. and there's nothing you could do about it see that's the thing it was like a seamless transition from one tire, one tyranny to another tyranny mm-hmm. where it was like Nazis 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 Russians Russians Ru-. like the world didn't get a chance to breathe mm-hmm. I don't think you know uh, there was another one called another operation called Operation Surgeon and this was a British World War II program to exploit German aeronautics and more importantly deny this information from the Soviets through uh, collusion and, and uh, you know, the James Bond kind of moves to, to, to make sure they didn't have all the right papers a list of 1,500 scientists was drawn up and they were to be removed from Germany whether they liked it or not rather than let them fall into enemy hands so they took lads they didn't even want or need just so that they wouldn't go to the enemy kidnap and you can imagine at this point like it's 1945 and the allies are fighting by your side you now go okay the Germans have lost it's like playing a risk you know uh uh where you and a mate are teaming up against some other third cunt and then you realize when he's nearly dead you're like oh it's, it's going to be him and me now mm. okay i need to have to start making some moves and try not to get caught and and i'm thinking about that already as i watched yeah the, you know. But it's a zero-sum game then. You know from the start that the Americans want to win all the cards rather than everybody get a little piece and it all, you know. The the mentality of the Americans to go into that war like that, to go, okay, Russia, okay, we're going to have to get rid of them after we get rid of these Nazis. We're sound to them until then. There's there's no no way that was just, you know, that that was planned out. Right, if we do this, if we do get into this, you know. To know, like, the, the yeah. exit strategy. So what if we win? All right, if we win, then we take them out as well. Uh, one of the other operations, Operation Bloodstone, which is the CIA seeking out Nazis and collaborators in Soviet-controlled areas in Germany to work as undercover U.S. intelligence inside of the USSR, South America, Canada, as well as in the U.S. So these were, like, the, the guy in Indiana Jones with the, the black hat and the leather coat and the glasses. Like, these type of guys who would just go around investigating people. And these were the lads who were just randomly calling people... Uh, uh, you know uh you're 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 a rusky oh you you commie like these were nazis going around accusing people of being communist in america can you imagine how annoyed you'd be (laughs) if you were like after fighting in the war at 20 and then you were 40 and you had kids and you were in this job and you said something about like ah fucking bullshit and someone goes what did you say sounds like commie yeah sounds like communist talk yeah can you imagine that like uh, these these guys were usually high-ranking Nazi intelligence, and it was all approved by the State Department in 1948. So it's all on paper. These these guys, Operation Bloodstone, got these high-ranking intelligence officers in, like the likes of Galen and guys like that, to go and investigate, like to see if Americans were being double agents and stuff. Wow! Like that is that's criminal. Hmm. Do you know? Um, some of the Nazi war crimes, uh, like we're not going to go too deep in the Nazi war crimes, but uh, the the stuff that these guys were doing you know on paper you can look at it and kind of disassociate yourself from it and go yeah okay that's that's pretty bad but uh some of the some of the stuff like obviously holocaust and these kind of things war camps and all that stuff but there was other uh particular uh technical war crimes that they were committing that i don't think people talk about enough or as much uh one of which was the commissar order which is the anti-russian order where they executed all the officer classes 
uh, of the of the uh, the Soviet forces and these m- mandatory participations of uh, this ideological battle on the Eastern Campaign where they made their own German soldiers like hate Russia, mm. hate Soviets, and hate Bolshevists. And uh, the the OKW declared that the Wehrmacht was to quote free itself from all elements among the prisoners of war considered Bolshevik driving forces. Mm. Uh, the special situation of the Eastern Campaign therefore demands special measures, which were was a euphemism basically for mass executions, yeah. which are to be carried out free from bureaucratic and administrative influence and with a willingness to accept responsibility. It was a license to kill anybody yeah. wearing Russian stuff. Kill them. If they surrender, kill them. If they're fucking... A license to murder. Murder. Mm -hmm. If you're lying down, you know, having a rest and a nap, don't arrest them. Kill them. Kill everybody. And it was a push towards what we we now call the Barbarossa Decree, which was a decree from the Wehrmacht, from the German government, that the war in the Eastern Front was one of extermination and not of... Uh, it, it was a zero-sum game. Like, it wasn't to be, uh, you know, uh, taking prisoners of war and keeping all that stuff. They didn't have enough food on the Eastern Front to keep these prisoners alive if they did yeah. take them prisoner so just like kill every cunt it's kill just everybody. easier that way easier that kill yeah. everyone it's what we wanted to do in the first place these uh, Russian political and intellectual elites were to be wiped out and ensured a long lasting German victory uh, the order specified that the partisans are to be ruthlessly eliminated every officer in the German occupation in the east uh, will be obliged to, to perform executions uh, they say if you have not managed to identify and punish the perpetrators of anti-German acts you are allowed to apply the principle of collective responsibility so if somebody in a group is doing something anti-German you can kill the whole group and uh, German soldiers who commit crimes against humanity the USSR and prisoners of war are to be exempted from criminal responsibility even if they commit acts punishable according to the German law or indeed the Geneva Convention which yeah. loads of that stuff contravened like fucked up man wow like, wow <clears throat> just like license to kill they're the war crimes you're talking about with nazis it's always like holocaust holocaust like oh talking about the holocaust like how the 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 rules of engagement didn't apply out the window gone yeah so how do you fight how do you fight a war in that case it's on a continuum though i I don't i wonder can you have a genocide without without also you know having just broad spectrum monstrosity kill whoever you want because like the same mentality that says this group of people aren't human well you can then apply that to any enemy it's the ideological dehumanization of the enemy that's the whole thing they were going like these Bolsheviks don't deserve to Mm -hmm. live Mm -hmm. these Slavs as well it was racialized too and like yeah they, they had they had their they had their criterion their pyramid of humanity you know, you had your German Aryan Jesus. at the top and they went down and down and your high yellows and your Slavs and your Irish or your Africans or whatever it was. Romanians. Yeah. Mm. Your mixed whites, your normal whites, your coloreds. <laughs> yeah. Your greens, your, your nors. It's, this is the Bosch decree. So you have to separate your whites from your coloreds. And uh, there was also a night and fog decree, uh, which was the famous license to kill order again that the Germans were free to enact in the West. So Belgium, France, Luxembourg, Norway, Denmark and the Netherlands. And uh, this demanded ruthless and vigorous measures against Bolshevik inciters, guerrillas, saboteurs, Jews, and the complete elimination of all active and passive resistance. And these, this led to roving massacres of villages as they moved across Europe. Just go in and go, are they all like giving the, giving the Roman salute? No? Kill them, kill them, get some, get some. You know, like they do in the Vietnam War movies where it's just in, no rules of engagement, wipe them out, set fire fucking rape the women yeah kill don't, the kids don't, don't kill them don't kill them all because we need a bunch of people to help us bury these people up in that forest mm. that's it like leave the strong men alive so they can lift their own kids into the graves like I've read stories of just that fucked uh, there was also systematic rapes 
Uh, mass rapes in Soviet Union, usually committed by German soldiers. In Smolensk, uh, German command opened a brothel for officers where the hundreds of women and girls were driven by force uh, into this place. Uh, they used to have like uh, uh, f- uh, forced, like Wehrmacht brothels because they thought that uh, these guys, you know, they were going to get venereal disease and there was rampant masturbation uh, among the troops. So this, like, they wanted to, and this is a quote, to quell the possibility of latent homosexual activity. So they didn't want these guys dying for the ride so much that they started fucking giving each other wanks on the front lines, right? Yeah. yeah. And these mass raids were carried out amongst Polish women in these places. And like I said earlier on, uh, Mengele was like, come here, if you're going to rape that whole village, if I even get pregnant, make sure I get first dibs. On the kid. Or on the fetus. On the, on the pregnant woman to give yeah. it a go, give it a rub around. Like, yeah. that's fucked, right? Like, that's like Genghis Khan shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know? And then after the war, the Russians did exactly the same thing in Germany. They did. Mass rape of the civilian population. And Poland. and As, as a revenge, which, you know. That's, that's right. And there, there are millions of people alive today who are descended from those mass rapes on both sides, which is incomprehensible when you think about it. Yeah, uh, I've seen like testimonies where they say, I couldn't believe it was actually worse than when, uh, you know, I was being... The Nazis were here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was worse when they came. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an art, Irish artist um who shall remain nameless but um former girlfriend of mine was her assistant and she was a German um and she during World War 2 she was like a you know 12 13 whatever uh towards the end of the war and they had to hide from the Russian troops in the woods outside town because they were girls of rapeable age. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, talk about a rape culture now when someone comes up and says hey nice tits. Yeah, is that, is that your come on? No, but I mean, are you looking nice? Yeah, are you you look, have you heard it recently? Are you looking not for me? No, no. You <laughs> look nice a lot of baggy jumpers. Yeah, uh, it's fucked. That's a, just yeah. when you put it in perspective, you're like Jesus Christ. That's mental. If you wanted to look that up, it's a mm-hmm. very, very dark chapter mm-hmm. in the Russian, mm-hmm. and it happened in uh, with the Japanese in China as well. It did indeed. Yeah, well, we had that, Korea. that was called Unit Seven Three One. So there was uh, there was a, a, a an epidemic protection. Uh, and water purification department of the Kwangtung army and they were responsible for some of the most covert and inhuman lethal experiments of the whole war uh, the unit 731 camp was uh, uh, located at Ping Fang and had 3,000 men women and children and the Chinese Soviet and Korean people were all victims here and their experiments were of the utmost value to the US after the war because they got uh, all this like super valuable like uh, uh, human limitation information so instead of being tried for war crimes they exchanged all the data with the japanese and they gathered these uh, prisoners of war and and they all got freedom but these weapons and techniques were co-opted into the u.s biological warfare system and general MacArthur declared that information gathered from japanese prisoners won't be classified as war crimes evidence because it was it was it was taken into the u.s canon uh, the public outrage and expert testimony was dismissed as communist propaganda mm. in the late 40s and early 50s. So project codename Maruta, which means logs, which is what they call the bodies because the cover for the research base for Unit 731 was a lumber mill. Uh, so they called bodies logs. How about dehumanization, right? Yeah. People rounded up for suspicious activities or dissent were subjected to these experiments and the scientists would vivisect the captives and infect them with highly infectious diseases. And this is including small babies. Uh, they would chop off limbs to study blood loss treatment for field medicine some limbs were reattached in different places so if somebody lost their hand in battle they could attach it to their stomach and then grow it back like put it back on and it'll still it'll be okay later on uh, they did the frozen and thawed stuff that the that the, that the Mengele boys were doing um, they were 
they, they, re, they were mad about the digestive system and the different functions. So they'd remove the stomach and see if the esophagus and the the, the large intestine would, would work together Could as operate. a digestive system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then parts of the major organs, including the brain and the liver, were removed to see if the patient would feel the effects. So they were going into the head, cutting it, scooping out the brains, and then setting them off walking around the place to see if it would work. Yeah, and they would do that. A lot of these experiments were done as well while the patient was conscious. Or yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they were live, yeah, yeah. 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 Vital and, and to away. the vital to the data to make them suffer as much of, as possible. Of course, mm-hmm. there were Soviets. Like, come on. Well, this goes back to our occult thing as well. I mean, the the, the Germans had this profound belief in occult magic, and yeah. there's an argument that the Holocaust is a mechanistic as it is. That on another level, it's ritual sacrifice. The bi- the biggest ritual sacrifice of humanity, which seems insane today. But yeah. you know, when you have people like like Hess who actively believed in the power of magic and were involved in coming up with the idea of the Holocaust itself. Maybe the, the the whole Nazi establishment didn't believe this, but he probably did, almost certainly. Well, the guy, all it takes is the guy in charge to believe it, and then the right. rest of it is all, you know, top down order following. You know, yeah, shit rolling down. Uh, mm. There's a movie about that unit seven three one. Oh I no, my, oh my god! Somebody said, "Have you ever seen it?" And I was like, "No." And they were like, "Oh my god!" They just said it was the, it's the most horrific movie you'll watch without being just a stu- stupid horror. You know, it's Fuck. an actual. Uh, when you know on, it's real yeah it's all based on uh, what, what, what happened there so they just re- recreated in this movie it's supposed to be absolutely just you're like oh my god this is the worst thing I've ever seen and the guy was a, the guy was a big ass doorman and he was just like you know it's the worst man don't ever watch it it was a warning it wasn't like hey have you seen that movie I watch like, every night and I wouldn't recommend you to don't do it <laughs> Oh, your arm's looking good. But it's it it's mad though that the, the the Japanese were experimenting with diseases like syphilis and gonorrhea, uh, and like they were like repeatedly raping these prisoners. Uh, the guards used to to repeatedly rape them to show the effects of sexual assault physically and mentally. Jeez. And they had these people that were like forced. Uh, they were they had forced pregnancies so that they could have the fetuses for experimentation. So this is like like unilateral across the mm. the kind of the, the axis of evil they wanted these babies to experiment on them for some and, reason and you, you're the guard and you've got no choice in this like you have really to rape, have you no have to rape the prisoners because yeah. you've got fuck all going on at, beside this job but they'll shoot you they'll kill you yeah. if you don't cooperate you're dead yeah. uh, they tested black plague transferred by fleas <coughs> they tested cholera anthrax cyanide and TB and these tests were tough enough to have killed uh, over 400,000 Chinese civilians rounded up just for those tests on those diseases uh, the diseases they experiment on were then distributed over the Chinese population using low flying planes so they get like a, a whole load of anthrax and then like fly it in a plane and dump it on people. Like it's fucked. They use prisoners to test out grenades for their effectiveness and new designs of grenades. So like go stand out in that field and then just fuck a grenade into the field beside them to see if it worked or not. Mm. Like that's mental, right? Uh, heat and cold exposure, starvation, injections with animal blood and organ transplants gas chamber and poison tests and they were set to carry out these attacks uh, they were testing it to allegedly to to, to uh, inflict these attacks on San Diego, California on the 22nd of September 1945 it was planned for. They had all this stuff ready to to dump on San Diego but the, the Japanese surrendered just five weeks before that on VJ Day to end the war. Like it came, it came close man to San Diego getting dumped on. Yeah. Very. That's crazy. Um so the main part of like Operation Paperclip for me is not to get the lads into the US and utilize, you know, even unethically utilize their scientific and, and military knowledge. This was the whole uh, 
uh, transportation of these Nazis out of Germany and into freedom in South America, basically, right? Mm. So files discovered in the 90s showed that as many ni- as 9,000 Nazis fled Germany for South America after the war was over. Uh, 5,000 went to Argentina, 2,000 to Brazil, 1,000 in Chile, and some more even went to right-wing regimes in the Middle East, including Egypt. Uh, war criminals from Croatia, Ukraine, and Russia, uh, all who aided the German war machine, all bounced to the other side of the world to avoid extradition, and some estimates go up to 300,000 of these guys who escaped right so uh the reason we're all welcomed so warmly is that the southern american countries uh had these uh, sympathetic leaders like juan peron who we talked about earlier on he sold ten thousand blank passports to what was called project odessa which is the organization set up to protect nazis in the event of the loss in the war set up in 1940 uh people named in these files include adolf eichmann for the holocaust joseph mengele who's dr nauschwitz franz stangle we talked about earlier on from the triplek death camp and investigators even think that some of the germans got back into germany after to live out their days in the fatherland yeah um in brazil the archivo nacional historico in brazil shows that twenty thousand germans settled in brazil between 45 and 59 and uh, there's loads of like german and dutch in the southern southern uh, uh uh, the southern states in Brazil who are you know very German looking and have these German names yeah you know, yeah like Paolo Eichmann or yeah whatever. yeah yeah um, <laughs> but the Red Cross was also culpable and they had uh, 800 high up dudes in the SS and Nazi state entering Argentina on Red Cross passports so the Red Cross was handing out passports to Nazis to make sure that they got where they needed to be even the Red Cross has a dodgy past my god yeah but sure it's a it's a it's only four lines away from a swastika right <laughs> uh, the rat lines is the term used to to describe how the Germans got out of uh, Germany and out to South South America. Otherwise known as Odessa from the American codename, this program was created so that Nazi commanders could have a way to escape from occupied Germany should the Scheisse hit the Entlöffe. And these were called affectionately rat lines and there were ways to get past US and Allied troops. Some say that Odessa is, as an operation, didn't exist and it's not official 100%. uh, But uh, Guy Walters in his book Hunting Evil knows of some other real operations uh, named uh, Consul Skarnhorst's uh, Sexgestern, Liebwacke, and Lustige Bruder. And uh, the consul was an ultranationalist force operating in Germany, and they had these fraternal organizations. It's like it's like a, a you know a Nazi Freemasons, and uh, they would just like get all these lads, and there you go, you're free. Like there, buy a nice hat and a fucking Hawaiian shirt, and you're grand. You know, mm. don't talk too much. Um, the Vatican were also really responsible for the escape of thousands of Nazis and they gave them passports that were unquestioned when entering these South American countries because all the South American countries were in, you know, invariably religious and they oh, it's from Vatican City, okay, you're okay. Yeah. Gerald Steinacker uh, researched documents in the archives of the International Committee of the Red Cross and these include travel documents issued to Nazis for the purposes of escape without detection. Uh, Steinacker claims that Britain and Canada unknowingly took in about 8,000 former Nazis on these Vatican passports. And uh, the Vatican is responsible for issuing war criminals with safe passage. From 1939 on, we can't get any details out of the Vatican about the war and about this stuff. Can't get it. Can't okay. be found. Yeah. Right. Uh, one person that was like the Harriet Tubman of Nazis through the rat lines was known as uh, Alois Hudal, who was a, uh, he was known as Luigi and he was a bishop. And we talked about him earlier on. But he, uh, he basically... He didn't like Jews, and he was he was a, an ardent Nazi, uh, you know, uh, installed in the Vatican, and he was just like, yeah, I mean, the lads are not so bad. Look at them being all being all class, doing all their cool Nazi stuff. Mm. And so when they came asking for help, Houdal used his connections at the Austrian office in Rome to get the Carta di Riconcimiento, which were uh, relocation cards for mainly Arab and South American countries, and he sent them off to Egypt, and says, there you go, free free reign. 
Uh, he wrote a letter in 1948 uh, asking Perón for uh, 5,000 visas for these guys to go there. So, like, the reason that there's Nazis in Argentina is because of this uh, Bishop Hudal. Wow. Like, that's fucked. Yeah, that's The Vatican crazy. had a big hand in it. Yeah. Well, the, the, fact, the fact that the Vatican still exists is because they made a deal with the Germans to be allowed to persist, you know, during World War... Yeah, they sure. could have wiped them out. Yeah, Italy was independent under Mussolini, but it was a cat's paw of Germany. And they, they had to make the deal. I'm not defending it. Quite the opposite. I think they should have been destroyed. But they, they, they made that deal. They compromised and they were allowed to persist by the Germans. And at that point then, they were in bed with them. And yeah. who knows what compromise they basically had on the Vatican and the deal that they made. Yeah. Nazi gold. Here's, here's a lot and lot of Nazi gold. Yeah. And what does the Vatican run on? It's a, it's a plush gaff. <laughs> That's it. I love gold. So during, the, during the, the Cold War, I mean, in the years after the Germans were finished in the war, uh, the space race was obviously the main point of concern. And they had Werner von Braun working for the Americans. Uh, tell us, Garrett, about like uh, some of these the, the Nazi lads helping out to try and get to the moon or at least into space. Uh, yeah, so von Braun and many of the people who'd worked under him on the V program, building uh, the V2 and other rockets, went on to work directly on the Saturn V, which, as we know, brought humans to the moon. Uh, these included Bernhard Tessman, who built the vertical assembly building at NASA, which is the enormous building that they stick rockets in, as tall yeah. as a rocket, and you can you know build the rocket launch assemblies in there too. Yeah. And he designed the Nazi launch facilities at, uh, I don't have your facility with German, but uh, Pienemunde, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pienemunde. Um, yeah, von, von Braun's actual name, uh, SS Sturm Banfuhrer Dr. Baron Werner Magnus Maximilian von Braun, sounds a lot more evil <laughs> when you hear about it that <laughs> way. Sturm when you're, stroking, when you're was, stroking a cat. He was <laughs> apparently the inspiration for Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, yeah, and so again, like I mentioned this earlier, it says on the NASA website and a few other places that, you know, he got in trouble with the Nazis for. Uh, for, for saying oh these are terrible military uses of my glorious space technology nonsense he just was like we're not we're not doing the best business with our rockets went to prison briefly was freed by albert spear and you know he inarguably knew about what was going on because he was getting as we mentioned he was getting his workers directly from buchenwald uh, i think i said birkenau earlier my mistake um and and you know thousands died there and when the american army approached they were also death marched to belson and 6,000 bodies were discovered in Mittelbau where he had his V rocket program. Jesus, Von Braun was not clean on the way out. He no. was not. Uh, but he did, when he came to America, he helped to promote peaceful space exploration which helped to kind of turn the Cold War in a less destructive um, direction. And But then again, you know, we've also mentioned the V2 program. I mean, it's not effective as a, as a military weapon but it did kill thousands of people primarily in London. Yeah. So there's some blood in his hands there too. Uh, but he, he, in 1958, from the United States, he launched, his team launched Explorer 1, America's first satellite. So they, they, they don't uh, quite do it before Sputnik, but yeah. very, very quickly after they spin up in mm. the propaganda race. And in 1960, he becomes director of the George C. Marshall Space Flight Center, which goes on to develop the Saturn program. So he comes up with America's space program. I think he's, he's kind of the golden boy of Operation Paperclip. I think he's the, probably the most valuable asset that the United States got from it. Yeah. And everybody that was working with him, the 600 dudes that he had working. Like, I know uh, uh, Galen was pretty valuable as well when it came to, like, anti-Soviet intelligence, but, like, Von Braun was the man who made the propaganda machine pop a little bit. Mm -hmm. As well as, like, you know, doing amazing feats of technological leaps forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, d did he shake off the Nazism afterwards? 
who knows he made good rockets though I don't see how they can do that it's always going to be in there exactly and Garrett you looked into uh, uh, the Disney link to the Nazis oh this is unreal I I, I mean is, is it is it as, as prolific as you would imagine like people say it like is it true well, so he, he basically became, as you mentioned, the poster boy for the American space program. He was pictured, um, as you mentioned, with um, JFK, yeah. mm-hmm. and he was he was a regular on American TV, primarily in three massively popular programs that he, he made with Disney about space exploration. He wasn't just a talking head. He came up with the idea for these programs. He built the little models, and he was there talking about the future, America's glorious future in Maybe space. Maybe he was just out to just further his own agenda, and whatever regime was going to help him do that he would just like because he was always excited yeah. about that back in the day this was yeah. his like, dream he'd finally uh, reached to the point where he's like yes cool I get to do this stuff like just forget about all that stuff we're having here here we go this is going to be awesome and then as soon as the Americans were like no we're not really into it like we went to the moon that's all we needed he's like but but aww. I quit door and face yeah 42 million people watched that first program so that's 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 1955 that's responsible for you know so millions 30, of engineers 30 percent of the population so it, much yeah. of so much of the american enthusiasm for science and technology came out that's, of that's that, that's what that figure shows the, the, yeah. the, the people were like oh, this is awesome and they were looking to the stars and and he also published uh, with collier's magazine a series of articles in the 50s which reached about four million people per issue about the future of man colonies and these are amazing if you've ever seen those 50s illustrations absolutely of people yeah. living They're in dice the domes yeah that's all von, von Braun. and the and very pointy uh, rocket ships that got them there yeah but I, isn't it like that he he knew something that other people didn't he had knowledge that other people didn't have and he was willing to share it whereas now there's guys like like super billionaires and, and Elon like Musk massive, and yeah and they're, they're not they're not being as open as Van Brown was in the 60s and 70s I think Elon Musk's vision for, for his space program is pretty public yeah much more I mean, so than NASA's yeah maybe so I would and, say you so, know he's almost certainly inspired by this exact stuff yeah what exactly what they're trying to do altruistic humanism and uh, well, advancing his, the human race his ideology uh, might be different but his goals are certainly the same yeah. to like to get to make human humanity a multi-planet species to get us out there amongst the stars get out of here before it turns into a fucking war zone he's yeah. just like yeah. I, ha- I, ha- I still stand by this theory that Elon Musk is actually a Martian and he's stuck here and he just has to advance our technology so he can get, get home. back home almost That's certainly all. true I, I, I can imagine it so like, there's a, so PayPal I need to make a new money so that when real money fails there's something behind it okay let's make some rockets so like, is there a, a po- movie poster on Mars that has Elon Musk in a mask <laughs> with bring him home in the caption uh, Matt Damon is raging <laughs> so I mean we could go into Operation Paperclip and all the stuff to do with Nazis for hours and hours and hours we've done an MK Ultra episode we've done you know all the, the you could do I'd say you could do we could have done another five hours on just the profiles of those big hitters alone so right? many uh, demented amount of stuff. Yeah. Um. We we I I have another sub like supplementary uh, audio clips up on the Patreon where we're describing all the other dudes, and uh, like I think I think it's time to get off the fence on Operation Paperclip. Like we could go longer. We're running out of space. Running out of road. Um. G- Garrett, we we'll go first with Garrett. So get off the fence, then Garrett about uh uh the morality between the information gleaned and the uh the method which which it was discovered or acquired well like, if, if you'd asked me before we looked into all this stuff mm. you know i would have said yeah the what the nazis did is unforgivable but the information is all sitting there the knowledge is there let's say the v2 rockets like all of yeah. the trajectories the engine designs it's all there you know it, it's it's a moral imperative to use that information for the good of mankind or whatever but then when you look at how they infected the american intelligence community and became a key part of the German intelligence in Europe, all this kind of stuff. 
and when you look at you think about America and this economy of perpetual war and the destabilization of Latin America and all that stuff, it, you know they they paid a, a a heavy price for what they took on that the. I don't want to use the language of sin, but you know there was a burden of guilt that was never repaid there. Yeah, and it, it, you know who who can say what what impact that had in America? They could have been responsible for the the non acceptance of socialism as an actual like social paradigm. Uh, the bad the bad press coming from the West about socialism because it was centered around Nazis maybe we could be living in a socialist utopia right now. <laughs> Hardly a socialist utopia, but you know maybe America. Um, who who can say? Maybe maybe the communists would have swept Europe. Yeah, you know, may, or maybe um, there would have been a more political accommodation, and the Cold War wouldn't have become as hot as it came. It very nearly came to global annihilation. Maybe it would have been a more civil um, arrangement between uh, more um, horizontally, uh, more equally powerful powers, yeah. rather than mm. this kind of America as a far more militarily powerful country and Russia acting in a, in a violently antagonistic way. Because in of their a, a zero-sum game paradigm, like that, one, one ideology has to win over the other. As for these individual scientists, I think that it's, they, they needed to be, they needed to be punished. Maybe they should have been working, but you know, certainly not the freedom with the with the wealth that accrued them. And what about Reinhard Galen? Should like obviously he shouldn't have been. I'm not getting off the fence for you. Let's ask: Should he have been afforded the budget and the freedom that he was given in to live in his own home country and operate as a an intelligence agent uh, for for a different regime? Well, we didn't really get into researching what what his potential crimes may have been but it seems like he was given free reign which is an incredibly dangerous thing to do i think torture and and these kind of like intelligence agency quintessentialities were his forte well there's a cia torture manual written um by this guy uh who wrote science fiction called cordwainer smith that was a sci-fi name i forget his actual okay. his actual regular his was non, it non- reinhard galen <laughs> <laughs> but but those techniques would have probably come you know in part from yeah. the nazis so i think there again you know yeah these people should have been in prison they should have been punished and you know maybe this is the abject lesson um that you don't use you know the forbidden knowledge that you 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 actually have to reject it whole whole handedly wholeheartedly not ideologically but because of what comes with it yeah it's it heavy lays the crown or whatever like the the not the, the head full of knowledge got from nazis makes you all work and all play uh so uh, yeah. the escape to warmer climes and the rat lines this kind of uh acquiescence of i i like i would say like mor- morally they should be like morally uh, uh respectable organizations that kind of allowed this stuff to happen like how do you think about like the vatican the u.s government uh the red cross these kind of people allowing or facilitating nazis to escape punishment and also work they were just allowed to just go to another country like how do you feel about that get off the fence about oh it's it's outrageous but i suppose it's i didn't realize that how culpable they were you kind of assume that they were all snuck out and then you see about this stuff with the passports and stuff yeah it's 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 on it's appealing to appealing to international leaders to to grant visas like yeah that. yeah yeah well, per on yeah yeah it, it, they just money money talks and influence talks that the germans had skills talent they had money and they were the right color and they were just allowed to escape that's it's 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 merciless it's it's unbelievable that that, that people who committed genocide in many cases just escaped scot-free lived a life of luxury mm. in, in a sunnier climate they even got to retire in the sun yeah early early retirement yeah, it's marry, hooked. have kids, go on and live their life. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable. <laughs> so then, Emmett, get off the fence. We're going to talk about some uh, some Nazi culpability here. Uh, do you think that the ends justify the means? <laughs> <laughs> I think I said it a couple of times during the, during the today that 
maybe one just went look i know it's terrible it's awful it's really really bad and everything like that but the technology is there and we really need it and for a leap forward who knows when we're going to make that leap forward ourselves it could be a decade or more uh we will be be behind you know what what's done is done yes it's shit and everything like that but uh i i think grabbing the technology with both hands especially for uh, rocketry yeah do you think that like the fact that the nazis went and did like where would you come up with the ideas for that stuff was their initial and i know garrett said like their initial impulse was not to harm and maim it wasn't like a psych a psychopathic kind of destruction that they wanted they, they were actually doing it for scientific reasons yeah in the same way that like a child would burn ants with a magnifying glass just to see what would happen mm. uh do, like do, do you think that because it's a two-part question like uh, do you think that that's justifiable if you can get a if you can get away with it the way they got away because they kind of did most of them did get away with it to be honest that's and what i have a problem there's with. no sense of justice no but also uh the, the information gleaned from that it's kind of like well we wouldn't have the stuff we have now if we didn't do that like that two-part question of like is it is it justified that we got the stuff like is the stuff we got valuable enough to lose that human life Ooh, now they talk about the Germans themselves, or, or yeah, uh, were the Germans like psychopathic in their yeah. in their torturous experimentation? Was it just for psychopathy, or was it for science? And if so, uh, was were the answers worth the loss of life? Right. Well, there was certain psychopathy there, big time. Do you think so? Uh, yeah, yeah. People like they're like, oh, let's uh, cut them up in, let's like sew like a horse to a man. <laughs> yeah, because you know, really, I can't see the. Why would you do that? You know. To see if it, if you could have like a man horse. Well, then then you have like you just did the mad bastard. Even the, like who it, doesn't want a man horse? Some of the wives like uh, would you know with the skin uh, lampshades and all that. That to me was like that's that that serial killer madness. I read that that's all propaganda. Really? Yeah. Some of the the ladies of the house of the of the Nazis like they did have certain elements like you know a, a skull ashtrays and stuff like that. But yeah, I heard yeah. like that the skin lamps and the skull ashtrays and all that stuff. I heard that was all. Horror, uh, exorbitant bo- bo- fabrication. Jesus, not that they needed boogeyman stories with, with all the stuff they did. Yeah, but that was uh, part of the Holocaust denial yeah. episode. If you want to get in and, and listen to that one to find out. Uh, or to like, what about what about then? Like the it, it, the information that they got was it as was it like if those people were going to die at the hands of psychopaths, and those psychopaths got scientific information. Now that we look back on it, the information that we got. Is it like, yeah, well, fair enough. I know those people died, but they're going to die anyway. At least we got something out of it. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's 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 awful. It really is. It's terrible. But I, I really think that's it. Yeah, you got the information. You got the technology. It's there. You might as well for for, for a greater good. Yeah, arguably. Because, you know, they were going to die anyway. So to not use it will almost be disrespecting the dead, yeah. what they died for. Yeah, yeah. They died for nothing. At least have yeah. them die for something, you know. Yeah. Even though it was senseless slaughter and, of course, you know, be pains to say, of course, I would never condone it. But you could look but at to, stuff but to like... But to just yeah. waste it like that I, I, or, or, or have it fall into, you know, the wrong hands. This is this is just coming from, you know, from from what they wanted. We yeah. are greater good. We want to make an advancement, you know. A humanity's greater good. Yes. Yeah. I think the, like, you know, uh, regimes like Stal- Stalin's Russia are 
the Khmer Rouge mm. in Cambodia and stuff like that, which is just pr- it's pretty much like senseless kill. It's that senseless was just paranoid death. That was just wipe out Rwanda and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and and uh, um, you know Sierra Leone and mm. Uganda and all of these different. There places. are instances of just pure just, genocide. Yeah. Just Hoot- wipe them out. The Hutus and the Tutsis yeah, just put them into a field covered in petrol and set the thing on fire. And Why? Because I don't want them around. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and you're not getting that out of it. I'm not saying at least like in you know the extermination of all these people there was there was some scientific but of course like if if the scientific result was oh yeah like skin and bone will burn at this temperature or something or, like or this. a person will explode yeah. at this uh, yeah yeah at this pressure i said it to you before we got into this this is the most difficult off the fence yeah. question i've actually and i knew i knew straight away i was like oh my god when i was seeing because I thought from the very beginning that it was as 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 not innocent, but you know what I'm saying, cut and dry. Yeah, that yeah. operation paperclip with these. Uh, they brought them over. They did the thing, and then they got their justice. And bada bing, bada boom, bada boom. That's yeah. what I was sold. And then uh, you know, Annie Jacobson goes, "Well, actually," and you're like, "Holy crap!" Annie Jacobson, I so highly I, recommend you read that book, or at least watch her. I, I want to read that. Book. I want to get my yeah, hands so on it big time. But uh, I, I've had you know. About 24 hours to process uh, this outrageously, this, this morality question. Yeah. It's only Gilmore Girls when you go home tonight now just to wash your brain oh, out, right? Nah, big time, yeah. yeah. Just episode and episode after. Uh, just wash know. the brain. So what about Reinhardt Galen then and his yeah. his uh, fa- like foundational uh, intelligence agency mm. actions in uh, East Germany? Yeah. Do you think that he should have been given as much rope as he was given? And uh, like... Uh, how much of an effect did he have on US and international intelligence? Uh, loads. Because, yeah. And they knew what they were doing too. And he's a name that's not really well known. No, Everyone knows Von Brown. Yeah. Everyone knows like I, I Mengele. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's because of the... It's because he's intelligence, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the heinousness of his crime, it just stands out. And then what did Werner Von Braun do was like advance the, uh, you know, the space race and put um, essentially uh, a man on the moon. So of course they're going to stand out and everyone else can just like drift off into the background unless you're in a situation like this where you, you get to look that sort of stuff up and you're like, oh. What about the what about the Red Scare then in, in, in the United States and Galen and his, his G-men that were going around like pinching people for being commies? It's, it's Like, do you think that's that's like a re a reinstigation of the Gestapo, basically. It, yeah, right? yeah. With with uh, you know, just in a nicer fashion, you know what I mean? It's mm. the Gestapo with Coca Cola and uh, you know, <laughs> that's really like uh, hot dogs and Coca Cola. It, it's unfathomable. It's it's like just it's, forget that other stuff happened. Just we need you now to do this. Yeah. Against their own new people. job. New job, new yeah. day, new suit. Yeah. Yeah. New flag. Yeah. New, new country, name. new life. Yeah. Okay. So speaking uh, of new country and new life, then the escape to warmer climes and the and the, and the rat the rat lines. The rat lines. Yeah. Like, uh, who's who's at fault there? Get off the fence on who's who's to blame? Is that like Germany's want to get out and these guys prepared, knew that Hitler was going down. Hitler knew he was taking a bullet. Mm. Uh, these boys all had their tickets bought and paid for. They're only they're in they're only talking about like the Vatican, the Red Cross, the U.S. government. Yeah. Like who who what's happening there? All right, in your opinion, the lads wanted to get out. That's only human, yeah. right? Like a rat's off a sinking ship. Who wouldn't? A few of them had the decency to put a bullet in their head. I imagine. You know, yeah. I know we never hear of one or two of them, but I'm sure some of them just went, "Oh my God, what did okay. I do?" Uh, rather than being the, rather than being stung by the Soviets, right? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 for, the, for the inhuman things they did, it was a human reaction to want to get the hell out of there, you know. 
and, and possibly you know be be destroyed and by leave whatever. your family behind and all that stuff yeah, just yeah. get out and be free and stay alive it's a human imperative right yeah yeah get out and free and, and then work it out from there mm. I'll try and get back in as you said some of them some of them did get back in you know but that's the that's the crazy thing like, this, they, this, they, this, no the crazy thing is is they're being helped out with passports by Juan Peron and Red Cross and Hudal Bishop, Bishop Hudal yeah that's a name you don't hear and no it, not at all it, it should it, be on the lips of every man woman and child and if there was one Jewish hating uh, uh, a member of the Vatican uh, that was singled out there was fucking there was more well Pope Pius was said to be uh, uh, you know Hitler's Pope yeah. we talked about that in our Vatican episode yeah. and I think a little bit in our Hitler and the Occult episode where he he facilitated an awful lot of movement around through Italy and he he you know, kind of acquiesce to all this Nazi behavior, Ooh. as well as then keeping all the stuff under wraps and sign it under the, the the seal of the Holy See to make sure that from 1939 on, no one can see any stuff, so the Vatican the, wouldn't be culpable for any of that stuff. And that has probably led to the obfuscation of, uh, you know, abuses all the way through, because, like, since 1939 on, the Vatican is not culpable, or is not, like, actually physically culpable through the files uh, for any stuff, like, it's not common knowledge or it's not Freedom of Information Act accessible. Yeah. It's just nineteen thirty nine on. Yeah, that's mm. that's the Nazis still have hold the key. Whoever whatever bony hand, you know, is is buried in the catacombs in the Vatican, uh, still holds the key to all of that stuff and Yeah, yeah. This, this, the Nazis it, still have control over it's that unfathomable why I, I, you know I don't understand even why they just uh, you know helped them to, to, to move to another country you know? even if they did have nothing but disdain for these people you know mm. and, the, and the crimes they committed and everything like that it's like right you know it's, it's, it's prison no no we just want to but they only but they did, did they go they, to they, prison they, and they only spent four years like how do you think yeah. how do you feel about that yeah. going to the Nuremberg no. trials getting convicted of war crimes being sentenced to eight and doing four yeah. and being out like seven years after the war finished and probably skipping around the town probably favourable conditions but even if not it's only four bloody years isn't it yeah but this is the thing they do that with like dictators as well it's like they, we hate the awful thing you did so well, here you go here's a whole uh, country for you to go and live in and lots of money to live out the rest of your life just yeah, don't pull you that wonder, shit again justice doesn't really doesn't really pay then, right? It's not yeah. Really. Yeah. And uh, no, uh, I, 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 unbelievable. It was sh- sh- shocking to find because again, like you hear about the boys from Brazil and all that, and you you think uh, one or two of them escaped over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but there were so many, and the fact that the, the, the way they were helped out. Why so many? Three hundred thousand is an awful lot, and being able to give out ten thousand passports. And uh, you know, uh, Peron given five thousand vi- visas to the Vatican. Three hundred thousand is his population of a small city, for Christ's yeah. sakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's five times bigger than Vatican City. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, that that that's that's wrong. Completely yeah. wrong. Absolutely. So uh, lengthier prison sentences as well. If you did stick them in prison, absolutely. Yeah. Like you're going to jail for life. Sorry, you're you committed it. You war are... crimes. You t- took. If you take more than one life. Yeah. You're going to jail for life, and especially that way. Jesus, yeah. you're going to prison for life for torture, shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, have you and I have poetic justice. Build or build your own camp to keep these dudes in. <laughs> yeah, it's no fucking picnic. Yeah, uh, one of my assertions and a thing that I I do stand by uh, is that the CIA was built on a foundation of uh, Nazis and Nazi intelligence. Yeah. Do you think without? you know, trying to stroke my ego to agree with me. But yeah. do you think that I'm right in the fact that like the US intelligence branch worldwide is just an extension of the methods used by Nazi methods, by Nazi Ryan. personnel, Nazi objectives. 
yeah. and is facilitating a you know a, a global deep state pan pan border uh, control mechanism that is still in favor of Nazi ideals. Well, the secret police, that's essentially what the CIA are, aren't they? Yeah, world police. World police. And and they like to... Uh, and, uh, Free reign everywhere. Do it, And they do it secretly, they, they, you know. So I think they are. The global reach is out there. And, uh, and they use those sort of methods. They might not walk around goose-stepping with a, a heil and all that, but... Yeah. Wear them long jackets, though. But they go, you know what? Those methods are favorable for uh, for for our ends. Just said, if it works, it works. It's if it the, works, it the, works, and yeah. it's been working, and it'll continue to to work. But it's, that's that's where it was born. Yeah, like an experiment on, you know, something that's like, oh, we experimented on society and culture, and, and we it, got this result. Just repeat that result, and you get what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the ends justify the means to control. It's weird. And it's just a level of humanity, a level of collective, uh, a bunch of people going, yes, look, we know it's, we know it's, if you have a problem with this, fuck off. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've, I've gone through, I've gone or through. If you have a problem I've with pushed this, through that. here's Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I've pushed through that mm. because it's for the greater good and the greater good is the security of this country. The yeah. greatest country in democracy <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> you sell it to yourself for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's my turn to get off the fence and we wrap it up. So, God, do you think that the uh, the technology that was gleaned from uh, from Germany and from the Nazis by all these scientists was it? Uh, you know, and after everything that they had just done, were you going to take that technology anyway and and use it because is it, is it going to be a waste? Is it how how do you feel about that? I think what's that the morality of that? With, with any war, there's a, there's a an ability to kind of take the take the brakes off the the science car. And drive it as fast as you can for as long as you can, yeah. Because people aren't looking at that point, yeah. Do you know, with Vietnam, we learned in our Monsanto episode that uh, you know a totally legitimate uh, agricultural company can also make you know uh, uh, Franz Stalin uh, level chemical weapons that can mm. fucking awfully destroy people and still now sit at the at the top of the water table in vietnam and, yeah. and co- co- you know cause deformities and stuff like that like chemical weapons uh, crimes against humanity all that stuff uh, in war anything goes love and war anything goes and now the war is over the war is over it's what's it's you have to kind of calm it all down pull it all back i think that um the fact that they're coming in when the war is over and they've beaten the, the germans it's not that they've beat them uh militarily mm-hmm. they had already beaten them ideologically yeah the whole world was on side with uh you know the allied forces yeah. they were like oh you can't be doing that now so like uh, australia canada america most of this like the the, the south american country, like, especially towards the end when all it was the revealed the about the camps and everything. yeah 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 People like forget that that just wasn't common knowledge to yeah Till towards, right towards the end. Right towards the end. And there wasn't a lot of people supporting Germany, but like the whole thing was, you know, they were fighting against the whole world versus Germany, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think if you were to not take that data, not take that information and not take that technology and try and utilize it for good, then, yeah. it, then it would have definitely been a waste of life. Big time. And even if the good is you, the victor, yeah. your idea of what's good, what would you want to further for your nation? Like if it's a thing of like, uh, in future we want to be able to acquire these weapons so that we're scary enough that nobody else will want to do that it's similar to you know the fat kid in school that got bullied and then finally punched her bully back and stopped bullying him mm-hmm. but learned while doing that punch how to punch people 
and then started going to the gym and then started working out and then got like Terry Crews kind of big or The Rock <laughs> kind of big and then went around and if anyone said that and it's like, you know, I punched a guy one time. I punch you too if you don't do what you're told. Yeah. And, you and it's just the you, and you remember that, that guy I punched, right? He's still around. He'll tell you. that punch one time. Like everyone sees that guy. Like he, he, you know, he fucked up his eye. His whole left-hand side of his face is all like slopey and it's all a bit weird and he has like a christy brown mouth and like everyone knows that you punched that guy yeah but now you've gone and got muscles and you go around talking about that punch and you say like hey listen i know you know oh, motherfucker, get a punch around here one of the time like mm. that that's kind of the way america was acting they got these rockets they got this technology they also got so, the men they treated them so well they didn't send them to jail because it's like you know it, it it smacks of what happened in 2007 and 8 with the with the financial crash where there's loads of lads who broke the law mm. but they were almost above the law outside of society and instead of all going to jail for fraud and for for you know stealing collusion uh, you know all these these white collar crimes instead of going to jail and being punished they're now still sitting at the heads of albeit other companies but yeah. still at the head of companies because they're company and, heads and we're all still outraged still outraged yeah. still doing all this stuff in, in Vietnam they took a load of bankers out and they lined them up in a big line put them on their knees and shot them in the head that's right in yeah. Iceland they fucking fired everybody mm-hmm. fired every cunt in the government in the banking system in everything fired everybody and all those lads are working in like a 7-Eleven now and they totally re- reinvigorated their whole government and their whole banking system yeah. and everything like they were poor for a few minutes mm-hmm. but it was, it was worth it but they didn't have austerity for five years like Ireland did like they were grand you know and it just it just the ends do justify the means so long as the means are something that everybody agrees upon but since the world war America has become like an ultra super duper superpower this is it and it's not a coincidence that all the Nazis all the good Nazis went to America to help them be that and I think it's very much just a transition of power mm-hmm. from a Nazi Germany who ideologically wasn't favourable to everybody but to move from a bought and paid for American uh, uh, I don't know American supported uh, democratic socialism that's in America or the, 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 you know the, the neoliberalist thing that's turned into now mm-hmm. but to have like national socialism come from Germany and be a little bit diluted and change just a small piece and yeah. inject it into American society. And then through that technology and through the fact that like the country has loads of money because they made loads of weapons and there's loads of, you know, soldiers coming home and families like baby boomers and loads of kids being made and all this kind of stuff. Like America wouldn't be what it was without the world war. And the fifties wouldn't I have been what the world war. No, the fifties are synonymous with uh growth in America and we wouldn't have all the technology we wouldn't have TV nope. we wouldn't have transistors nope. we wouldn't have any of that stuff nope. because there's no need to make it and I think the Nazis were taking their time whenever they were, whatever they were doing they were they were trying to better themselves and then by proxy like the rest of the world America I think the same it's exactly the same I way. think the same they're yeah. bettering themselves mm-hmm. they're in the best position of all yeah. fuck everybody else but also here's like a load of stuff yeah yeah big time I mean like, yeah, like I said earlier the, 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 the Nazis wanted global dominance yeah and a lot of them then go over to America and hey ho 10 years later American dominance it seems like is, is it the means just to find the ends or are the ends just to find the means like yeah, yeah. like the ends were already done done but what were the means like how did how did they get them yeah they tortured a lot of people 
but if the Americans were to take all that technology and all that stuff and then use that to torture a load of people in a load of different countries which is what they did is that not just perpetuating that same Nazi ideology yeah F- kicking, the sh- kicking the can down the road taking in all these people and then with like the likes of Reinhard Kalin putting them into your intelligence community and letting them just have f- like free balls yeah that's I know, yeah. Unacceptable. So originally the plan is, let's bring them over here, we'll get all this technology and we'll do all these amazing things. And that's what they did. And then they just, then corruption sets in. I think it's like, let's take all these Nazis, get what they know, kick them to the curb. Yeah. And then take what they know and use it amongst ourselves. Instead, what they did was, hey, all you Nazis, come over and tell us what you know. We are the only ones who know how to know this. Okay. You will never be able to know this. Just let us do our thing and you will be able to reap the awards. And the Americans were like, mm, okay, we've other stuff to be doing. Go on. Uh, maybe they put up a little fight. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Fuck? No. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Like but a Daffy Duck thing. I really, really want that. Yeah. Rabbit thieving. Duck thieving. <laughs> yeah. Like how, how did that, how did that, how was that allowed to happen? Yeah. Do you know? And I can imagine like Reinhard Galen, I think is one of the guys that his name should be on everything. Like he should be as famous as the Werner von Brauns or the the, the Joseph Mengele's and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I can only imagine the negotiations that he put up to the U.S. intelligence officers. Like they were like, "Ah, uh, okay, Reinhardt, you're gonna come back to Washington with us." No, I'm not. Okay, you're gonna tell us everything you know about the Ruskies. Then no, we're, then we're gonna go back. <laughs> yeah, then we're gonna go home. Uh, no, I'm not. All right, we're going to send you to jail. No, you won't. Okay. What are we doing, Reinhardt? Yeah. You tell us. What, what do you want? <laughs> well, I want to live in the place that I live in now, which is nice, and my family and my kids go to school. I don't want to uproot them. Uh, I want a million dollars a year. Uh, I will tell you whatever I want, whenever I want, whenever I find it, because you have no other way of knowing if that's the truth or not, or if I'm withholding anything or not, because I'm the only one who knows. And uh, I want to be able to hire on all of my friends... And you can't arrest or, you know, deport any of them ever. How's that for a deal, Yankee? Mm. Um, uh, all right. Like, that's it's, it's pretty much it. Totally that's fucked, it. man. Just, how, did he, how was he allowed to do that shit? Like? Yeah, yeah. So information is power. and like, no, Exactly like, that. Like that's why about, how he was able, able to do it. We talked about with Garrett how, how, how you know, he's very focused on money mm-hmm. being the power thing. It's not. It's information and it's it's future knowledge yeah yeah um that will lead to uh that's why wall street is all based on futures it's not based on money really Mm. because money is is already if you have money you you already don't have it anymore it's forward projection exactly Mm. and i think these nazis were very very adept at forward projection as far as the escape and the warmer climbs and the the rat the rat the rat, uh, the rat lines. The rat lines. How do you feel about that? About Fuck, that? man. The, the, again, the, the Red Cross, the people, the country, you know, country's leaders helping these guys out. Why? Why were they doing it? Is it money or? I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit hard done by being an Irish person, and knowing what my country went through, and the people in my country, and even my parents, and you know, people my parents know, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. What everybody went through for the last sixty or seventy years since that time Mm -hmm. knowing that the vatican allowed that shit to happen and then got those people out of the country and yet still ireland kissed the fucking ring off of every man who went into that uh uh, they kissed a lot of rings themselves big load of rings man 
and all the stuff the Catholic Church did to Ireland, it did to all the kids here in Ireland, did to all the kids all over the world, that it was allowed to happen and nobody just went, come here, that religion that done that thing for that guy, can you imagine if like Scientology, if, if Tom Cruise turned out to be like some crazy serial killer or something like that. Yeah. Now this is a totally hypothetical obviously for legal reasons. Like, yes, yes. But can you imagine if that happened, how bad for the press that would be for Scientology? It would mean that everyone would go like, yeah, Scientology is totally fucked as a religion. Uh, same with Mormonism. Same with like now, do, do you think that there's loads of people run to the to the mosques or in, in their town and going, I'd love to be a Muslim because it seems it seems like great crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're not doing that. No. So how, how, how were the Vatican able to put out that PR nightmare and I tell you why it's because they had fucking Nazi PR experts pulling the strings behind the scenes and making it happen like it's very 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 obvious when you look at it all like it's Nazis all the way down yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know from the top all the way down it just seems so like the collusion is is so you know stinks in the air man it's a collusion with, with, with which is essentially the worst people in the world the worst people in the world so you promoting absolute love and you know Christian and that's it you're you're you're, you're Christian Christian you're supposed to be the absolute good the absolute yeah. love and they were just nothing but hate and evil yeah and and you're you're helping them out in any way and now you're keeping secrets as well uh, from the year the war started that never no one's ever going to see it's the, off, it, it's the great shame of humanity I think that all that stuff is allowed to happen and I think like when we're taught about it in school that World War 2 and this last thing I say about it, like when we're when we're taught about World War 2 it's like and then the Nazis did this and then they did this and then they went to Nuremberg and then they got their just desserts the end and there was this battle that battle that battle that's it yeah you know, it, they lost here they lost here and then Hitler shot himself and Mussolini was hung off a bridge the end yeah and you think oh cool but there's hundreds of thousands of people who did awful things and a lot of them were rewarded and the rest basically escaped. Yeah. Few were hung, few. But they were the guys who didn't have anything to offer. And you'd wonder, you know, information is the real thing. Like where, how, how did that, how did, you know, what's that worth? Mm. Is it worth not ex- exacting justice on the people who, you know, like these yeah, these guys fucking killed millions of people millions and they got in, to stay in, in jail for four years probably quite comfortable situations no, no, and that's they got set free yeah. they got set free like. no that's just wrong it's wrong 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 uh, it, it, totally fucked how could you I, I, I just don't understand it mm. so as far as far as like the, the war crimes part and all goes like yeah I mean these these dudes are committing war crimes is the technology valuable has it furthered humanity absolutely yes but there, there is something deeper behind that. Like, did did the US, and this is a question we'll ask in, in future shows or whatever, but, like, did the US fund the Nazi regime in any way? Or did, like, members of the State Department allow monies to be passed between, you know, the, the you know the talks of the, 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 the Prescott Bushes and the, the, Har- biz, biz, the Henry Fords? I always, and I always say, like, and that's, that's a couple of rats. So yeah. is, is there a thousand rats you didn't see? that's it and how much money was going that way how much support did they have and just when it didn't like it didn't go right because it was going from 1933 and then Hitler got a bit uppity and he made some wrong moves in 1939 and the shit kicked off like if he hadn't have done those wrong moves if he had just kept going kept trundling along he wanted too much too quick or something like that mm-hmm. like could it have been a slow growth in Europe would now be the you know the United States of Germany or what how, how else could it have happened yeah um, it seemed like all all to kind of happen at once and they were hedging their bets and maybe it was like fuck that was a project that was really working okay get all the things, get all the stuff that's valuable and just take it out. Like it was like a, a an, an annexed 
a US government experiment using Hitler as the like a, a, a pro- proxy yeah yeah um, and then from our occult episode you can see that the evil forces that people attribute to uh, you know the, the the Bohemian Grove type uh, oligarchy in the US yeah. was kind of being fought against by Hitler uh, and his occult kind of notions like he had all of these different uh, uh, esotericisms that he was fighting against that we now see as like the great threat you know like he was fighting against the the egyptian uh freemasonry yeah yeah uh, oligarchy that ran the united states mm-hmm. and maybe they were funding them and funding them and funding them and then he realized after f- six or seven years of being the chancellor he's like hey you know what these people are giving me all this money they want me to do this stuff they're not good people i tell you what, i'm gonna fight back i'm gonna i'm gonna do that and it's he tried to start doing a thing and the whole world turned against him because that's like one like crazy it's not what you did Hitler. it's the way you did it yeah yeah you did it too you wanted too much too quick adolf unlucky buddy no it just it just seems so it just seems so convoluted and 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 you know obfuscated and and we're i feel lied to now that i looked into all this stuff completely generally people weren't fucking didn't weren't exacted justice upon yeah these guys going to jail for three, four years for for Holocaust crimes, yeah. for for like scientific barbarism, medical torture, mm. the horrors of you know you wouldn't see in any movie, and, and people, it's it, like you said in the history books, it's all succinct, it's all in a nice little thing, and people walk around thinking it was over for them. The war ended. Nure, Nuremberg trials, maybe yeah. a few, few few trials in uh, in 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 Israel. Yeah. And everyone got their just desserts. And yeah. oh, one or two of them escaped to South America. I guarantee you that's what the majority of people think, that it's all these small numbers. But if you look 300, into 300,000 in South America. Mind-boggling. For God's sake. All war criminals. All war criminals, yeah. And helped by the Vatican and yeah. the US government. Passports by Juan Perón. That's demented. And the Red Cross. Like, it's, even it's, those two sentences, to pull that out and go, that's what happened. Yeah. A whole lot of people disagree with you. And just fit you for a tinfoil hat. And you yeah. go, no, it's there. Yeah. The information is there. It's there. And it's, it's there. Make your own mind up, like, uh, look into those figures. But Absolutely. Well, that's it for Operation Paperclip. Uh, if anything we talked about on the show, uh, you know, uh, tickled your moustache and you feel like you want to raise your right hand in a straight arm, uh, uh, kind of a question-asking manner, uh, you can get us online info at doseconspiracyguys.com you can send us an email and tell you what tell us what you think of the content of the show and what we brought up today a lot of weird stuff a lot of dark stuff Emmett right yeah like, it was absolutely you know it's, I'm gonna go home and watch something light yeah, and fluffy on TV fucked. it's a bit fucked uh, the, 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 the Japanese stuff and no, like what the, what Mengele did and all that stuff uh, like I said it was about 25 other high ranking Nazi uh, uh, officials and their little biographies that I had done up here for notes that we just didn't have time to go through so i'm gonna but trust us they were all awful awful cunts but i'm gonna do i'm gonna do them up and maybe do like a a video of the top 30 uh dudes and exactly what they did because they all have a little interesting story about what they got what it was worth to the u.s government and how how all that happened uh if you want to get get in contact with us uh, on social media we're on facebook twitter uh instagram uh, we even have a Tumblr, believe it or not. Uh, we've a Reddit or slash those conspiracy guys. Anywhere that you, you know you would have a social media presence, those conspiracy guys is there. Uh, we have a Snapchat. If you're on Snapchat, go give us a, a look out. And uh, we also have a website then that holds all of the sources. Uh, we'll have all the documentaries that we've watched, and we'll have Annie Jacobson's videos. And as much as we can find on her, I'm going to have it up on the website. And fingers crossed. 
uh, if you tweet her or maybe ask her, I'm going to tweet her myself and ask her, would she come on here and have a chat and tell us all she knows about Operation Paperclip? Because to be honest, I feel like we've only just barely picked the scab off this. Um, you could do fucking 20 hours on this stuff. Easily, and that's one Easily. thick, thick ass book by the looks yeah, of it. So. Uh, I just tried to get everything in to give you, like, to give you the listener, uh, and, uh, a general overview of the history of how that happened because we're working our way now through the 40s and 50s in this season and the next season we're talking about uh, the Federal Reserve we're talking about the, the creation of the CIA we're talking about like the KKK the Civil Rights Movement uh, and working our way all through the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. um, a lot of really interesting stuff coming up this season this is episode 1 of season 6 we've got 14 episodes that are going to lead us all the way up to May We've got then another 14 episodes starting next July, which are going to lead us all the way down to January uh, 2019. Now, in September 2018, fingers crossed, Claire and I will be going over to America to uh, to do a Pan-American tour for a year and film a TV show, uh, TCG TV, uh, trying to get documentaries. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, d- like live vlogs as well and, uh, you know, living that van life. And we want to meet with all of you people too. So, uh, you know, do a few live shows and do a few... Uh, guest appearances uh, in, on people's sofas and stuff like that just like do a you know a live show around the kitchen table so if you want to be part of that if you want to get uh, updates and stuff on all that stuff you can head over to patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys which is the lifeblood of the show uh, it's it, it's a crowdfunding website where artists can sign up to be you know monetized uh, in a better way than just uh, advertising or uh, you know youtube downloads will afford you and to be honest I wouldn't be able to do this thing full time without those lovely people over at patreon so we have uh, I think uh, oh, just over 500 beautiful souls who are donating from $2 up and uh, you know it really makes a difference I'm doing this full time there's a lot of other podcasters doing it full time too because of the same situation so if you want to help out the show and you want to make it special uh, get extra content be uh, first in the line for all these video chats uh, get all the videos early before I upload them there is another RSS feed in there as well where you can get uh, like extra secret shows and outtakes and uh, bits that we haven't put up online uh, we have a couple of live shows as well and the, the the transcripts and the videos and stuff are up there and also little bits from in between the shows and uh, private vlogs that we do in studio before we start recording these as well so there's loads of little cool things if you're a fan and you like us you like the show and um, we also have a discord server so if you want to head over to discord it's partnered with patreon that's how i found it and it's a it's meant for gaming but we use it for uh uh, kind of a text and voice chat hangout room where all the fans hang out in there there's another uh, few hundred people in there all hanging out and uh, we have different channels of chat and we talk about different topics so there'll be a an operation paperclip channel going up tonight and uh, you'll be able to get in and talk about what you would do if you were an, an american and you came across some nazi uh, scientific information uh, would you use it to the betterment of humanity or not we also have a t-shirt store we have a merchandise store called t public so t public slash store slash those conspiracy guys the link is also on the website and we have loads of new uh, designs coming out this season from uh somewhere from paul robb who's uh, one of our fans out there. He has an awesome octopus uh, typewriter type, uh, very Lovecraftian in its design. Uh, we also have a few uh, different in-jokes and stuff like alien robots, zombies, and this kind of stuff that I've got some talented artists on Fiverr to design for us. So if you want to head over to Public or click the link on our social or on our website and check that out, there'll be loads of great deals for Patreon people as well. So you get 30% off if you're a Patreon. And uh, we also have another show, a sister, sh- sister publication to this uh, show and it's called Why Press Play 
Uh, it's where I talk to my friends about movies, TV shows, and computer games. I also stream online on twitch.tv slash whitepressplay, and I stream from PS4 and Steam. So if you want to get into that and you want to watch me play or you want to play with me, uh, email me over your PSN ID or your Steam ID, and whenever I'm online, you'll be able to see when I'm online and come on and join in for the crack. Okay, well, that's it for, for this time and those conspiracy guys. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, uh, Emma Quinn for joining us in the studio. Thanks, Emma. Thank you very much for having me, Gorlo. And uh, Gareth Stack as well for joining us. Thank you, sir. If you want to get in touch with the lads, uh, Gareth is at... At Gareth Stack. At Gareth Stack. And Emmett is at... Totally W. Totally W for Totally Wired, his comedy duo. Uh, that's it for this time. Say goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. See ya.